Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Brendan, uh, we both have something very exciting to announce. Big news. Uh, big, big news. This is the first episode of season two. That's right. You heard it here first. It's season two. It's all happening. You heard the new theme song already. You heard the new theme song. And Brendan thought of a new subtitle for this season. Mm-hmm. Going forward, every season will have a subtitle. That is canon. You mm-hmm. cannot argue it. Yeah. This season's subtitle is The Quest Continues. The Quest Continues. Into the Aether the 2, continues. The Quest Continues. Uh, Brendan thought of it for many reasons. It has a lot of meanings. Uh, it's the first thing to be titled this. Yeah. Um, we're really excited to share this season with you. Thank Maybe you we should never reveal the reasons. <laughs> just the, quest, the quest is just continuing. The quest is nonstop. Yeah, it's, the quest it's is sort eternal. Of, uh, Sisyphus-esque in that way. Yeah, um, uh, you may have also ab- noticed the new cover art. There's a lot going on here in season two. A lot of new stuff. Because um, we were we were talking about what will be the benchmark for our year of doing the show. Uh, we started like it's weird. There's not like an you could argue like when this show started because like we recorded something that didn't last. We like lost it literally. Mm-hmm. Then we recorded a few, but then we didn't share it until July. And then, like, but our first topic was E3. So, basically, long story short, we consider E3 our benchmark. The true our, beginning. Our yes. The true beginning. Yeah. Speaking of E3, that's what we're going to talk about this whole episode. We're ta- going to go through it all. Yeah. All Electronic 3, 2019. It's happening. We're going to go through in order. Is that correct? Of like how things progressed? Pretty much in order. I wrote down pretty much everything that happened in order. I, I excluded the PC conference because I didn't watch that. Um, and I didn't. Oh, I knew did I. Yeah, I didn't hear anything that came out of that that I was like particularly stoked about. Yeah. So I think we're going to skip that. Uh, we talked about Google I mean, Stadia there... and Destiny last week. Yeah. It's it's kind of a mild form of torture that we have to wait until the end to talk about the last two <laughs> press conferences. <laughs> uh, Square and Nintendo, which like just I'll say right off the bat, I think were unbelievably good. Um, yeah. But there is some fun stuff before then. Just there like, is. There is. I, I, I watched it out of order. Like I, I I fell a bit behind initially and then I watched uh, oh, I caught E3s. Excuse me. I caught E3s. I caught EAs. Uh-huh. And then I missed Microsoft and Ubisoft and Bethesda. Then I watched Square and Nintendo. And then I went back and watched the rest. So uh, yeah. not the recommended the machete order. Experience. The E3 2019 yeah. machete order. <laughs> I just put on Attack of the Clones during Ubisoft and <laughs> hit, hit myself in the head with a bag of ice. And here I am. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it was a miserable day. Yeah. We're going to just do it all. Uh, and this is going to be a long episode, uh, just to let you all know in advance. You could probably see that on your iPod or Zoom. Yeah. Um, Thank you for those of you who deleted gonna... Clash of Clans to make room for this episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we uh, we really appreciate it. That's been our long con this whole time, just to get you off that game. Um, <laughs> find a new video game. Find a new video game. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we're just going to get right into it. So Let's do it. Why don't we do that? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there should be like music or something. AJ, I'm going to give you 10 seconds just to do whatever the hell you want with. <laughs> Let's just give him 10 seconds. All right, 10 seconds, starting now. Hey, everybody, I'd like to take this moment to let you in on a little theory I had about Breath of the Wild 2. Obviously, Ganondorf has been held in place by that hand for a really long time now, but when he felt Link and Zelda nearby, he woke up almost as if his body was ready. That's right, I'm calling it Reggie fils is going to be a voice of Ganondorf from Breath Cool. All right, I uh, hope it was worth it. Uh, <laughs> EA, let's begin. Electronic Arts at Electronic 3, 2019. Uh, uh, interesting, I don't know, if did you watch this one? Did you actually watch this one? I did. 
Yeah, yeah this one was really interesting in the way they set it up in that it wasn't a conference. It wasn't like a person stands on stage and then just like holds the Ten Commandments up and is like, here's all the shit you're getting. It was like broken out in like, hey, we're talking about this game and then this game and then this game at these times. You can tune in or out whenever you want. They each have their own presenters. It was a nice way of doing E3, honestly. It, fe- it honestly feels closer to what I think the future of E3 is going to be. Because, like, obviously the thing that exists currently is not sustainable based on the amount of people that showed up this year, which is not too many. So this feels, like, more in line with, like, the Twitch a la carte, like, what we're expecting from a video game conference in 2019. Yeah, it felt, in the better moments, it felt a bit more grounded and kind of, like, less, like, I mean, last year, you got a lot of it this year, too, but last year was, like, a lot of people yelling, this is the biggest thing ever! Like, (laughs) I just hate that. I feel like I'm getting, like, hit with a cannon of Mountain Dew. Like I don't want that in my life. <laughs> right. So yeah, I think I think this one was was interesting. Uh, it started with Star Wars. Yeah, uh, Star Wars Jedi: f- The Fallen Order. The Fallen Order. Do you remember yeah, how they announced it um, last year? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, who was who was the host on stage at the time? It was uh, Andrea Rune from What's Good Games, who was gonna gotcha. do it again this year, but I think like had a medical thing, which was like a huge bummer. She had to like dip oh, out of the last second. That's, that's so it ended sad, up being yeah. um, Greg from What's no, not what's good games. Uh, kind of funny this year. Oh, okay. Well, last year they like went to a developer in the audience and were like, hey, like I hear you're working on a Star Wars game. Like, that's exciting. And they're like, yep. Like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> lightsabers, Wookiees, anything. This is what is exciting. It's like, yeah. oh, it takes place between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. It's like, oh my God, it's the least interesting. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like, how can you make Star Wars as boring as possible? It's like, what are you working on? An Excel spreadsheet. What's in it? Nothing. Yeah. 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 But this Cell is C5 being... has a lightsaber in it. Yeah. Cell C5 has a emoticon lightsaber. <laughs> you can't delete. And like, if that's where yeah. some data needs to be, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of weird. EA EA's whole conference last year felt like a big apology, basically. For Battlefront um, 2. And I was expecting yeah. that this year for Anthem, and they didn't even mention it. Yeah, they just totally breezed past it. No, which, is, yeah. which is a whole other conversation, honestly. Yeah. Although I feel like, and we'll get into this when it when it comes up, but I feel like some other developers went out of their way to like address the issues of what yes. happened with Anthem. Uh, and obviously that's not a singular event. That's unfortunately like a pretty widespread issue in the industry. Yeah. But I think that that was in the air, even though it wasn't addressed. If right. That makes any sense. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll hear a lot of that at the Bethesda conference with uh, Fallout 76 and like how they yeah. talk about that. Um, yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. Um, and anyway. even with Nintendo a little bit. But yeah, anyway, so, so they started off with Star Wars, The Fallen Order, and they said, we're just going to show you like 15 minutes of unedited game footage. Right. This um, is which like is always what they say. Yeah. It's like a couple hours into the game. So it's not like the beginning. So it's not like, hey, you're learning how to play this game. This is like, this is what hour 10 is going to look like, which is really weird that E3 started with this. And then like every other thing that happened from that point on was like, here's a trailer for this, but no gameplay. Here's a trailer for this, but no gameplay yeah this but no gameplay i guess um, they were probably like we don't want to do another like i feel like something about star wars i just had to be extra careful with at this point you yeah, know so yeah, i totally. think um and it was developed by respawn who make apex legends and made the original call of duty and titanfall and all that right yep that is correct yeah they made call of duty it right. uh, or it's the team that made call of duty modern warfare uh or call of duty 4 modern warfare which was like a sea change for how first person shooters play yeah 
and Titanfall 2, which has maybe one of the best single player games uh, or one of the best single player campaigns in a first person shooter I've ever played, at least, which is why I was so excited to hear that they were working on this game because they are good at their jobs. They haven't made a bad game pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't really know much about this game other than who was working on it uh it was pitched to me it just like in conversations as like an action rpg yes or like a the word rpg came up and from what they showed i actually see in your notes you wrote uncharted it definitely gave a strong uncharted vibe yeah it looks cool it looks like i really liked the vibe in the atmosphere there's like a i feel like there are at this point there are subgenres to star wars like star wars is such a big franchise that like people for better or for worse want very different things out of it than other people yeah totally uh, which i think which i think sometimes is the root of a lot of like arguments about it which like just let people like what they like just yeah. <laughs> gonna put that out there especially yeah, with star wars like don't get angry <laughs> about star wars please uh-huh but this game seems to be going for the like what I call like grounded Star Wars, where like you use a lightsaber as a flashlight at one point, and I'm like, that's sort of like they're they're kind of making everything seem a little bit grittier and a little bit more grounded. Like there's still the Force and all that, but it doesn't seem as science fantasy and more kind of like yeah, uh, you know, Shadows of the Empire esque. Right. They're trying to pull the ideas down to the ground a little bit more than I think most do, which I think is yeah. probably for the benefit of the game. Yeah. Um, because it, it seems like they're really thinking through all the applications of like, okay, if you're going to be playing as a character with the force, with a lightsaber, like how does how is that actually going to work out like mechanically? And it seems like the answer to that is you pretty much have Sekiro mechanics in like <laughs> right. an uncharted story, which... Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Which, yeah, that could totally rule. I really loved the droid. Yes. I have to say. Like at this point there's a lot of competition of making like a good like flagship droid. You know, why BB-8, why I don't know why every Star Wars thing needs to have a cute droid friend, but like Yeah. I'm not against it. It's just a weird thing to continue leaning into. Um, yeah. This one I love, though, particularly because whenever it needs to uh, hack a wall, it kicks it. It kicks the wall to hack it. Like yeah. It just, like, shoves its foot up against it. And when you look at the map, it, like, peeks over your shoulder, and it shows, like, this projected map, which is pretty cool. It looks great, yeah. Yeah, it, it looks a lot of fun. I, I don't really know, like... There was nothing about it that like completely gripped me, and I'm not I'm not acting like oh it was fine, it was unimpressive, but like it it did look very uncharted esque. I feel like, and I think that's also the notion of just showing unfiltered footage. It's yeah. gonna be a little bit less like uh, in your face than than some of the more tailored stuff. Yeah, but I think it looks really fun, and there's some fun stuff to do with the force where you like you can stop things and and obviously slow things down. And right. there's one moment where like they slowed down a blaster shot and then grabbed a stormtrooper and put that trooper in front of the blaster. So like, that was kind of neat. Yeah, those moments are wild. Like pulling pulling a stormtrooper towards your lightsaber just so you like impale him was like wild. Yeah. The first time that happened, I was like, oh shit. Okay, so this is like real. This is like real shit. Yeah. You are murdering these dudes. And I liked too how I was watching it with a friend of mine, and we both commented how like the the stormtroopers go down pretty quickly. One of one of I think many people's gripes with the Uncharted series is how prolonged the combat sequences are. When you're yeah. like, this is not what I'm here for. Like I'm here for the story and for the platforming. Like yeah, I need I don't want to spend 20 minutes shooting one guy because he's not gonna he just can't right. die. Like yeah. what is this? So I like the fact that it's like okay, like they're kind of just there to add to the variety. I I do hope they have a bit more fun with the platforming because I could see that being like secretly like the the hook of this game mm-hmm. based on like the running on the walls and using the force to like you know there's one room with like a giant are you afraid of the dark fan and like they stopped the fan <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm talking about yeah they stopped the fan did. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's all burned in our unconscious. Yeah. Um, if you were born in 1990, but yeah, so it looks cool. I I appreciated the like very bare bones presentation of just like alpha gameplay footage. Mm-hmm. I'm I I don't know if I will like absolutely pick it up, but I'm definitely intrigued by it. So this is, I think, the first moment of maybe many in in this podcast episode where I'll highlight the different ways in which you and I ingest E3. Where like okay. <laughs> I, I think you watch you watch the press conferences and you're like, cool, that was great. That's E3. Like it's it, we're good and we're done. And I am like that person that watches all the Twitch streams, all of the like after stuff. I'm I'm listening to every podcast <laughs> from every website all like throughout yeah, yeah. my entire day. Um so I've listened to a lot of stuff from people who got hands-on with the game at E3. And and the main takeaway that I've gleaned from that is like, wow, I can't believe they showed the boring part during their press conference, because the thing I got to play was rad yeah so i walked out of the out of the press conference being like wow that was really great and hearing that whatever they showed behind closed doors is even better is really exciting um mm-hmm. so to fill in a couple blanks it really does seem like it is sekiro like it is sekiro with a lightsaber which is a thing that i think you and i literally talked about in our sekiro episode was like wouldn't it be great if this was star wars um so the way it works like if you're fighting a stormtrooper for example and one of them shoots you and you're not force stopping the blaster bolt or whatever if they shoot you and you go to press the block button if you time it perfectly it will reflect it right back at them. But if you time it a little bit fucked up, it'll just like deflect somewhere else. Mm. And and if you fuck it up completely, you'll get hit with it. But the idea that like when you're blocking, it has to be timed like precisely to be able to do the things that you want to do. Like if you are parrying, you have to time it well. If you're just blocking, you kind of can do whatever you want. So there's that aspect of things. It seems like there's some kind of parry or not parry. Um, what what is the what is the meter called in Sekiro? What is that called? That fills up. Oh, like the uh, I don't know what the meter is called, but it's like a posture. Def- like Your posture bar. Posture, posture, yeah. posture. Yes. There's like a there's like a posture thing happening in this game as well, which is very interesting. But like at the end of the day, the thing that I'm most interested in is like this might be the first time, and I don't know, tweet at me or something if I'm wrong. But I played a lot of Star Wars games in the past where you get to hold a lightsaber, and generally it's like I'm slamming the X button, and my guy just going vroom, 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 and just like swinging the lightsaber wherever the fuck he wants. This is the first time that I've seen where like when you swing the lightsaber, it is a very deliberate motion. It's a very yeah. You you are a fucking Jedi master and when you swing the lightsaber you're doing it for a goddamn reason yeah and if you fuck that up you're gonna get hit you're gonna get like wrecked um and from what I've heard the game does get very difficult like fighting a stormtrooper is easy but fighting like one of those k2 so droids from uh solo if you remember those guys fighting one of those things sucks because they just run at you they'll pick you up they'll throw you like hitting them with a lightsaber doesn't really do too much so you have to like really like work your way around them and like hit them from the back like there's mechanics and difficulty that comes in to the different enemies at play so it's not just like we're putting you in a room with with one really hard thing it's like we're gonna put you up against this droid this guy that can like parry your lightsaber and five stormtroopers you have to deflect simultaneously like you're jedi master make it work which rules (laughs) that sounds great yeah yeah for sure i i'm down for whatever it is really i mean i like i like what i've seen if it's like uncharted platforming with like Sekiro combat, I mean, even Sekiro had a lot of surprisingly nice platforming parts of it. Like yeah, for totally. for us, I mean, we I think we also talked about that in the episode about Sekiro. But Soulsborne, that series, you can never jump, 
So the fact that like literally none of the games let you jump and suddenly you can like grappling hook and yeah. jump everywhere it was very impressive. Yeah, not not only so, was yeah. it the first time you could jump in any of those games, but it was like done really well. Yeah, it was done really well. So yeah. All this time you could you could jump. Yeah. But yeah, it looks cool. I am excited. It was a good it was a good uh thing to open with. Um, totally. Yeah, totally. great way to start E3, I think. Uh do you want to move on to the next game? Let's do it. Uh the next thing they showed was Apex Legends Season 2. I forget what the Request season continues. is called. Yeah, the quest continues. <laughs> yeah, it's Gibraltar's day off. <laughs> yeah, Gibraltar's not in next season. Uh yeah. he he decided to take some time for himself, which I think is understandable yeah. cuz like, you know, the the grueling mall of combat is is unflinching. Um for and, sure. and sometimes you got to get out of there. Yeah, so Season 2 comes with a bunch of interesting things. Uh the main one obviously being the new legend who is literally named Natalie Watson with two T's. Uh, Watt as in, you know, electricity. And she has a really interesting backstory. I don't know if you saw any of that, but like she grew up with the guy, like her dad is the guy that made the ring that closes when you're playing Apex Legends. Like, oh wow. The ring that closed down, like that's his invention. So she like grew up on the battlefield, like knows all the legends, like personally, like grew up with them and now is like old enough to join the fight herself, which is kind of a cool idea. I am extremely amped about Watson. That was a joke that I didn't mean to make, but here it is. I know, I was about to ask you if you did that. It's like, I'm feeling so electric about this new yeah. legend. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> flip and scratch. Um, yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, I, I think. Flip and, flip and scratch should become Apex Legends, I think. But they just like absolutely. fall into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> they get eaten by the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Watson's moveset, her, her, her kit is like so interesting and I think might actually shake up the way people play this game. So I guess for context, for people who don't play Apex Legends, the first character that they added just pretty much could run fast was like the, the yeah. thing. It's like, okay, so his special is you inject yourself with a thing that takes some of your health but allows you to run fast. As you run, you regain health very slowly and also your ultimate is that you throw a trampoline on the ground. You can jump high in the air. So like what that really meant was, uh, his name was Octane. If, if an Octane, if an Octane was running at you, you would not change your style of play at all, really. You would just right. continue to shoot the octane. Like that was pretty much it. You would just like keep yeah. shooting. If there was one like in the distance, like that wouldn't change anything that you were doing. So pretty much they added this character that like didn't really alter the way I was thinking about playing that game, which is kind of what I was hoping for. Um, especially when they were like, Caustic is the direction we want to take these characters. Where like Caustic like might seem on on the surface to be very um, very specific in terms of his use cases and like when you would want to be caustic and when you would not want to be caustic. But like that's kind of the way we want to lean. Where like we want people to to kind of double down on their characters' traits and what they're good at. And like if you're caustic, go find an enclosed space and hold that down. Mm -hmm. So what's cool about Watson is Watson has the ability to throw up fences that are like electric fences where people can't run through without pretty much dying, but your teammates, the people on your squad, can run through whenever they want. So you create these bubbles essentially uh, of, of I don't know like you're creating your own ring within a ring in a way uh, so you're fencing off things or you can use it as like a way to lure people in there's like a bunch of interesting weird applications that I'm kind of excited to see people figure out with that character yeah I totally agree uh, I mean we played Apex Legends a lot when it first came out and kind of not not moved on from it but I mean my my experience
experience with it, I, it that's not really a game I normally would go to. Uh, and I was surprised yeah. at how much I enjoyed it. And I, I necessarily wasn't waiting for like a factor to think of the game differently, but I guess I was hungry for like some type of variance because like I, <laughs> I'm also not very good at that game at all. So that's another factor of it where I'm just like, okay, well the jogging sim that I want is <laughs> rudely abrupted, comes to an abrupt end by the other people who are playing this game actually. Right. But I agree. I think Watson's a really cool addition and I think that that will add another element to to how to play that game and I think that's like what's really neat about that game is that how all the characters basically are the same in 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 how you like move and because I'm used to uh, you know as I've said in older episodes the two shooters that I have most experience with are Overwatch and Splatoon. Splatoon is very much about kind of like the environment and like manipulating the environment in a fun way, uh, you know, swimming through the paint and kind of like thinking about that in a way that's going to help you and your team. Yeah, and Overwatch like every character. It's almost like you're playing a different game. So it's very interesting to go to Apex Legends where all the characters play the same. It's just that they all have their own special moves that like vary wildly in, in, in what they do and if they're more self-serving or or team serving. Yeah, um, right. So I agree. Uh, long story short, I think that Watson will add an interesting dynamic to the game and uh, it yeah. might be a good time for us to go back. Yeah, I think so, honestly, because I could see myself in a situation where like if I'm not playing as Watson, but I see those fences up in the distance, it, it'll it'll really affect the decision making that I'm that I'm kind of going through on a second to second basis because that game is is really all about making choices constantly. It's like, okay, do we want to go into the bunker even though the door is open? Or the bunker door is closed. Do we think that that's a trap or do we think that there's actually nobody in there? Nobody's been there yet and like there's a bunch of shit in there. I think seeing Watson fences off in the distance is like, all right, is is there just one team there that we can engage with? Are they waiting for us? Are they like fencing it off so they can loot some stuff and like they'll be completely unaware if we octane trampoline over the fence and into this place? Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of interesting kind of like emergent shit that can happen with that skill set that I think is going to be really interesting. So I'm kind of excited yeah. about it. Also, I think the, so they're, they're pylons essentially is what they're called. Like the, the stakes that you put in the ground that connect the fence together. And they said you can put 12 pylons together to make a fence. So you can make like a huge, like weird shape with it, which is really fun. They just kind of showed off like all the strange stuff that you could do with that, which is cool. I'm, I'm excited about it. My goal is to zip line as Pathfinder over one of those fences. That's yeah. exactly what I want to do. Hell, but doesn't that sound like when Octane yeah. was announced, I was like, okay, so he runs fast. Like that's great for people who play like very aggressively I guess but like beyond sure. that like if you're not fucking esports whatever twitch.tv slash like octane like that's kind of sucks <laughs> um <laughs> Um, yeah, but but yeah. Watson I think really changes the game up in in a in a meaningful, interesting way. Makes all of the other legends skill sets more interesting. I think. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, you throw exactly. a Gibraltar airstrike into that fence. Like, are you wasting it or whatever? Like, is that just a bait for you? Um, like you said, the Pathfinder zipline. There's a lot of really interesting shit that you can do. Like, can you can you wraith your way through those fences? Interesting. Oh yeah. You know, I like, like that too because yeah. all all the powers are pretty simple. You know, they're not like they're not too. Uh, like not that overwatches aren't but like overwatches are very character centric and like constant they're yeah. constantly being used whereas like like we've said in our episode about it like you're not going to use a character's ultimate constantly you may not even use it once right like you're never going to use mirages but that's besides the point mm-hmm. or and that's even like i think you 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 said it brilliantly where her power makes everyone else's powers more interesting yeah you know sending a decoy through a fence or whatever like 
Right. Uh, there's a lot of cool, a lot of cool combinations to happen. Yeah. Are, is there a new map too, or did I make that up? No, that, that's what I was about to bring up. The the other big thing beyond like, okay, we're obviously like making all the rewards better. The battle pass will be better. Things like that. Like they they kind yeah. of apologized for the the season one kind of thing. Um, but <laughs> the end of the Apex Legends segment was kind of like a flyover of the map with a giant fucking kaiju eye that opened up, and they were like, "There's a map event coming. Like, get ready for it." And I don't know what that means, but like, I mean, I've seen what that means in games like Fortnite where like, okay, a whole section of the map just disappeared and went back in time. And now this area that like was a nice green meadow is like filled with dinosaurs and bones and is a desert or the opposite. Like now, now it's all frozen. It's like a frozen tundra. Things like that are really fascinating. And I think it seems like what they're going to do with Apex Legends, at least my, my educated guess would be that those big ass aliens that have been off the coast of, of the map this whole time will be on the map in some way mm. will they hurt you i don't know will they just like destroy some shit i don't know but i mean i'm excited either way because again it's respawn they're good at their jobs yeah. the only time i've ever seen them fuck up was with the battle pass for season one of apex legends and i think they've <laughs> clearly learned enough that they're gonna not make that same mistake yeah again. yeah i mean we <laughs> neither of us were angry but it was it was just funny how like unexciting it was and, yeah like, how long it took to level it up it's like Jesus. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it didn't it didn't prevent us from playing the game, but it was just like a constant goof. Like, oh wow, I got a yeah. I got a season win tracker for a character I don't play as. You know? <laughs> I got one of those singing fish on the like the, <laughs> the, you click the button and the fish sings at you. <laughs> I can throw it instead of a trampoline if I play as Octane. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would be into that. I would anyway, be into that. Anything else in Apex? Do you want to keep moving? No, no. I'm just that I'm excited to play that game again when Watson is released. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be fun to revisit. Uh, we just got to get better. We're really bad at that game. Yeah, definitely. We played a few rounds with AJ and it was just like, there was like, f- I, I think we were we were definitely there for more social reasons. But oh, like, yeah. it just hit me. I'm like, man, we just saw like five, like 20 out of 20 squads, zero, 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 zero. I'm like, we need to play something else. <laughs> this is depressing. Yeah, that's why Dauntless Gibraltar is needs a day off. Yeah. That's why Dauntless is great. Anyway, that's Apex. Yeah. Uh, the next, next thing. thing. After that was a bunch of updates for Battlefield 5, which, like, I don't play. You don't play. Neither do I. No. I played a bunch of Battlefield... I can't believe that we went from Battlefield 1 to Battlefield 5. That was, like, the choice that they made, but here we are. Battlefield 5, World War II game. Battlefield 1 was a World War One game that I played a bunch with a friend of mine and, like, really enjoyed uh, playing with him. It's it's fun. It's bombastic. It's it's wild. Um, it's visceral in a way that I haven't really experienced in, in a first-person shooter of that magnitude. It's, like, kind of battle royale but, you know, 50-on-50 50 50 kind of situation or more in a lot of uh, instances. Battlefield 5, they announced uh, some, like, new stuff like another season of that multiplayer and the big announcement was the pacific campaign because it's world war ii um and honestly this is the moment for me uh where it left a really bad taste in my mouth where they were like we went to hawaii and it was a great fun vacation where we figured out how to make the best rocks and trees so you can fucking brutally murder each other in a in a visceral recreation of a horrific event that happened in real life i was like oh yeah yeah, you're not being even like remotely respectful of the situation or like yeah it's awful and it really it's it it made me think back on all of the like 
war games that I've played in the past and just like how they've been marketed and, and what I got out of them. And I don't know, maybe it's just me getting older or maybe like it's finally kind of gotten to the point where it's like, I don't think this is okay anymore, you know? Uh, but that was the moment for me. The, the Pacific campaign thing specifically was like, oh yeah, here's, you know, uh, Japan versus America. It's going to be fucking great. It's like, I don't think that's going to be great. That sounds honestly horrific. Yeah. So Battlefield 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I never really played the Battlefield games. I also am not really a big shooter person. Mm-hmm. On that point, I mean, I think that's definitely a big discussion. But I think I think that ultimately all boils down to intention, you know. And it's like, right. what are you trying to say with this? Um, I, I think there's a way to have a war game and have like, I mean, there. Ha- I think one of the earlier Call of Duties like had an oddly anti-war sentiment at one point in it. Yeah, and if memory serves, and like there have been war games that kind of comment on that or just take place in such a like alien setting and tone from actual history that like it's not about any actual war or anything. You know, right? Like oh yeah, I mean, you look at things like Killzone. Like that's right. That's very clearly right. a, a Nazi motif happening. It's very much World War Two, but it's happening in the future. Or like even fucking I, Wolfenstein, yeah. like those games, like the new sure. ones, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So so there's that, which I think is, is I don't want to say is good. But yeah, like, I was just about know, to say, maybe the word okay doesn't really suffice, but like it's definitely not this. I, 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 think, I think the bad taste in your mouth is sort of like very broadly speaking, I think the U.S. is very like desensitized to the horrors of war because we've so seldom experienced it on our own soil. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that like celebrating it in an unconscious way that like glamorizes the more horrific parts of it is really bad. Yeah, they showed off <laughs> um, all this stuff and then they cut back to the developer who was like, "Yeah, I, you know, it wasn't too hard to get a bunch of developers to decide like I'm gonna go take a vacation to Hawaii so I can take some pictures for for reference for this for this game." It's like, all right, man. And like <laughs> that actually sounds really gross the way you sure it, but. yeah yeah I, I think I mean you know yeah it's 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 a much bigger conversation and I definitely don't want to make any like declarative things but I think I I definitely see why I left a bad taste in your mouth and yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to the Sims Four Island <laughs> Living. <laughs> From Battlefield 5's Pacific Campaign to The Sims 4 Island Living. The Sims, the game where everyone got to live out their own jigsaw fantasies at a young age. <laughs> like, literally everyone I've ever talked to about yeah. The Sims is like, I love The Sims. I used to make one house that had no doors, and then they all screamed and died in that house <laughs> with no windows. Oh, I love The Sims. That's the game where I made the pool, and I got rid of the ladder, and they couldn't get out of the pool. That's right. a great game. Right, and they just tread water until they drowned, and the, and the oh, Grim the Reaper Sims, showed up and mean- moved into my house. I made a really fancy bathroom with no toilet. Yeah, I love that game. <laughs> um, My first Sim family. Do you mind yeah. if I share this? No, please. I've actually only played the first Sims. The oh. very first Sims. Yeah. I was a big Sim Tower fan. I was a purist for Sim wow. Tower. Yeah, interesting. I love Sim City. I love Sim Safari. Sim uh, Ant. Ask me anything. Sim Ant. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, I, do I remember Sim Ant? Don't fucking test me. Um <laughs> I played Sim Ann at summer camp in like weird shorts at age eight. Um, uh-huh. My first Sim family, I knew the cheat codes, show me the money, yep. semicolon, yeah. something over and over again, break the capitalist prison that is the Sims. So I had all the money I needed, made a really nice house. I'm surprised I wasn't more creative with this, but I just sort of made like what I assumed were the dad, mom, and child. They're not actually, but mm-hmm. I made sort of an adult man, adult woman, and yeah. kid. The adult woman who ruled moved in immediately with the girl next door. Like, immediately. Fell in love with the girl next door, left the family, and moved wow. in with her. Oh, my God. Which is like, I want to see that story, because that rules. Yeah. What we got was the the guy... <laughs> 
<laughs> who was in the house by himself because the kid was always at school. I can never get his social meter back up, so he just cried all day by the fireplace. <laughs> his name was Spencer. He constantly called the other neighbor, and he could only come over so much. Oh. But like, I, like everything was great. His hunger was good. His bladder was good. The house is beautiful. But he can never get his social meter up. It was very depressing. Wow. Oh. That was almost worse than making a house with no toilets. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Spencer some gifts, huh? <laughs> and that's the origin of Spencer's gifts. That's where uh, Spencer's gifts came from. Like, he was like, I can't just you know sit what? by the fireplace and cry all day. I can't keep crying by the fireplace. I got to make dick-shaped mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make shirts that say, oops, I farted. That will get me out of this slump. <laughs> I need a poster with the Red Bull logo on it. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! So yeah, that's The Sims. Uh, I also loved Roller Coaster Tycoon. What I did in that game, if you because you know you got held back if if guests at the park were unhappy. Mm-hmm. If they were unhappy, I would hire them as entertainers. So it's oh. like, are you unhappy in my park? Well, now you're wearing a bear suit and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna are say the, pe- the thing where you got the launching coaster that would just launch directly off the track. Yeah, those games were really the fact that you were allowed to do that was very criminal. But yeah. it's like everyone, everyone has a Sims. Like literally tell us what your weird Sims shit was. I want to hear. Yeah. Like as long as it's not too weird. <laughs> you know what? No, know. sure. Well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. Um, do it in Discord. Do it on DM us on Twitter or something. I don't know. Yeah. I guess we should probably figure out a way to actually get people to contact us, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Season two, we'll baby. Get... Changing Season everything. Season two, the quest continues. Uh, what? Is this Yahoo email address not working? We're switching um, from Discord to Slack. A lot of stuff changed. No. Um, anyway. I'm actually much more savvy with Slack. But... Me too, actually. Yeah. yeah. The thing I wanted to say about The Sims, really, at the end of the day, The Sims 4 specifically, and all the announcements, is that that game is still being updated, and it came out years ago. Uh, and I just think that's cool. There's a shitload of people who play that game and really love it. And the fact that it's still getting updated with new content to make them stoked is great. I'm not one of those people, but um, I love it. I played The Sims 3, liked it a whole bunch. I would probably like The Sims 4, but just other games are there, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Sims, a great time. Yeah. And I'm glad they're updating it still. That's that's actually nice to hear. Yeah. Big shout out to the person who sat in front of me on the train a couple months ago who, uh, it was one in the morning. I was taking literally the last train I could get home and she was sitting in front of me, whipped out a whole ass laptop and started playing The Sims uh, on the train and was just like- I love that. Just like feeding her family. It was great. And anyway. as you watched her play The Sims, like you were like, huh, I recognize that person next to me. And you saw that she was creating everyone on the train. That <laughs> <laughs> she said, she turned around and said, I hope you like a house with no toilets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was really weird. And then I went home and cried next to my fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got to get out of this slump. I'm going to make dick shaped pasta. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, that's, uh, Electronic Arts. They announced, um, the new FIFA game, which apparently looks good to the people who, uh, play those games. I mean, it's the, I think it's the biggest game in the world is FIFA. Uh, so like. Yeah, I played the first, or maybe it wasn't the first, but like 2009, 2010 FIFA. That was a big college game for my, for my hallmates. Oh yeah. And it was really fun. I think like, I don't really follow sports at all, but I feel like if I did, I would look forward to like whatever the updated version of that game was like to match like what's actually happening with yeah. sports. Absolutely. You know, if you follow that so closely, I feel like it's the same thing with like a similar thing with a lot of those like very car intensive racing games where it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's appealing to people who really know cars and like want that to be as like accurate as possible. Yeah. 
Yeah. What I've found over the years is that I am very much a person who can get into sports and racing games, even though like I don't really watch sports and I am not a car person at all. But like I have loved every Gran Turismo game I played. I played a shitload of the Forza games when I had an Xbox. Um, and the NBA 2K series, I am extremely into. Actually, the third, or not the third one, what, uh, the most recent one, 2019, I guess because the next one is about to come out, but NBA 2K 2019 on the Switch right now is discounted from $60 to $3. And I'm like, wow, absolutely going to buy it. Yeah, yeah, there's no reason not to. And I That's love That's the games. thing. Those games really drop in price. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they come out every year. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I had that with wrestling games. I've not purchased one in a long time, mm. but like, I used to love wrestling games. We talked about that a while ago but making my own wrestler and just like yeah. i know nothing about wrestling but so funny to me yeah them. so for those of you who are into fifa sorry we're not going to talk about it because we don't really know it that much uh, yeah. or that well but like it looks cool yeah hell yeah i we this sort of a blanket statement like just because if we're not into something that doesn't mean we're like like against it in any way right that's what i mean to say yeah other than the problematic shit with battlefields <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and there's there's on. some more problematic shit we'll get to but uh whatever oh uh, boy yeah. That's E3. That E3. That's uh, Electronic Arts. That's EA. That's EA. Do you want to take a quick break and then do Microsoft? Yeah, let's do it. Brendan, we're back, and now it's Microsoft. Now it's Microsoft's turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is an interesting one because you you kind of came into this E3 being like, this is Microsoft's year to like come back, yeah, you know? right. And I don't want to say they blew it. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to. Yeah. Um, not nothing like inherently bad. It just like there's so much announced and like there's a. I'll, I'll spoil it. The end. The ending of this conference was was something Halo related, mm-hmm. and the 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 trailer was this person in a spaceship with Master Chief who was like unconscious and. They like were like, please don't die, please don't die, please don't die. As they plugged Microsoft, as they plugged Master Chief back in, and then he woke up, and one person, the person in the trailer, went, "Yes!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like that kind of summed up the whole event for me. It's like, please don't die, please. Don't die. I was like, oh, cool, Master Chief is back, yeah. hooray! Um, <laughs> yeah, some cool stuff. We'll go through it. Yeah, um, it was like it was it was. I I said this to you before, right before we started recording, but like it wasn't until I was writing down. For our notes, all the stuff that they announced, that I realized how much stuff they announced. Like in the moment as it was happening, yeah. it was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is fine. But like now that I'm looking at the list, there's actually some stuff that I want to play. But how much of it is exclusive to Xbox is kind of the question. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and yeah, I like I like uh, Phil Spencer is is the director of Microsoft right now, yes. or director of Xbox. Mm-hmm. I think he's like got a good approach to everything. But like this definitely was the most Mountain Dew of all the press conferences. Oh yeah, I feel. absolutely. It doesn't help that their logo is green, but you know. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean that as an insult. <laughs> there there <laughs> there was a glowing moment of hope somewhere in the middle here that we will get into that I won't spoil. Oh, okay. But yeah, for the most part, whatever. But let's start. Uh Ori was the uh the first thing in your notes here. Yeah. There were a few announcements before that, but I don't think anything we cared about. Yeah, yeah. Uh the first thing I wrote down was Ori in the Blind Forest. Uh I didn't know if it was three or two, because I I remembered them announcing a second one two years ago, and I thought that that had already come out and this was an announcement of the third one, but it turns out that the second one hasn't come out yet, and that's what this is. Ori in the Will of the Wisps, I think is the name of it. Yeah, it's really pretty. I mean, I don't I've never played these games, but this was also one that intrigued me last year. Yeah. 
kind of a Hollow Knight vibe, honestly, in a weird way. Yeah, everyone I've talked to that's played the Ori games has said that they're fucking great. Uh, and or yeah. at least, sorry, the Ori game because there's only one still said that they're great and is really excited about the second one. So like, I I think there's no reason to think that this game is not going to be awesome. Uh, from what I've heard about how wonderful the first one is, um, I think it's actually worth mentioning even before we get into more of this stuff that like the thing that I was most interested in, and this is mainly because I'm a huge nerd and I'm just like interested in what the future of of games uh, looks like but like a lot of this presentation was hey guess what this thing is going to be available on Xbox Game Pass which is their like subscription service I think it's $10 a month right now on on Xbox One it might be 15 or 20 and I think it's five right now on PC because they announced that it's available on PC right before E3 happened but most of the games they talked about during their press conference are gonna be available on Xbox Game Pass day and date with like the full release which is wild so like Ori 2 they were like yeah this game's gonna come out and it's gonna be on Game Pass immediately and if you have Game Pass you can just play it you can pay $10 a month you can have this game as soon as it comes out, which is rad. Yeah, that's really cool. So I, I just think it's worth mentioning, like there was a huge focus on Game Pass here. And I think if nothing else, I'm walking away from the Microsoft press conference saying like, I want Game Pass on everything and not just Xbox. Mm. And I was hoping for a Switch announcement and we didn't get it, but I'll get into a little bit of, of what Phil Spencer said after his presentation and like in interviews and stuff, because people just like pointedly asked him straight up, like, hey, is this coming to Switch? Is this coming to PS4 even? Like, where is this going to end up eventually? And I think the answers are very interesting but anyway ori 3 sorry ori 2 looks good <laughs> looks like a good game yeah i that's definitely something that i would want to play if it wasn't an xbox exclusive oops yeah uh minecraft dungeons i love we, this i think it looks great okay, i fucking knew you would anyway <laughs> keep going and i mean that as an insult but keep going <laughs> <laughs> they they were like from from Mojang the creators of Minecraft come a new game I was like wow this is really exciting I wonder what it's gonna be and of course Minecraft Steve <laughs> fucking shows up on the screen and I was like no no yeah. no I don't want don't just like slap the Minecraft IP onto other things but then they started showing some gameplay and who boy the idea of Minecraft but Diablo looks great I'm so into it it looks really fun and goofy it is just straight up Diablo but you are a Minecraft character character and that's all that they showed but i'm into it i want it it's also coming out on switch and on ps4 it's gonna and on pc it's gonna be everywhere wow i i kind of had a feeling i'm like i feel like you're excited for this uh and I'm glad you are. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. Not that, I, not that I'm like not excited for it, but I just, uh, we'll see. If it's good, I'll pick it up and we'll talk about it. I think there's like, look, I think there's like a a, a film, a thick film of, of true gamer cred like over Minecraft. <laughs> and like... <laughs> Ew. And like if you I, if you fucking I scrub that, that off, <laughs> if yeah. you scrub that off, like Minecraft's a good game. We had a whole episode of this podcast about Minecraft. No, like I'm being antagonistic for the bit. Like, no, I, I know, I know, I know. Minecraft. You are. Yeah, I just <laughs> here's here's the thing. I own Hyrule Warriors. I own Hyrule Warriors because I really like Zelda. Uh-huh. I feel like I don't like Minecraft enough to like to get Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah. It's sort of like, do you like Weezer? Do you also own Rivers Cuomo's like? solo like <laughs> shit <laughs> this is the rivers cuomo solo shit of minecraft <laughs> and yes i also hated that sentence too um yeah i mean I, I i agree with you when they first announced it i was like i don't want this and then the more they showed it in this trailer i was like eh, maybe i kind of want this so mm. whatever we'll see we'll yeah. see it's a cool 
It's a it's it could be it could be great. I'm happy for you. Uh, the thing, moving on. Well, Wait. before we move on, one more thing. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Just I sure. it's okay. I just think there are a couple franchises out there that are like people see them and then whole cloth are like I'm I don't give a shit, you know? Like no, because this sure. has the word Minecraft in it, a lot of people are going to say like this sucks, I don't want to play it. And like Sure. Look, th- we're going to talk about a Gears of War Funko Pop game later. And I'm not saying that I'm into it or that I want it or that I'm excited about it. But I will say that last year when we talked about E3, you and I were both like, who the fuck wants this? Who wants a Gears of War Funko Pop game? Um, and the answer is there's some people out there who love Funko Pops and love Gears oh, of yeah. War. And this game is made for them. Um, so I'm trying I'm trying to be more open-minded about video games this year. And I think Minecraft Dungeons is, is part of that. That's what season two is so, all about. The quest continues, yeah. Steven. The quest continues to become more open-minded and more excited about things like Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> You just want to make me mad, I think. <laughs> I think you just live to, like, cause I, I am not an antagonistic person, but you want to see that from me. I want you to okay, be bad t- cop on this podcast. Bad Steve. Bad uh, Minecraft Steven. Bad Minecraft Steven. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, What's his name? Bad Minecraft. What do you mean? There's, there is name? a bad Minecraft Steve. What's his name? Oh, uh, Hero Brian. Hero Brian. <laughs> Hero Steve. <laughs> okay. Two points. Mm-hmm. We're both like we both like love being proven wrong, and and neither of us like take hard stances without any data. Like I'm not saying like, yeah, boo, this is not gonna be good. I hate it. You know, like, yeah. Actually, it's funny to listen to the first E3. I was like, no, Spider-Man looks whatever. I don't care. And it was like my favorite game of yeah. That, that was year. our game of the year. That was our game of the year. So like, there's no there's no pedestal for our predictions or opinions. You love what you love, and I love that. Um. My favorite uh, song. But two, I describe you, and this is a compliment, I describe you as the opposite of a devil's advocate. You are like an angel's ambassador, <laughs> is what I coined in my head. Because you okay. are like, I want to take the most contrarian stance in a positive way. I want to get Minecraft dungeons and get excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. That's what I love about you. That's, and yeah. That's our podcast. That's our podcast. Blair Witch. It's the next one in the notes. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was watching this. So they they started this trailer and it's like a guy, this guy walking around with a flashlight. He's like spooked. You know, he's walking around. It's, it's first person. He's like zooming mm-hmm. around. I was like, oh my God, are they bringing Alan Wake back? And it's going to be a first person like horror game. I was so excited for a bit. And then, you know, some some like creepy shit starts happening. And then the logo showed up and it turns out it's a Blair Witch video game. No gameplay shown in this trailer, um, which is kind of a theme of, of E3 this year. No gameplay, but like, boy, this this reaction that I had to this was what most people had to Minecraft Dungeons. I saw <laughs> the Blair Witch logo show up and I was like, I don't want that. What? <laughs> yeah, it's really like. What, like, the Blair Witch brand at this point, like, what is it, you know? Yeah. Because, like, very cool, innovative movie for the time. Right. In, like, 1990. Yes. When it came out. And then there was, like, that bad remake, and that's it. Yep. Is there anyone, like, really wanting this again? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> a bunch of people who are, like, working really hard on the game, I think, yeah, probably no, that, want and it. That, and that's not that's not to... I don't want anyone who's working hard on that to feel... No, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a bunch of people who are, like, f- aligning behind this game, and they're like, this is the thing people want. And I, I am really interested to see what that actual video game looks like when there is gameplay yeah. shown and, like, when you can get your hands on it and try it out. Because, like, the Blair Witch Project, the movie feels like a video game in its like first person found footage kind of vibe and just taking that and just porting that over to a medium in which the dominant vibe is first person is really like 
a little bit uninspired and, and I'm hoping that there's some like really interesting stuff going on because I love horror yeah. games um, and yeah. I would love for the Blair Witch game to be good but also like I don't know what kind of like deep rich lore comes with the Blair Witch because I haven't seen that movie in forever I got I watched it on VHS so like that's yeah it's like because I feel like the closest parallel would be like the Slenderman game you know right yeah that's kind of how I feel it feels like similar yeah like Marble Hornets found footage stuff yeah it's weirdly like when the Angry Birds movie came out and I was like, nobody's thought about Angry Birds in 10 years. Why are you making the movie now? That's kind of how I feel like the opposite about Blair Witch, where it's like, I haven't thought about that movie since I watched it on VHS the first time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Blair Witch, the video game, it's coming. It's interesting, though, because I feel like making a game inspired by the Blair Witch with like a new property would be very like, I think we would have a very different reaction to that. Somehow calling it like this is the Blair Witch again is like, oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know? Yeah. But also, I th- oh, hey, there's more. I think there's more fun to be had, maybe, in like just to speculate completely. I think there's more fun to be had with a video game version of this because you're going to be able to do things both visually and physically that you wouldn't be able to replicate on the cheap budget that they would give you to make another Blair Witch movie right now. You know, like right, the, right. the things that you can feasibly do in like any game engine right now are kind of fodder for more interesting horror shit than I think what you would get if you got a new movie. Yeah. And that's kind of exciting. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll, I, I'm definitely open to checking that out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, that's the thing. As, as we talk about it more, I'm more curious. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's I, I, I initially... <laughs> Yeah, I initially had the same and different, like, huh? Yeah. Like, we're making a Koki Romano game. Yeah. It's like, oh. I feel what? like you could cut this that. segment of the podcast out and just, like, this is just, like, us talking ourselves into being excited about the Blair Witch game. I actually I'm am all kind in. of interested in it You now. know what? Fuck it. I'm all in. I'm all in on Blair Witch. <laughs> I'm putting all my chips on the Blair Witch video game. Game of the year 2021, whatever it comes out. I'm buying an Xbox <laughs> um, Scarlet. Yeah, just to play Blair Witch. <laughs> Keanu Reeves came on stage for the next thing in the notes, yep. and it was great. Yeah, he sure did. Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, I'm dreading talking about this. Okay. Do you want to? We can move no, on. We, I don't we, really no, have we have any... to. We okay. absolutely have to. We have to. Okay. Let's, you let's can't talk it. about E320, sorry, Electronic 3 2019 and not talk about Cyberpunk. Like, it is the game that everybody was the most excited about coming into this, I think. it was Everybody was just like, show me more Cyberpunk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because they announced sure. it last year. Huge fanfare. Big fucking deal. CD Projekt yeah. Red, hot off the heels of The Witcher 3. We're like, we're making a new thing. It's in the cyberpunk IP. It's going to be fucking rad. You're going to play as a net runner and it's going to be sick. Uh, it's going to be the most dense FPS world of all time. Uh, it's going to be ridiculous. And then this year was like, they come on stage, game, not even gameplay, cinematic thing happens, right? No, we're not seeing anyone actually playing the game and it ends with somebody bending down and taking off their sunglasses and it's Keanu Reeves. Then Keanu Reeves comes out on stage and is like, hey, what's up? I'm in this video game. And like steals the hearts and minds of everyone watching E3. I feel nothing for this game. <laughs> I feel nothing. I'm excited about <laughs> Keanu Reeves because Keanu Reeves is great. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting to the point though a little bit where it's like, there's a lot of Keanu Reeves happening. I just rewatched the John Wick movies. The third one just came out. Like, I love Keanu Reeves. I also just rewatched the Matrix movies. So, like, I'm getting an overload of Keanu Reeves. And now I find out that he's the main, like, he's the main NPC character of Cyberpunk. Um, he has, I think, the second most voice lines after the protagonist. So, like, there's a lot going on there with him. Um, but something about this game, and maybe it's just because I haven't seen it. Maybe it's just because, like, they haven't shown gameplay publicly yet that I'm like, I need, I need 
need to see what I'm doing in this game to get excited about it. I feel the same way. I, not, not that I'm like pessimistic or like need to be proven one way or the other, but I agree where it's like, like last year, that that teaser trailer ruled. Yeah. Like, oh my god. The, yeah. The, the shots of the world were like. I, I still think about like there was like the taxi cab with like the the gang in the back, and then mm-hmm. the woman doing her makeup, and like her whole bottom jaw is missing, but she has like machinery there. Yeah. Like there are so many really great shots of just this perspective of like what the world is like, yeah. and that that's the way to do like a teaser a teaser trailer with no gameplay just to get you excited for like what the world. Right. Is. Like here's here's the art direction that we're going for. Like yeah. here's 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 how deeply we're thinking about this IP and like realizing it. In the same way we were talking about uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, like really thinking about mechanically like what what you would do if you actually had a lightsaber. Like, oh, I would use it as a light source if I'm in a dark place. Like that's that's what the cyberpunk teaser last year felt like was like yeah. we we're thinking about every element of this and we're going to put it all in the video game. So this one was like a very specific <laughs> narrative about one character. Yeah. Presumably like one of like presumably a customized version of the main character. Yeah. Going into kind of a sketchy location and fighting group of people, then waking up to Keanu Reeves. Right. Yeah. You know, Fridays, am I right? Um, but uh yeah, it just like it's it's just I don't want to say suspicious because I feel like the developers have been like, we want, like, they have such ambitious goals for this project and, like, they want to take all the time they need and that's awesome. Like, you don't want to have any kind of, like, crunch time just to show any gameplay footage, but it's like, we need something at this point, you know? Yeah. Like, or we don't need anything, but, like, for us to, for you and I in this moment to discuss, like, how we feel about the game, we literally have no data on that yet. (laughs) We just know that, like, it's probably Witcher 3 adjacent in a really cool world, which that alone is, like, what I think people are so excited about right because witcher 3 kind of left a big impact but even that like i kind of have reservations on because like witcher 3 i thought was such a cool world and really good writing really great dialogue like a really immersive story and like it was really cool to see sort of like uh (laughs) that game is basically like you play a young dashing mike from breaking bad in a fantasy setting (laughs) Like, you're like, okay, who killed the griffin? Let me trace these steps, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved that, and it was a really cool world. But the actual the actual game itself left me wanting... Like, at a certain point, I was like, I just want to see how it ends, so I'm going to just do the main quest. Because, mm-hmm. like, playing this game is not fun for me anymore. Right. And I very much might be alone on that, but I just found the actual combat to be kind of, like, boring at a certain point. That's why I stopped... Pl- so I, I personally... I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show, but, like, I didn't really enjoy The Witcher 3. I really tried to get into it and I am with you where like the acting and the writing and and the realization of that IP in in that world was like second to none. Like it was like oh my god, video games can be this. This is why like it changed yeah. it changed the way for real, changed the way I think about video games and narrative in games and like how well acted and how well thought out a thing can be in a game but I also didn't like the gameplay so I just stopped playing yeah. it eventually I was like I know that this is great but I'm not going to put up with like having a bad time to see more of the stuff that I like yeah. um, and that's kind of what gives me a little bit of pause about about cyberpunk because um, I bounce off the Witcher 3 real hard I would recommend putting the difficulty on story and then just breezing through the main quest because yeah. I, I found the main story to be very lovely yeah we'll talk a little bit more about the Witcher 3 when we get to the Nintendo conference. Uh, That's true. 
But I, I also you like gotta to... love Gwent. You gotta love Gwent. <laughs> you gotta love Gwent. Uh, I, w- I actually would like to talk more about the Witcher when we get there. Um, okay, cool. But in terms of cyberpunk, like there's all of that stuff where like okay, I, I have some reservations as like a consumer of video games. I love the the idea and I love the art direction. I think it's all really interesting and fascinating. And then there's all of the like controversy around the game that I don't know how like privy you are to, but like I'm an extremely online person and I've seen a lot of it and it's like really rough. Um, uh, a lot of like transphobic stuff going on, like oh, both on like good. the CD Project Red Twitter account and like also in the game that's like problematic. Yeah. Um, so like there's a lot happening with this game, both like in terms of the game being shown, the stunt casting with Keanu Reeves. There's there's like I feel like every time I hit the like r slash game subreddit, the top thing is like, did you know that you're going to be able to look down at your own feet in this game, it's going to be the best game ever. It's like every time I go there, there's like a new thing that's like the top of the <laughs> list that's like the most benign shit. Like CD Projekt Red developers says the sky's going to have clouds in it. Holy shit. And it has like 100,000 upvotes. And like, I love that people are that excited about a thing. That's great. I'm not trying to shit on the game or people who are excited about it. I'm just sure. saying like, I'm getting overloaded with a lot of facts about a game that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, and also enough pause to have reservations about investing in it uh yes. if only for sort of the 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 topics you just brought up yeah right that's the so. thing so there's all of that stuff and then there's also like the problematic aspects of it where it's like i know that you are thinking about this and they just like they just announced that you're going to be able to be like a trans character in the game and like that's that's good but also like you also have stuff in the game that is like kind of going against that and kind of feels shitty and like i am not the person who can talk about this and i'm and i sure. don't i don't want to like dive fully into it but right. i've just been reading a lot over the past week about like how a lot of people in that community have have been responding to it and a lot of it is very negative and they feel like personally like bummed out by cyberpunk and it's hard to not like let that weigh heavier than all of the interesting shit that's happening. I totally agree. Yeah. And I, I think you're right that like, yeah, that's that's obviously a conversation that like you and I can't fully understand. Yeah. But I think you're just being empathetic to how people you know are feeling. And that's you know, that that's that means more than like you can look down at your feet and the clouds are in the sky. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I think you have more than enough reason to to be cautious about like getting super into this game, but we'll see what happens with it. I would love nothing more than for this game to come out and for those problems to like not like sure. to, for for that stuff to go away, for them to rethink that, make yeah. it okay, and like for that game to be everything that everybody wants it to be and more. But at the moment I am a little bit wary of it. Uh, yeah, Cyberpunk. Sorry to be a bummer about Cyberpunk, which is a game that like no, everybody's no. fucking amped about. But because <laughs> um, like we had a bunch of people in the office who were at E3 for like Marvel reasons, and and when they all came back, every person I talked to, I was like, "So, what was your favorite thing?" And everybody was like, "Cyberpunk was like wild." So I don't know. Yeah, no worries. You're not a bummer. Those are things worth bringing up. Moving on, though, what's the next one? Spirit Fair, a beautiful game where you're on a houseboat <laughs> with your friend who's a deer, <laughs> and it's it's a it's a gorgeous cartoon game, and you get to hug your deer friend. You get to hug your dear dear friend, and it's also coming out on Switch. It just looks yeah, very this pretty. Looks, this looks very pretty. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know what it is, what it's about, how you play it, whatever. But I do <laughs> know that I saw some gameplay, and it looks adorable. <laughs> 
similar like question marks to cyberpunk just like what is okay this looks cool i guess yeah yeah also on switch worth noting i will note that yes i did see you just wrote switch with an exclamation point anything more on spirit fair do you want to keep on moving There's yeah a lot i don't know of... anything about it except that it looks nice and it's coming out on yeah switch. i agree battletoads battletoads a video game coming back it... i don't like how this looks to be <laughs> it, honest yeah they have been teased so like phil spencer i think last year or two years ago was wearing a battletoads shirt and everybody was like oh my god is there a battletoads game in development the answer is whenever phil spencer is wearing a shirt with a logo from a game on it that means that xbox in some capacity will have that game in the future probably on game pass this year for example he was wearing a psychonauts shirt it was like the psychonauts logo and guess what psychonauts happened uh we'll talk about that when we get to it but like a couple years ago was battletoads here we are with finally the full reveal of battletoads and nobody's talking about it because it looks kind of rough yeah it looks like I don't know. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be mean, or I feel like I'm. I'm being more negative than usual. But I'm just being honest. Like it just looks kind of gross. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it looks yeah. like like new groundsy. Yeah, way not I, like you know, Ren and Stimpy gross. Yeah, but like yeah. Oh, like am I gonna get malware from playing this? Gross. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Um, Here's the thing. I don't think you're being negative because like, I mean, you are a little bit, but like the, the idea of that, the, the thing behind that, I think. Is this like, isn't good enough for me. <laughs> I, I don't want to come what off What is that? One. That's a new one. That's a new one. Hi, it's me. <laughs> this is, I sound like the hippo in Rockers Modern Life. How dare oh, you? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is E3 2019 was a really weird year. And I think a lot of people are like, a lot of people are leaving E3 this year asking, is there going to be an E3 next year? And I think a lot of that has to do with like the stuff that we saw this year did not really get people hyped in the way that it usually does. Uh -huh. Also with like Sony not being there, Activision not being there. There's like a lot of like missing things happening. But, um, but yeah, I think like this idea of like, oh, wow, they finally reveal Battletoads and like, it's okay. is kind of a really great way of encapsulating the way a lot of people felt about all of E3. 2019 yeah for sure and that's battletoads available on game pass day and date with release yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's nice sometimes to feel nothing about something anyway <laughs> that's the meanest i'll ever be on this show i love achieving complete nirvana while watching the reveal of a beloved franchise <laughs> i love battletoads I, I had one Battletoads game. It was Battletoads Double Dragon on the Super Nintendo. It's like, that's a series that's like made a note. It's like made a name for itself by being very hard, but it's like hard in a way that just, it's not made well. Like it's just like difficult. It's like, yeah. it's like impossible. And you hit each other by accident. That's yeah. it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot nothing. of people have a lot of nostalgia for that game, but I super don't. And this one did not bring it back for me. Maybe, if you're out there and you're like, I'm stoked about the new Battletoads, please let us know. I would be interested to hear. Yeah, uh, again, I want to be proven wrong. But for now, when I want to just completely clear in my mind i think about battletoads and i feel nothing <laughs> okay i left uh, six inches off the ground and my heart is replaced with a beam of light i think of zits rash and pimples and i feel nothing <laughs> those, those are their names yeah yeah that's um, not, yeah completely out of context um yeah the next game the legend of right do you remember what this looked like this is the hand-drawn one it was this the hand-drawn one, drawn one. yeah it's like a zelda it's clearly inspired a little bit by zelda but is completely drawn in somebody's notebook i guess in like a school it looked like yeah and every once in a while you will zoom out and see the notebook or your character will leave the notebook as a drawing and like enter the real world i again i don't know what this game is really i don't know how it plays but like the gameplay that they showed off was amazing yeah that's cool that's cool i mean i i love the the aesthetic 
It's yeah. kind of like aha meets like my middle school notebook. Yeah. It felt honestly like without without being too like driven by comparison, but it felt to me like my Cuphead moment of this year where mm. like the first time they showed Cuphead in an, in an Xbox thing, it was like five seconds. Everybody's like, wait, I want more of that. What is that? That looks amazing. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about The Legend of Right where like I need to see what that looks like. I would like more of it. Is that on uh, just on Xbox or is that on I'm everything? I'm unsure. I think it might be a Game Pass game though. Oh, uh, okay. Which again, Interesting. everything's Game Pass. Also, if you're worried, if you're like, man, Steven's really season two. Steven has kind of had a heel turn. On video games as a medium. On video games. I'm going to get real happy and positive in the latter two. <laughs> but for now, we're stuck in fucking Microsoft. So let's get through it. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> Talk about feeling nothing. Yeah. 1997 returns with the two most wild back-to-back announcements at this conference. Microsoft Flight Simulator, powered by Google Maps and Microsoft's AI system that basically took the entire Google Earth API and turned it into a fully realized 3D world that you can fly around in a plane. Honestly, that kind of rules tight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe. So there's that, and then immediately after that, they announced Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, and it's like I can't believe that in the year 2019, I am more excited about Flight Simulator and Age of Empires 2 than like most other shit that they announced at this <laughs> press conference. Um, but Flight Simulator yeah. looked amazing. I was yeah. really surprised by it. Also, Game Pass. Age of Empires 2, Game Pass. Like, Yeah, sick. yeah. This is a Game Pass-centric presentation, isn't it? What about yeah. Battletoads? Game Pass. I'm not... I, you know what? I, enough shade on Battletoads. Flight Simulator, Age of Empires 2, dope. Maybe I should get Game Pass for my MacBook? I can't. Uh, <laughs> I moving talked to, on. Um, well, I talk, just I want to mention real quick. I talked to someone who played Age of Empires 2 on the show floor, and they were like, it was great if you liked Age of Empires 2, which I did. I was a huge Age of Empires fan. It is everything you want and more. It looks great. It sounds great. It feels great. It's everything you want. Um, they added some new shit. Very cool. And the most important thing, every single person who talked to the developers asked them, are you going to do Age of Mythology? And they all were like, we're not not going to do Age of Mythology. We are like rip roaring, ready to go to make that game if there's enough demand for it. And if Age of Empires 2 does well. So like that's that's what I'm excited for. If I get Age of Mythology, I'm fully in. Anyway. Yeah. That's that. That's amazing. I love that. 1997. It's great. 1997. A a lot of, actually, games. a lot of crazy games came out in 1997, like Final Fantasy VII, Star Fox, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. A lot of stuff came out. Yeah. Cool shit. It's a good year. Cool fucking year. So the uh, next thing was wild. Phil Spencer got on stage and was like, hello, last year we announced we bought 11 game studios. Guess what? <laughs> we bought another one. And it's, drumroll, Double Fine, the makers of Brutal Legend, the uh, minds behind the Monkey Island series back in the Lucasfilm days, Sam and Max, all those people. Day of the Tentacle, don't forget it. Day of the Tentacle, uh, and Psychonauts 1, and they are currently working on Psychonauts 2, and that game is coming out for the Xbox, I think on Game Pass. I think that's going to be a Game Pass game day and date, which is wild. And they showed a trailer, again, cinematic, no gameplay trailer for Psychonauts 2. I don't feel as bad because they've been showing a lot of gameplay like on the Double Fine channel, and it looks great. But also, it looks very much like a PS2 game still, I think, a little bit. Yeah, this was kind of a bummer for me because, like, I really love Psychonauts. I, for the most part, I love Double Fine. 
Uh, I love like Tim Schafer and his whole team. Uh, they make cool stuff. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah, it does look like I don't know. I, I feel like it's one of those things where like, Second Knots has become such a uh, it was definitely like, a sleeper hit where like mm-hmm. it didn't really have any reaction at the time. And then over the years, people have been like, "Oh my god, this game was amazing. We want another one." And it feels like I'm sure there's a lot of people working on it that wanted to make it, but I'm wondering if it's one of those like, "Oh well, now that people want it, here it is again," and it looks like a PS2 game. Yeah, a little Battletoadsy. So, a little bat. Not no no no. It's better than Battletoads. I don't want to be too negative. Just a little Battletoadsy. It winks at Battletoads. Yeah. It winks at Zitz Ration pimples uh-huh. yeah i i just want i psychonauts is such a great it's a, such a cool world it's kind of like the pre persona 5 in a way where you're going into people's mm-hmm. unconscious minds and it's like the banjo kazooie meets like freud i guess yeah um, i will but, say uh, when psychonauts 1 came out it was like my favorite game i'd ever played when i played psychonauts 1 i was like game. this is everything i've ever wanted in a video game it is like weird tim burtony shit mixed with like just wonderful platforming gameplay there was like so much cool shit to find in that camp like hanging out in the camp as you continue to play the game everybody would like move around have different routines and stuff like I just loved Psychonauts so much when I was younger I am amped for Psychonauts 2 regardless of what form it comes in like even if it's bad I will play it and I'm yeah just excited to get more of that world in my life you're, yeah, you're, you're guaranteed a cool world and great writing, at the very least. Yeah, so, exa- exactly. Like, even yeah. if it feels like shit to play, like, I am just really excited. And it's not going... Look, I, that was very harsh. <laughs> it's not going to. But, like, I, I just want to see more of Raz's story, and I want to see yeah. more of, like, the Psychonauts, now that he is a Psychonaut. Like, I want to see more of that. Uh, yeah, so. it's, a, it's, it's a really rich world, and it's a really cool work of fiction. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Uh, guess what? What's up? I'm really excited for this game. <laughs> I never played the Lego Star Wars. They're fine. They're pretty good. I mean, they were fun at the time. They were like really great multiplayer games. They were like good couch co-op, like just hang out with your friend and like shoot the shit while you're swinging a lightsaber around or playing as Jar Jar or like a battle droid or something. <laughs> I just want to be a Gungan. I don't yeah. even want to be Jar Jar. You could. You could just be a regular ass like random Gungan if you want to. Sign me up. I'm all about this game. Step yeah. aside, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I'm all in for <laughs> Star Wars Legos. So this is a full remake of all nine movies in one game. Oh, oh my god, really? I yeah. know that. Yeah, this is this is not like we're collecting the prequels and and the original trilogy and like the new ones and like just putting that all out as a package. This is like we're remaking the whole thing and the wildest shit is that they're like our biggest influence, our biggest inspiration is Breath of the Wild. What? Yeah, they're like, we are fully realizing all of the planets that you'll go to and like you can explore them at your heart's content and like do wild quests on all of them. Uh, And while you're doing that, retell the story of all the Star Wars movies. That is great. You Isn't that what? great? You, you're good at pitching these. They I, I didn't like talk I, I about like that I... in this presentation. It was just a trailer yeah. for like a thing that I, when I finished watching the trailer, I was like, is this just a package of all the other games? And then I read an interview with the developers and they were like, no, this is going to be rad. This is a huge, fully realized open world game. That's awesome. I'm excited then. I'm into that. Is this also Game Pass? I don't believe so. Okay. But it is coming out on Switch. Now, now I know how some of the listeners might feel when we talk about the Switch if they don't have a Switch. Because I'm just like, I can't play any of this shit. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. But this is this dope. is multi-platform. This is going to be everywhere. So hell yeah. Yeah. Count me in. We should play that and, and hang out. I think it'd be fun. I imagine they'll have online co-op, so we could probably play it. Yeah. But maybe not. Uh, Who I, knows? Also, just for the record, I'm just reading Brendan's notes when I announce the next one, and the next one is DBZ Kakarot. Yeah. Uh, right. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, it's another one. 
I, I really it's liked another, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. It's another one. I really liked Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Dra- excuse me, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. That was mm-hmm. an awesome fighting game. Yeah. This one looks like it's described as like a single player RPG. I guess. Yep. Which could be fun. I again, we don't really know what it is. We just saw like Goku fighting Frieza. Yeah. Heavy spoilers, huh? In that trailer. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Frieza's back. Yeah. Kind of wild. Uh, yeah. It's going. I think up through the Frieza saga, so it doesn't get to sell. For those of you who are DB people it doesn't get to the cell saga so i think that's as far mm. as the game goes is like from the beginning i think there's some dragon ball stuff also in there and it goes up through frieza it is fine from what i've heard from people who played it yeah it's it it's okay yeah if you want a good if you're a big dragon ball fan you want a good game dragon ball fighter z rules yeah it's extremely tight but i think i think people do want that like single player narrative like retailing yeah of, of that's dragon cool. ball z like there's definitely a market for this i'm part for of sure. that market as somebody who just watched a lot of dragon ball z recently to like cope with the events of winter <laughs> <laughs> just just to cope with seasonal defective disorder like yeah i just watched a lot of dragon ball so like i'm fully in the market for this and i would love to see more uh, of it and I would love for it to at least be good I don't need yeah. it to be great I don't need it to be incredible I just need it to be good and then I'll probably play it for sure I just want there to be a game that lets me relive the episode where uh, Piccolo and Goku learn how to drive that's yeah. like my favorite oh yeah is the best and I'm so in Dragon Ball Fighter Z. they let like my online avatar is Piccolo dressed in Goku's clothes when he learns how to drive awesome yeah it's, like, it's a shirt that says Goku on it and a backwards baseball cap it's like my favorite it's great aesthetic yeah it's great these are two characters that can fly and instantaneously teleport but they they go to the DMV and they learn how to drive it's the best work of fiction that you could watch 12 minutes oh yeah uh, 12 minutes next game it's by Annapurna Interactive the film mm. studio who now have a video game publishing arm um, made florence or yep. published florence mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i don't know who's developing this game i missed the developer and i didn't write it down so sorry about that but really interesting kind of evocative trailer uh it seems to be like a top-down narrative game uh all told in like one apartment room um and we just saw like kind of cuts of time between these 12 mm-hmm. minutes i think where like a lot of shit goes down it seems i would have to imagine based on what we saw that it is some kind of like groundhog day scenario where you play through the same 12 minutes over and over again and every time you do it you can make different choices and hopefully like something better happens but also i have no idea so We'll see. Looks cool, though. Yeah, cool concepts. If that's what the game is, that sounds great. Yeah, I totally agree. Way to the Woods. Way to the this Woods. also very pretty. I'm this, glad you wrote it down because this is one that I was like, oh, this looks dope. Yeah. To this. this is the one where uh, two deer made of light ride the subway and smash a vending machine open to steal the soda. Like That's cool. the closest way I could describe growing up in New Jersey, like for better or for worse. Yeah. Is, is that that's that's funny literally as i was watching this i tweeted out as a deer made of light who rides the subway all the time i'm really excited about way to the woods yeah another situation where i don't know what this game is about i don't know how you play it i don't know why you are a deer on the subway but looks fun looks cool i am really intrigued by this i love it yeah I'm, I, i'll probably just get it is this also what what is way to the woods on um xbox i don't know it's gonna be game pass though moving on um <laughs> gears five Dude, I got nothing. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> Xbox Elite Controller 2. Wow, really? You just want to skip over Gears Complete? I do think it's worth mentioning that during the Gears presentation, they showed a trailer, uh, and then a guy got out on stage and was like, join me! And then the camera went down into the stage, and they had built a little, like kind of like gross alcove under the stage that looked like Gears of War where a bunch of, I think, NBA stars were playing like a new three-player kind of Left 4 Dead style thing that they're building into the new Gears game, which I don't know. Again, for people who love Gears of War, cool. Yeah. 
For um, sure. I used to be one of those people. I loved Gears 1. I loved Gears 2. I did not play 3. And I did not even know that 4 existed. So 4 came out last coming. year, didn't it? Did it? Uh, the last E3? Or was that 5? That might have been that 5 also. That might have been them showing 5. I'm not really sure. Mm. Yeah, I played the first two as well. Yeah. Yeah. Gears 5. Um, Fun to play with friends, I will say. Those games are really good for, uh, for sure. shenanigans. I mean, the, the chainsaw bayonet is great. That yeah, just great. unreal. One of the greatest <laughs> ideas in gaming history. Also, the active reload thing, brilliant. Yeah, that was also one of the first games to have cover-based shooting, really. Like, that was, like, yeah. a pretty innovative thing when it came out. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of really innovative shit in that game. Yeah. Which has now been co-opted and made better by a lot of other games. Yeah, so it kind of feels, like, stale at this point. But I think it really, it, it really, yeah. Why, I, why I don't I, care about that franchise anymore is, like, I played it for what they did mechanically, not for the story or, like, what was happening in yeah, that world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, interesting. For sure. Gears 5. Uh, the next thing you got here is Xbox Elite Controller 2. I, I was debating if I wanted to write this down, but honestly, I wanted to mention it because the original Xbox Elite Controller is amazing. It's an amazing piece of hardware. It's really cool that it exists. It is like the most exorbitantly expensive thing you can buy for your Xbox. Uh, <laughs> does not make any sense to buy. For those of you who don't know, it's a fully customizable, really high quality Xbox One controller. It has paddles on the back that you can switch out. You can change the tension in the thumbsticks. So like they're tuned to whatever. You can program the controls to be different things for different games. Really cool piece of hardware made by Microsoft specifically for a very niche audience. And they're making a second one that's better in every way. It has a bunch of different grips made out of different materials. Very cool. Again, very expensive. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I really want this for PS4. I want them to make something like this for the PS4 really bad. Yeah. But instead, what Sony has decided to do is to license out the PS4 controller hardware so other people can make pro controllers. But with the caveat, big asterisk on it, you can't use them wirelessly. You have to keep them plugged in. Oh, which yeah. Is lame. No good. Yeah. That is lame. That is cool, though. Yeah. Another another point for Xbox. Another point for Xbox. Dying Light 2. Yeah, Dying Light 2, State of Decay 2, they showed back-to-back. I don't, did you play either of these games, the first ones? I have not. Dying Light 2, zombie game, parkour-style mechanics, or like zombie-like oh, post-apocalypse yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. State of Decay 2, kind of a similar thing, post-apocalypse. But that game is is more about like community building and like risk-reward systems. I, I have been over zombies personally since like... 2010? The, yeah, since like The Walking Dead Season 2 came out. Even honestly, <laughs> wa- watching The Walking Dead Season 1, I was like, I think I'm going to finish watching this after the first season's over. Like, I don't think I want to keep going. I've been kind of done since then, and and I'm still kind of done. But I, I feel bad completely dismissing these because apparently State of Decay is awesome. Like, the first one rules, and a lot of people are really excited about two. Um, so, yeah. But I get it. I mean, zombies were, like, hard to avoid in media for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, that's actually my one big caveat. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of The Last of Us. I love that game. Yeah. I was late to the hype, too. I played Last of Us, like, in, like last year. Yeah. And I loved it. But I'm like, is is that kind of story still appealing now? Right. Not that, like, not that zombies are like, out for good, but I just feel like there was a time where, like, that was just so prevalent that, like, it's hard to it's the same thing we discussed with robot stuff where it's like any story about robots are going to hit certain notes and it's like you have to do a lot to separate yourself from like the Battlestar Galacticas or like you yeah. know the the sort of like the things we expect because like yeah 
And I think it's all about execution. I think Last of Us is a game that is beautiful despite being in a genre that may have passed temporarily. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think doing a parkour game kind of mirrors Edge-esque in a zombie setting is really neat. Uh-huh. But I, I yeah. I agree. It's keep, a cool idea. Yeah. It's a cool concept. Um, watching yeah. it made me sick, though. I don't get motion sick <laughs> usually. Yeah. Uh, but watching that was like, oh, I don't think you I know, want to do that. You know what won't get you sick? Forza with Legos. Forza with Legos. Games are stupid and E3 is great. <laughs> I, I can't believe they were like, we make the most hyper-realistic shit ever and we're going to build a McLaren out of Legos and that's going to yeah. be the thing you drive. I watched an interview with the developers later because they were on the Giant Bomb at Night streams um, and they were talking about like what went into it and they were like, yeah, we showed it to the people that make Legos, like the actual people that make Legos and they were like, oh my God, you even got the manufacturing defects right in like how realistic you made these huge fucking Legos. There's thumbprints on the cars where like people put them together and stuff. It is oh, wow. wild that this exists. So not only is it you're driving Lego cars through the real world but you can also drive real cars through lego worlds holy shit ridiculous yeah that's unreal i'm kind of into that i love that it exists like look i again i mentioned i mentioned this earlier i love the forza games i played the most recent forza horizon game when i had an xbox and it was tight as hell it was rad but i i don't have an xbox anymore so i won't get this game but if you have the forza games uh and you like them this is probably pretty sick yeah what a different podcast we would have if we only talked about Xbox, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like this, but if you do, great. We'll talk about it when we get to the Scarlet, but I think no, I'm no, going to get I, Xbox again. Okay, I'm excited for you. And honestly, okay. I, I am open to getting anything. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Uh, Gears of Fungo Pops. Yeah, that's not the game. That's not the name of the game. I just wrote that because... <gasps> I don't even remember yeah. what this is, honestly. They showed it off and my whole brain wiped. It was like my Winter um, Soldier activation words when they were like, Funko Pop <laughs> Gears of War. This game is a special place in my heart because it was last E3 where they were like, we got a Gears announcement. Everyone was really excited. Yeah. And then it was Gears of War Funko Pop. And everyone was like, okay, that can't be it. And they're like, we got another Gears announcement for you. Yeah, it it's was like the Gears of War tactics strategy, game. Yeah. yeah, mobile game. And everyone was like, this can't be happening. Yeah. And then they announced Gears, I guess, Gears 4 or 5, whatever it was, which looks, looks cool. It looks like they were taking it in a different direction. But yeah, so any any hot takes on Funko Pop Gears? Literally none. Okay. None at all. I don't uh, know. It was like a cinematic, like fun, goofy I normally trailer. want all these things to breathe, but there's just so many from Microsoft that like I want to I wanna keep going. No, That's understandable. Cool yeah, we're already like uh, almost two hours into recording. So. Yeah. Fantasy Star Online 2. Wild that this is happening. Yeah. This game came this out, I think, in 2010, right? oh, okay. somewhere in that vicinity. Has never been in the US in any way, shape, or form. Right, um, right. And right. now it's coming out for Xbox One. Apparently, the way it worked was Phil Spencer went over to that studio and was like, hey, why isn't this here? And they were like, I don't know. Nobody's just really like given us like a really good reason to bring it over to the West before. Like, we don't think there's gonna be a lot of interest. And Phil Spencer was like, honestly, every single MMO that has taken off on the Western side of the world has been directly inspired by Fantasy Star Online 2 because it's not there. Like, why don't you just bring the thing that inspired everything else over? Yeah. And they said, yes, and here it is. Um, He also alluded to it maybe coming out for other platforms besides just Xbox One, uh, which is exciting. And considering it's a 2010 game, I could see it running on the Nintendo Switch. So, we'll see. (laughs) If this comes to Switch, we will absolutely play it together because I just feel like this will be very fun. Fuck yeah. I want us to get into an MMO 
for the show at some point. That's I, I never have, and not that I'm really looking to get Me into one. Yeah. But I think it'd just be fun to play together. I'm into that social experience. Yeah. You remember when, when we were working for our old site and uh tried to get into Wildstar when that was a thing? Like Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if I oh, I think yeah. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. I don't know if I could run it because I had a Mac. Oh yeah. But we did. I remember as a group. Either way, before I, before my my god quest to find a JRPG that I like happened, um, my god quest was find an MMO that I get into, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm excited to try Fantasy Star Online too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep an eye on that. Yeah, Tales of Arise. Beautiful, gorgeous Beautiful. game. Total, un, unreal. How cool this looks. Um, I have not played any of the Tales games. Um, I think the name of this one is real dumb, but uh, it looks amazing, and I would like to try it when it comes out yeah for sure yeah it is definitely a very pretty game yeah it looks like weirdly what fable looked like like it 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 evokes the same almost like optimistic fantasy setting vibe that fable did to me mm. but is obviously more jrpg inspired um and looks right. great honestly i mean yeah it. absolutely yeah. borderlands 3 i want your takes on this i don't want this game that's it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Look, I loved the first one when it came out. I loved playing it with my friends. Uh, Borderlands 2 came out. I had a PC that could run it and played it with my friends online, and it was great. It was a good time. Borderlands, the pre-sequel, I've been playing a little bit of with my friends uh, recently, and it's pretty good. Borderlands, yeah, Borderlands 3, though, looks exactly like Borderlands 2, just with like some better shaders going on, and I am not really excited for just more Borderlands. I think it's been a long enough time between games where like if you're gonna make a a third one like really think about what's good and what's bad about it and like try some new interesting shit and again i hate to do this i don't i don't hate to do this this is a thing that should happen like cyberpunk like randy pitchford the guy that runs gearbox studio has been a real piece of shit on the internet recently and has made me actively not want to buy this game like the guy that runs the studio has been so rough online that like I don't I don't want his game anymore and it sucks because I want to support the developers and I want to support the people who are making this thing but but I'm probably not going to because of him it's just his fault yeah that's a shame I have not played any of the Borderlands games I think it's worth exploring like we always kind of talk about what what goes into a good sequel and like yeah if you're gonna do more of the same you might as well just keep updating that game kind of like the Sims where it's like yeah. There's no need for a Sims 5 if people are still playing 4 and liking it and want that from 4, just keep adding to it. Right. You know, you, you don't need to make a whole new game if you're not going to really change what it is. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit last week, but like that's exactly what Destiny 2 is go- is doing right now. Like they're yeah. going free to play, they're updating the game, every all the DLC is a la carte now. They've really in no uncertain terms kind of said like Destiny 3 is not happening anymore for the foreseeable future until the Destiny 2 file size gets so big that you can't put it on a hard drive anymore. Like then yeah. then we'll make destiny 3 <laughs> right weirdly enough though in that same vein they did announce new dlc for borderlands 2 that's free and connects the stories of 2 and 3 together oh interesting which that's is kind of a cool. cool idea yeah yeah um but yeah, I don't borderlands 3 yeah no thank you elden ring yeah george rr R. martin and and uh miyazaki from fromsoft making a fucking dark fantasy souls-like game together that's all it's we know unreal it's literally all they announced <laughs> <laughs> cinematic trailer 
just as like obfuscated as you would expect from anything from software related. That's all we know. That's so wild. I mean, I, I actually haven't watched. I've I've okay. My experience of Game of Thrones is very bizarre because yeah. I have watched by accident five episodes that have all been like huge events. Like I've seen mm-hmm. the Red Wedding. Yeah. I've seen other weddings. I've seen other big things happen. Yeah. And everyone close to me in my life is a huge fan. And, and it, I'm not entirely convinced that Game of Thrones is a show that all my friends have made up and have just discussed in front of me uh-huh. because like I've never experienced it yeah. sel- or seldomly have. I've been meaning to read the books for forever. I just haven't gotten to it. But from what I know of the world and everything, the combination of George R. R. Martin's world building and like mm-hmm. his love for like history and factions and like moral decay matched with Miyazaki's fascinations with so well. yeah. moral decay and but his like light approach to storytelling, I think could really pair well. That's the thing. I think really we talked excited. about it maybe with Sekiro or maybe we were talking about Bloodborne at some point, but like Miyazaki has gone on record as saying like, I'm not good at storytelling. I'm just not. Like I have a lot of interesting themes that I like exploring and that's why you only get like themes and ideas from item descriptions and things. Like I only build lore, I don't tell stories. So getting someone like George R. R. Martin who is extremely fucking good at telling stories, at least based on the opinions of a lot of people who really like Game of Thrones at least, because again, I, I also don't, I didn't read it, I don't watch the show, but it just seems weirdly like a match made in heaven. Like I kind of can't believe that that exists and is going to be a thing that we get to play at some point. Yeah, so that's definitely exciting. Uh, is yeah. that also Xbox exclusive? I'm sure it's not. Yeah, that seems too big. Especially because yeah. it's, is it going to be FromSoft? Yeah, yeah, it's FromSoft. Oh, hell yeah. Elden Ring, wow. That's kind of wild that they're announcing. I mean, again, it will probably not, be out for a while but i feel like sekiro is so it only came out like a couple months ago and yeah. already we're getting a new ip yeah interesting x cloud oh yeah x cloud is a thing that got announced last year um is still in the works they haven't they didn't really like double down on talking about it too much i think everybody's everybody's guess for this was that it was going to be like a Google Stadia kind of thing where no matter what device you're on, no matter where you are, you can play Xbox games based on like the Microsoft servers that they have all over the world. And it's going to be great. You know, it's going to be a super cool time. What it seems like in actuality, based on some of the Phil Spencer interviews that happened at E3 this year, is that you will buy an Xbox. So you'll get like a Scarlet or an Xbox One or something. And that's where all your games will live. And you'll be streaming to yourself wherever you are from that device. So like you are building your own or like you're buying your own server to stream games out, which is not too unlike what PS4 already has with remote play, where like I could open up my MacBook anywhere I am and play my PS4. It seems like they're just building that into the Xbox. Um, If it's something more like Google Stadia, then sick, rad, I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, But I'm not really sure. Just thought it was worth mentioning because like this is the kind of thing that I am really interested in. For sure. I Googled xCloud just to kind of like refresh myself. Please tell me what showed up. uh, Some fan fiction right away. (laughs) I got to what I needed to, but I also saw some things maybe that I should see first. Triple xCloud. Yeah. Triple xCloud. Yeah. Um, It was more like, yeah. Anyway. So when you Google xCloud, make sure you specify what you want. Right. Uh, Either way. Either way. Um, Xbox Scarlet. Yep. That's the new Xbox. That's the new Xbox. How do you feel about it? You're gonna get it. Uh, I don't know. Probably, honestly. I mean, I'm interested in, in what Microsoft is doing right now. Again, hearing Phil Spencer talk a lot during E3, he was like, look, we're not building this with the intention of it being the last Xbox we ever build. Like, consoles aren't going away. 
Like we feel very strongly that like however you want to play Xbox games, yeah. you should be able to do it in that way on whatever device you want. But like there's always going to be a subsect of people who will want a device in their house with physical games that they own and can play. So like all that, like philosophically, I think that's great. And that's really cool. And I'm excited about that. What they talked about in regards to Scarlet and what that's going to be, they were just like, yeah, the solid state drive's sick. There's going to be ray tracing graphics. There's going to be like really wild stuff going on in this thing. It's going to be really powerful. It's going to be the most powerful game console ever built. And like, I don't doubt that at all, but also that doesn't really tell me much about what I'm going to be doing with it. You know? Yeah. We have heard all of that from Sony about the PS5 already with the Wired interview and stuff like that. Like, I am more interested in what secondary and tertiary stuff we're getting from these consoles outside of just it's going to be better at playing video games, you know? Um, which, <laughs> right, right. It's kind of weird because like when they announced the Xbox One, they like fully went into like, it's going to be the best TV media center ever. You're going to be able to watch movies. You're going to be able to watch TV. You're going to be able to fucking play a video game with picture in picture of football in your in the corner. Like, and it was like, okay, but like, can it play games? And this is almost like for next generation, I almost feel the exact opposite where like, mm. I know the thing's going to be able to play games and I know it's going to be great for doing that. But like, what else is happening there? Like, yeah. I think one of the wildest things to have ever happened in video game consoles is the share button on the PS4. Mm -hmm. The ability to press that button to save screenshots, save video clips, immediately start streaming on Twitch. Like that to me was like a huge innovation. It's like a big fucking deal. And like the PS5, they've already talked about the fact that they're like building a whole chip in there that is just for audio processing. So you get like full immersive 360 wild audio, like even on your shitty headphones, <laughs> you're going to get like ridiculous audio going on. And like, that's awesome. That's extremely cool. That's something new. That's not just like the sun's going to shoot through a cloud and I'm going to be able to like see that. Like, I, I, I understand <laughs> that graphic fidelity will get better every year. Tell me what's next. So that's kind of where I'm at with Scarlet. We're like, I'm, I'm excited about seeing it eventually, but like what they announced wasn't super exciting. Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely a reality in which I get Xbox Scarlet just to like, yeah, there's, there's enough stuff here that like I would like to check out and Dude, maybe it's backwards compatible with every Xbox. That's the thing. That's the thing. Cause like when I plug in my Xbox 360, it goes like, kill me. And like, I, I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't be using this anymore. Yeah. Um, it really gets like hot and loud. And yeah. the backwards compatibility is, is lovely because there's a lot of games. Like I'm always close to selling my 360. And then I'm like, ah, oh, there's so many. I mean, that's how I would play Oblivion. I can't give that up. Yeah. Do I buy an Xbox Scarlet solely for the comfort of knowing I can play Oblivion? I don't know. You tell me. I, promise you that if i get an xbox scarlet the first thing i'm doing is downloading oblivion on that fucker <laughs> hell yeah and streaming it and we can finally finally achieve finally our magnum do opus it of streaming oblivion of streaming oblivion oh my god oh our white whale but yeah i think now now that we're through it i know i was i was kind of rolling into being a little antagonistic here there's enough stuff here that i'm definitely curious about getting game pass and you just way. had the same thing that i had when i wrote all this down in this note yeah. Where like there's you look here. at the list, it's like actually really fucking enticing. Yeah, there's at least four things like Battletoads and, uh, you know, I'm kidding. But like there's enough here that I would want to check it out or at least just try out how that is. It's such a yeah. new thing. You have such a tenacious like desire to experience what is new. And I'm more like, well, I'll see it when it comes my way. <laughs> um, That's kind of how I sound. But mm -hmm. I'm inspired by your love for this and I'm more open to... 
Getting Game Pass, definitely. Uh, maybe getting a Scarlet down the road. We'll see what happens. It depends yeah. on how quickly PS5 comes out and what's for that. Yeah. I imagine I will probably get both. It's exactly what I did this generation. I bought yeah. the PS4 and, and the Xbox One the day they both came out. Yeah. Um, and then the Xbox One was like, I looked at the horizon of, of what's available on that thing. And there was nothing that I was interested in coming out for eight months. And I was like, yeah. why do I own this thing? I already finished playing Titanfall. I'm done. I'm out. Uh, and I sold the thing. And then it wasn't until much later that I bought a second one. But anyway, point being, that idea that I could buy the thing and there's not going to be anything I want to play on it for eight months completely goes away because of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And there's a new bundle where you get Game Pass and Xbox Gold or, or like Live Gold or whatever that's called now. You get them together for a discounted price. I mean, it's like probably the best deal in gaming right now. It's really kind of unbelievable. Um, also knowing that the way Game Pass works is you can stream games or you can download them onto your hard drive and like play them from there so you're not like streaming anything is sick. It's really Yeah, cool. absolutely. Then Halo Infinite. What do you got on this one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you got, Brendan? I don't know. I just like the way that Spencer talked about this was like when the first Xbox came out, it came out with like an earth shattering, like wild sea change for video games on consoles yeah, with Halo sure. Combat Evolved. And we are trying to do that again. So like it only makes sense that we would release Halo Infinite as a launch title with the Scarlet. And that's what they're doing. Uh, we already kind of talked about what they showed in this cinematic. Um, mm-hmm. I think honestly, just from like watching it again. It looked like there was some gameplay happening in that. Maybe not, but I think bit. I think that was all in game engine. I think that whole yeah. I think that's what the game is gonna look like. There was the moment where like it went like they plugged Master Chief back in and it was like the player's perspective. You saw the combat. HUD, yeah. Yeah. So that that looked like it but yeah, we didn't see him like fighting or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like I uh I never got into Halo. The the first game undeniably was like such a huge influence i mean that you saw that echoed everywhere and like that really did like single-handedly keep xbox afloat i feel like because yeah the first xbox didn't really have a lot going on other than halo and like jet set radio future best game of all time um <laughs> right but you know it was kind of like there's a lot of good sports games and stuff but halo was like what like people got that system for yeah. And then 360 was a huge success because they had such great third-party support. Right. And also and, Halo 3. And also Halo 3. So, yeah. So, we'll see what happens with this one. I, yeah. I'm definitely not, like... I, I'm just sort of indifferent to Halo. I never... It's never really... I've never gotten super into it, but I'm definitely curious to see what happens. Yeah. On the flip side, but, weirdly, like... I don't, maybe, maybe this is weird. Maybe this is not. Maybe this is completely on brand for me, but I have been a huge fan of Halo, like, always, which is... One of the reasons that I got so into Destiny when that first came out was like, oh my God, you're telling me that the team that made Halo 1, 2, 3, and Reach are making like a new, never-ending sci-fi fantasy game? Like, fuck yeah, sign me up. Yeah. But Halo 1 loved, Halo 2 loved, uh, Halo 3 was the first one that I owned because like I bought an Xbox 360 and like got Halo 3 and played online with my friends constantly. Um, Halo Reach, honestly, like one of my favorite games of that generation. Yeah, I hear it's great. I just remember like going to the midnight release with my friends. I, it was the, the one semester I was in college uh, and me and all the game design majors like went out got it at midnight and we all skipped all of our classes the next day and just played the whole game all the way through and just like people kept like coming into the common room and like watching us play through it and it ruled and then that's when Bungie stopped making Halo games and they handed it over to 343 who then went on to make Halo 4 which honestly weirdly this is a very truncated version of Halo history but uh, it felt a lot to me like Star Wars The Force Awakens where like you're just proving you can make a Star Wars movie with that 
you know, Star Wars Force Awakens is like, it's, you know, great characters, great new stuff going on, but like, it feels very much like we're going back to the well and like reusing a lot of elements. So they feel familiar, but also feel new to make like a good Star Wars movie. In the same way, Halo 4 was 343 Studios, like proving that they can make a good Halo game. And then Halo 5 happened and was rad. Halo 5 is really fucking good. Um, I loved that game. It was the sole reason that I was holding on to my Xbox One for a long time. Because, like, when I would get stressed out playing first-person shooters on PS4, like Overwatch, like Destiny 2, like everything else, I would just switch over to my Xbox and play Halo 5 multiplayer and just have the best time. Jetpacks, fucking jumping around, smashing people in the face with my elbow. Really stupid game that I loved. Also, <laughs> maybe it came hand in hand with the fact that I was the one person in fully customized pink armor amongst a team of all people with black armor with red trim. It was like everybody's like fucking Skull Crusher 89, yeah. you know, with, with like real horrific looking shit going on. And I'm, I'm showing up and my name at the time on uh, Xbox Live was Carl the Drifloon, like the Pokemon. Oh, uh, I love that. I just had like a fun, like pink vibe. It was great. Anyway, Halo 5 tight. The reason I'm saying all this, I will get an Xbox Scarlet probably, and I will get Halo Infinite when it comes out. And if it's anything like what I'm expecting it to be, which is Halo but Destiny, which is a little bit ironic, I think it's going to be sick. And I'm excited for it. That's awesome. I really like your optimism there because I've just sort of missed the series. I, again, I don't dislike it or I'm not even indifferent to it. I just kind of missed it. Yeah, totally. Um, and I'm that way with, with a lot of other Final Fantasy, for example. I Same thing, you know? Yeah, let's. Uh, we're going to switch places in enthusiasm the minute we get to Square. I know, it's going to be great. But, um, but yeah, this honestly, like real Steven talking, like this this was a very E3-ass presentation. Yeah. There was some cool stuff. There was yeah. some lame stuff. The only reason I'm kind of hard is because I watched it last and I was like, oh my God. Like after yeah. seeing like Nintendo and Square to me was like seeing like the sunrise the first time and this was like going to a diner. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I'm with you. Th- I mean, I'm with you that that like this was Microsoft's chance to really blow the doors off the place without Sony yeah, there, without yeah. Activision there. Like they really could have just stolen the show and they absolutely did not. Yeah, it, it felt it felt very safe. And like there's some yeah. there's some really there's some really fun announcements here. I mean, I'm looking at it and like, yeah, there's some cool stuff, but there's nothing. And I, and and also like if you watched that and had that reaction to any of these games that like it did kind of like really make you excited. That's awesome. You know, this is yeah. not a definitive claim on microsoft's presentation but yeah it just did feel a little like mountain dewy in the beginning and then but yeah it was fine i'm excited for the weird deers made of light on the subway (laughs) yeah that's the thing Um, like you go through the list and it's like oh yeah there's actually a lot of shit i'm really excited about it's just in the way they were presented didn't really click but like in just going through the list and talking about them right now there's actually a lot of stuff i'm excited about and honestly credit where credit's due like phil spencer i think is is slowly becoming one of my favorite people like in the executive ring of video games like we like phil spencer I like Phil Spencer a whole bunch. Um, And one of my favorite things of E3 every single year is Giant Bomb does their late night, like Giant Bomb at night streams where they just invite a bunch of people from the industry, press, developers, everyone on, and they do these late night talk shows. Jeff Gersman, wild how good of an interviewer he is. Completely unassuming until you see him like working and like managing to juggle six people from different industries simultaneously. Incredible. But he always does these one-on-one conversations with Phil Spencer every year at E3, and they're always wildly insightful, really fascinating. And one of the main things I was going to bring up was Phil Spencer was like, hey, you know, we, we want Game Pass to allow people to play 
Microsoft games, wherever they are, wherever they want to be, like that's what Game Pass is for. So like, obviously we're going to roll it out everywhere. And Gersman was like, okay, cool. When is that going to happen on Switch? And his answer to that was, that's a thing that we're talking about. Like, he's very frank. He's very open with these kinds of things. Like he's like, he's not going to get in trouble from anyone because he's the boss, you know? Right, right, so He can right. say whatever the fuck he wants and he seems to say everything he wants. Um, So he was like, yeah, that's a thing we're talking about. Obviously we're talking about the Switch. Like that'd be rad, but obviously like the most important platform for us to be on right now with Game Pass is Android because that is the most dominant piece of hardware or like that's the most dominant OS in the world right now. Like the most people in the world have Android devices. So that's where Game Pass is going first. And that's where we're like focusing all our efforts. That said, there's a lot of crossover tech between Android and the Switch. The Switch is just running on a modified version of Android that Nintendo and NVIDIA built. So like it's possible that's going to come in the in the pipeline. But yeah, I don't know. Just really interested in that. I I, I am curious about Game Pass and where that's going and and when we can get it for other devices that aren't Xbox devices. Yeah, for sure. That's really exciting. Yeah. Do you want to take a bit of a break? I then... need to. I really need to. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. And then why don't we try to do it's a bit ambitious, but this season two, we're here. Yeah. Why don't we try to do Bethesda and Ubisoft in the next segment? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. See you in hell. <laughs> break time. <laughs> break time. Steven, we're back. Hello. With like maybe the first conference that you'll be interested in. <laughs> hey, I, I've had moments of interest. <laughs> we, this is basically like I started my Tuesday in high school and I had math class for a few hours and now i'm getting into science class like, okay i can kind of get to this the english and history are at the end of the day baby so is acting class and i'm like holy shit i cannot wait for the end of the improv day. after holy school shit holy shit the cast list for beating the beast is going up at the end of the day and i can't fucking wait yeah i got through science class first bethesda i love bethesda but this was kind of a weird conference um yeah we'll get into it yeah it was it I'll was let, i'll let you kick things off brendan yeah, sure. Um, so I, I think we'll probably kind of fly through Bethesda and Ubisoft, honestly, a little bit faster than the other ones. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Bethes- Bethesda was an interesting was an interesting conference. Not not a lot, like not a lot going on. No, honestly. it was a little weird. Uh, it was it was weird. a little weird. But uh, yeah, so the first I, I guess like big announcement that happened at, at Bethesda was uh, Elder Scrolls Blades is continuing to happen um, it is a game did you play it did you ever end up downloading it and trying it no I have not okay I played the alpha on iOS when they first released it for those of you who don't know it's a it is a first per- they announced it at E3 last year it is a first person Elder Scrolls dungeon crawling game kind of roguelike esque where you go in to a dungeon beat up a bunch of shit get a bunch of gold get a bunch of um, loot and and crafting materials and then go back to like a fucking bombed out town that like a dragon ripped to pieces and then you slowly rebuild it however you want. Um, that's that's the loop of the game. They announced that not only is the game coming out fully, like it's a real thing, uh, but they are starting to make good on their promise of porting it to everything. Uh, and, and that is starting with the Switch and it'll be out on Switch in fall of this year. Cool. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, like yeah, okay. It could be fun. Yeah, love Elder Scrolls, obviously, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting with a lot of Bethesda properties like Elder Scrolls and Fallout. They're two kind of big flagships because you said about Gears earlier, or we both said how it was kind of like this really innovative idea that since then other people have done better. Yes, I feel like. Skyrim and Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas kind of planted this seed of like, 
here's the next step for Western RPGs. Right. And since then, I think you've had games kind of go the next step. Like, even though we kind of had a mixed opinion on Witcher 3, like, Witcher 3 felt like, okay, this is the next step for a Elder Scrolls kind of formula. Oh, yeah. And even something like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn or, like, Breath of the Wild, it's kind of the open world RPG aspect. Like, so I don't know, like, if if there's, like, a spin-off game for Elder Scrolls that I would really want. I'm really... I really do love the lore of Elder Scrolls. Like, there's a lot of really cool lore. Oh, yeah. Um, that the games kind of oddly don't explore. Like, there's a whole race of trolls that worship the High Elves and hate humans. I didn't know and that. They, That's awesome. Yeah, they rule. I think, um, I, I'll look up what they're called and I'll tweet about this. But, like, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I got to find it out now. <sighs> I cannot find the name of the troll. My my roommate in college used to listen to a podcast about Elder Scrolls lore, so he like knew his shit. Oh man, are... I didn't even think that that was a thing that would exist, but of course it would exist, and I need to. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to one. I'm gonna find one. I'm gonna listen to one. I'll report back. But yeah, but there are a race of trolls that worship the high elves that hate humans, and they they like wear really fancy clothing and they wear capes that they spray perfume on and whenever humans are near they like sniff the corners of their capes as if like humans smell bad wow um, that is unbelievably good for me yeah uh, and <laughs> yeah i for me i say like it's a it's a good part of my day to just think about that kind of stuff uh-huh and that's like what I want to see more of because I feel like the sometimes the settings feel oddly muted. I love the Daedric shit, and Skyrim had a lot of fun stuff with that, like all the Daedric princes. Oh my and, god, yeah, the Daedric uh, all rad. Yeah, it's so cool. Like I love that. So the idea of a dungeon crawler where you just rebuild the town doesn't really super appeal to me, but yeah, it could be fun. I think that's a that's a you know it could be a fun experience with uh, so bethesda was very i think maybe not lucky lucky might not be the way to put it but like bethesda had a huge huge hit on their hands with fallout shelter like that game came out on mobile fucking crushed came out on on pc and mac and also on switch and did super well and has been continuing to generate a lot of revenue for them over the years and like it seems only natural that they would say okay we dipped into fallout and made like a really successful mobile game like what can we do with Elder Scrolls and them landing on the idea of like first person full 3D dungeon crawler is actually kind of exciting in concept. Yeah. In practice, like there's, I think it leaves a lot to be desired. I think you're absolutely right to mention like, yeah, the lore of Elder Scrolls is like one of the strongest facets of that entire IP and to not lean into that for this is a little bit of a bummer. But honestly, when I, so they announced that it was coming out for Switch last year at E3. They just like didn't say when. They were like, we're alpha testing it on mobile first. But while playing the alpha on iOS, all I could think about was I would much rather be playing this on Switch. So I'm excited to like give this game a real shot when it comes out for Switch. I'm a little bit iffy about about the like free to play loop of it all. Yeah. But that having been said, I I will definitely be trying it when it comes out. Yeah. So, uh, keep keep me posted. I'll, uh, maybe I'll play that with. It'll you. be free. Um, so like why not? You know, like why not just try it and see if oh, you can get Oh, it's into free? It. Oh, I'll totally play it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is. I was like, there, there's. This is definitely on the threshold. Like, if it's more than ten dollars, I'm probably not gonna get it. Oh no, but. no, no, zero dollars, free to. That's the thing. It's a free to play game. Like, they're just trying to generate revenue from like in-game timers and shit. But like, you could ignore all gotcha. of that and just play it whenever you want for like fifteen minutes a day and get through dungeons every day. You know. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Fallout seventy six updates. This is probably the biggest talking point of of this conference. I feel like. Yeah. 
So a couple things about Fallout 76. Number one, Todd, it was Todd Howard got out on stage and was like, you guys gave us a lot of well-deserved feedback. And I, in my head, was just like, yeah, man, people fucking threatened to kill you because they didn't like that video game. Like, I would not bolster that community in yeah, your press conference. for sure. Like, don't, don't give more power to the people who said, like, who, like, threatened to murder your fucking life and all of the... Developers that yeah, work on that game, awful, wild, wild to me that he said that in a press conference. Yeah. That having been said, switching gears out of that, like the stuff that they announced for Fallout 76 sounds interesting. It does. It honestly, like when that game came out and was a real hot mess and people didn't like it, my first thought was not, hey, I'm going to tweet angry things at these people, but was instead, let's see if over time they course correct and fix that game. We saw that like on a real hardcore degree with I think Destiny and also with Final Fantasy 14, which like when that game came out, it was real trash. Yeah. And Square apologized for it. They apologized for it, ripped the whole game apart and then rebuilt the whole thing. And like it's still called Final Fantasy 14, it's still the same game technically, but it is just way better and it is what people want and that game is still going Diablo really strong. Diablo 3 as well. Diablo 3 had a big comeback as well. Diablo yeah. 3, Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, which says a lot about you know, <laughs> that whole cycle. But anyway, I just was kind of waiting with bated breath for Fallout 76 to get good um, because I really want to try this game. I really want to play it. And I think you and I should play it together. And the updates sound interesting. I mean, they're they're turning it into a fully-fledged, realized Fallout game, pretty much. There's en- Wow, there's NPCs. There's human NPCs in this game now that you can talk to with with branching dialogue options. You know, is it is it just taking what people expected from Fallout 76 and finally bringing the water level to that point yeah but that also means that it's the game that everybody wanted you know like now it's the game that people wanted when it came out and like i get if you invested a hundred dollars in uh the disc and and a canvas bag that you ended up not getting and you're pissed about that but like now it's the thing that you wanted and you already own the game and you're not gonna have to pay anything to play the game that you wanted all along so like i get being burned when a game comes out but when it turns into the thing that you asked for like don't still be mad that it wasn't that a year ago you know yeah, for sure. And it sounds like it, it feels like there's enough people playing it in its current form that are like, hey, this isn't great or good, but it's yes. like multiplayer Fallout and there's something there still. Yeah. Like it still has legs despite being a hot mess. That's the missing so, element here is that there's a yeah. shitload of people who play and love Fallout 76 in its worst ever iteration that it will and ever have. Todd Howard basically said that he's like, you know, but people are still playing it. And like, it's a really nice community of people who are still playing it. And love it. And like, talk uh, about it yeah. in the forums all the time. They were talking about it, like how great the forums for Fallout 76 are. Yeah. So like, so there's that, people that... That was, that was a fun turnaround moment. Yeah. The there's people that love this yeah. game. And I think like adding this stuff is only going to make it better. Um, and then on top of that, they did what every flailing game as service does, and they added a battle royale mode to it, and it's called Nuclear Wasteland, <laughs> and it's like, okay. Of course. Some weird questionable shit. Look, there's some like questionable thematic shit with like where they've taken this franchise from like Fallout 1 and 2 being like interrogations of the idea of like nuclear armament in modern society and if that's good or bad for us. Um, and now Fallout 76 is like, you can get a nuke. Isn't that sick? You can nuke your friends. Like, okay, f- cool it. Yeah. And, and Nuclear Wasteland, which is the name of the Battle Royale mode, is like just re- like not even doubling, maybe quadrupling down on that sentiment. Um, right. And, and is 
pretty problematic, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be fun to play. Like that almost seems separate from the other. Like I feel like there's a reason they announced that as its own trailer versus the other one, where they're like, "This is gonna be NPCs and and the stuff you want from Fallout." And then there's also this weird side. Oh thing, yeah, it's a know? it's a separate mode. It's not like yeah. it's not like every game of Fallout 76 is battle royale always now. Right. It, right. It's a separate thing that you load into. But all that having been said, like they wrapped all that up by saying, "Hey, the game's gonna be free for a week, so like try it." Um, and I think that starts next week or like the week that this episode will come out so like i'm interested in that but also i think that game is only like ten dollars now anyway yeah we'll definitely play it and we'll 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 talk about that there will be a time that you and i will both decide like now is the time to try fallout 76 we will stream it i'm sure together um and it'll be a cool time yeah you and i will be able to find the fun in that game i'm sure absolutely and that's the thing it's like i i've played a lot of games with you that i would probably have never picked up and had a good time yeah so like i think i think it'll be a fun experience especially you know with friends watching and stuff we'll keep you posted on that yeah so that was fallout 76 any other things on that for you um pretty much touched everything i would probably say about it yeah not too much honestly i'm i'm just kind of like excited to finally play what they wanted that game to be you know yeah, I don't really know the development history of it because I'm like, it, was this another kind of crunch time scenario where they just didn't have time to to work on it, or was it just sort of like never confirmed fully? Yeah, but probably a it seemed like that game wasn't yeah. ready when it came out, and then it came out. Right, right. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's a silver lining there. Uh, we'll 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 see. And I think there's also sort of the all all of this stuff is kind of like. Even just talking about what we liked, I feel this inherent sense of guilt of like none of these people owe us anything. <laughs> like this is all exactly this is all superfluous and positive. So it's like if you like I think and that's where you come in where it's like if you can find the fun in something, not that you should settle for less or like condone false promises or false advertising, but like expecting s- stuff and being livid when it's not what you expected is kind of a very strange cycle that seems pr- unfortunately pretty common in, yeah. in this community. I think I think this, in yeah. Fallout 76's case, like there's a lot of shit to actually like be For bummed sure. out about. Like 100%. Yeah. Like, not that there was actually there was literally false advertising going on with like the yeah. ca- the canvas bag and then them being like whoops we ran out of canvas <laughs> so we're just not going to make the thing like okay well i paid for the thing so i should get it like you should give me my money back at least um the game just being like riddled with like a lot of bugs you know like not even like the fun bethesda bugs but like this game has a lot of bugs um, yeah. like all of that stuff is obviously problematic but outside of that like the game is a game as service and that means that they're going to support it for many years as I've seen firsthand from playing Destiny and Destiny 2 like <laughs> you never get it right in the first year and it's always year 2 that gets better and this is It's like a show like where the season 1 is always them kind of finding their voice. Absolutely cuz the yeah. cuz the network is like uh, sorry I like we have a lot of notes. We have a shitload of notes and yeah. if you can make an even okay show with ABC breathing down your neck next season they're going to lean back a little bit and they're going to say, okay, you did a pretty good job. Like, let's just kind of let you make your vision a little bit more. And yeah. season two, always better. And then season three, always the best. You get to grow the beard. Just like Star Trek. You get to grow the fucking beard. This is Fallout yeah. 76 growing the beard. <laughs> That's the episode title. Calling it. <laughs> growing the beard, for those who don't know, is the opposite of jumping the shark. It's when a show finds its voice and it's... Yeah. It's linked to my muse, Riker, from Star Trek, Jonathan Frakes, mm-hmm. growing the beard. Yeah. 
anyway, that's that's Fallout 76. We're going to move on because we got a lot to cover. Yep. Ghostwire Tokyo. This looks cool. I yeah. don't know what it is, but it looks cool. Similar thing. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, just, like, have to give a huge shout-out. So, like, I, I think there are a couple, like, standout presenters from E3 this year. Keanu yeah, Reeves, obviously yeah. a big one. Sure. I, I think this was, like, a huge one. Uh, Tango Gameworks is, is the name of the company. And the uh, creative director of this game, Ikumi Nakamura, came out on stage and was just, like, the most, like, fun, like, stoked about her game person. Yeah, she ruled. She it was, was great. so hyped. Ikumi Nakamura, worth mentioning, like, she was also, I think, a creative director or an art director on Okami. Oh, cool. She worked on... On the Evil Within, uh, and there's a third one. It's a, it's a uh, oh Bayonetta, the first Bayonetta. She also worked on. Wow. So like big behind the scenes has never been like on stage presenting a thing, and it's like really cool to see her like come out on stage and like be yeah. be a personality for people. Her her excitement was contagious. It, it was really awesome. Absolutely was. She was so yeah. amped about this, and yeah. what they showed, and th- it, I it's really important to make this note. But what they showed was just a cinematic trailer, and I walked away from it seeing no gameplay, thinking I'm really excited about this because yeah. a lot of cinematic trailers that we saw in the previous conferences were like not really enticing like they didn't really show me anything that like made me want to play the game or learn more about it ghostwire tokyo was so evocative and interesting where like i I think i think the way that she phrased it before the trailer started playing was like you are you're a detective trying to figure out why people are disappearing from tokyo and that's all she said and then they started showing the trailer and they're panning through some environments in tokyo that were beautiful gorgeous and then all of a sudden people started disappearing and it was like the leftovers style disappearing. It was like Thanos snapped the Infinity Gauntlet style disappearing. Like they were just fucking gone. And there's like one person in a huge mall that's left. And yeah, just started like doing all this wild, like almost David Lynchian, like Silent Hill shit. <laughs> it looked amazing. It looked really cool. Like the art direction is wild. That trailer was really it great was really at, cool. at evoking a tone, which is yes, what yes. you're supposed to do with those kinds of things. And that's what the first cyberpunk trailer did very well. Yeah. As well. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. That's that's why the cyberpunk trailer worked, and that's why Ghostwire Tokyo worked, and that's why a lot of the other ones so far during E3 did not work. Yeah, and I think it's it's like a cinema trailer isn't inherently bad. It's just that it has to evoke a tone, and it usually has to be for maybe a game that we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. So it's like the seed is planted, and then the follow up should be. That's why I think we both push back on the recent cyberpunk trailer. It's like, well, give us something. Give, give us like just the perspective or or yes. one thing, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I definitely will keep an eye on this game yeah. for sure. Yeah. Elder Scrolls Online elsewhere. That's right. It's the province that's home of the Khajiit, the cat people. What mm-hmm. else do you want? Nothing. Yeah. I will <laughs> this this E3 will go down in history for me as like maybe the funniest E3 that I've ever watched just because uh I I was doing my laundry at my parents' house <laughs> while while this E3 was happening. Perfect. Uh, or, while Bethesda Perfect. was happening and my dad who has recently just retired and didn't know what to do with his day and like doesn't know what to do with himself came into the room that I was watching the Bethesda conference in and sat down and goes, "Wow, cat people." And then sits down and just watched <laughs> watched the Elder Scrolls Elsewhere trailer with no context at all it was like wow is this a tv show when does this come out can i watch more of this like what's going on and i was like yeah that was just a trailer for a video game he's like i want to play that <laughs> i was like oh, okay and then he immediately fell asleep right can after we this. please can we for the love of god can we please play elder scores online with your dad and stream it? <laughs> he's got nothing going on so absolutely they say let us quality merchandise ha not that bad sort you can usually find him in his store that's a really good i mean i know that this happens to you all the time but like that was a really good <laughs> Khajiit 
<laughs> no, really, it wasn't me. <laughs> I could anyway. do I could do a lot of the oblivion. Bethesda, just give me a check and I'll make your whole game better. <laughs> uh, yeah, Elder Scrolls Online, a game that still exists. Also, another game that when it came out, again, we were working at an old video game site. I covered this game uh, during like the alpha or beta of it, um, mm. and I was like, "Oh, this game sucks," and now it's great. It's really yeah. fucking good. Well, I think I think there the two big things are people were expecting Skyrim online, yeah. which like Skyrim is a very solitary experience, so like you don't you can't really do that. Yes. And two, it was a full price game with like a twenty dollar a month thing. So that that was those were like the two biggest pain points, I think. Now it's you just out. pay for the game and then you're good. That's it. There's no subscription yeah, exactly. fee. And they have honestly, I just had like a Jimmy Neutron brain blast moment because I just realized exactly what they just did to Fallout 76, where they're like bringing it up to the level of just being a Fallout game that you can play online with friends is exactly what Elder Scrolls Online became and that's why it's good now. And they're continuing to support it and that community is also really cool. Elder Scrolls Online, it's a good game. There's a weird YouTube channel that's just like very random scenes i've shared a couple of them in the discord it's random scenes from oblivion and skyrim just out of context and they're uh-huh. named very like cryptic things so yeah. one of them is like an elf in skyrim like have yourself a great day and then he like gets carried away by a river yeah oh um, yeah, yeah yeah that one's really good yeah. uh there's one where this khajiit bandit runs up to the person and goes your money or your life and then they give him gold and he goes you're smarter than you look and then they steal the gold back and he goes Go ahead, take it. It doesn't mean anything to me anyway. Great. Awesome. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's great. Uh, the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> uh, now I sound like the merchant from Resident Evil 4. We're going too what far down the rabbit hole, Stephen. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. I'm we back have, in fucking middle school. We are two and a half hours into this podcast. We can't We can't get fully derailed okay, by the Elder Scrolls. Okay. I'm having a little fun in science class, Brendan. <laughs> can you blame me? I, look, I, w- I want nothing more than for you and I to have a fully Elder Scrolls episode one day. Let's go all the way in. Okay, fine, Brendan. Talk to me about Commander Keen. (laughs) I know what you want. You've been waiting for this for two and a half hours. Talk to me. Wax poetic about Commander Keen. (laughs) I remember in 1987 when Commander Keen came out, the first ever Bethesda Softworks game, and everybody said, wow, this game's going to go the distance. I can't wait to see where this is at in 20, 30 years. Well, here we are. Commander Keen is back. It's a mobile game. It looks fine. Yeah, I actually really like the animation style. Oh, did you really? Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, it reminds me of like uh, Fairly Odd Parents a little bit. Mm. Not necessarily in the game, but like in the trailer. Butch Hartman like. Yeah, exactly. I will. I don't know what it is and don't care. But like, it was like, okay. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah, it's a card game. It's Gwent, but for Elder Scrolls, it's Hearthstone, but for Elder Scrolls. So I play one shrub. <laughs> the shrub lets me play a fire elemental summon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I get to play my hero card, Maik the Liar. Okay. Uh, they showed this game. So this this game has been out for a while. I don't remember, honestly. I didn't write it down in the notes, so sorry if I'm wrong here, but I don't think they announced anything like new for it. All they did was like show a new TV ad for this. Like It was very clear that this will be like the the five second youtube clip that plays before like everything that i'm trying to watch on youtube you know yeah yeah it it felt like a made for the halftime during not the super bowl trailer yeah i don't know okay Moving on, moving on, moving on. Rage 2. Rage 2, a game that I haven't played and kind of have no interest in playing, but people tell me is fun. I don't know. There's more stuff coming out for Rage. For people who love Rage, like, cool, great. Have a good time. Uh, It's really interesting that Bethesda is like, we got Elder Scrolls, we got Fallout, and then also we have these like really hyper-gory 
hardcore yeah. first-person shooters. But that's what's going on here, and that's what Rage uh, 2 is. Wolfenstein Youngblood. Kind oh, of we're like really this, just flying through. Okay, cool. You yeah. got nothing for Rage? That's understandable. Uh, I got nothing for Rage, but Wolfenstein Youngblood I may check out. Because I yeah. hear great things about The Last Wolfenstein. I love the sort of uh, 70s exploitation film vibe they're going for. and like yeah. That was the last just... one. So that was Wolfenstein 2. Right, right. So this Wolfenstein The New has... Order was was just like, here's, fu- this is this is World War II. It happened. The Nazis won. Hitler wins. Like, it's real fucked up. And then I think you're in the 50s or the 60s. I think it's the 50s. Um, and you're in America and you're like taking it back. Uh, and then and then Wolfenstein 2 is 70s. And then Wolfenstein Youngblood is going to be like 80s like vaporwave oh shit. I love that yeah even better yeah yeah I think I might check it out it looks fun it's uh, also online multiplayer so you and I can play it together that sounds dope yeah well, I'm excited to play that. that we should play that together yeah. We should I play honestly that. like look. I I'm not a huge fan of the Wolfenstein games personally. Uh, I played New Order. I did not pick up two. It's available on the Switch, so like maybe I should play it. And like from what I've heard, the the Bethesda ports of these games to Switch are great. But uh, I just I just haven't really clicked with it. But the idea of you and I being able to play it together, I think, really does seal it for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's not a full game either. Like it's not like a full like sixty dollar like full experience. It's like a shorter kind of more condensed thing. Which um, I like. Especially for this yeah. type of setting, I don't know if I could do a full yeah, like, <laughs> like a full thirty hour experience. In. And honestly, like in twenty nineteen and going into twenty twenty, and and this is a thing that I I kind of want to talk a little bit more about. I think in in future episodes with other games that we'll eventually be playing. But like every game wants to be a game as service in that world where like every game is competing for all of your time instead of like a bunch of games competing for some of your time. I like the idea of things like Wolfenstein Youngblood existing and being like you and your friend can just like fuck around for a couple hours and then be done yeah that's kind of what i like about dauntless is like it's yes it's doesn't it's a sort of i mean that is well that is trying to service. that is trying to dominate all your time that's the thing that's another one of those games but that is a game that i feel like i only want to play for yeah. like an hour you and you and i play it that way but that's not what they're optimizing for i think that's true that's yeah. true and on the other side of the spectrum there are games like ape out where it's like this game is three hours in total yeah and it's just like a really cathartic cool experience that's just like exactly that. florence like time yeah katana florence, zero like there's right. a lot of games that are trying to like occupy a very small space and i think that's great and leave a really strong impression and the fact so. that like bethesda is making a full ass triple a version of that is cool yeah absolutely what was that young blood we will play and check out yeah. death loop death loop no idea what this game is amazing trailer yeah absolutely R- really fucking cool Great style. Reminded me of like like Counter Spy kind of vibes, uh, almost like Incredibles esque uh, look mm. to it. A, a little bit of like that plus Grindhouse in a way. Yeah, and seems to be kind of invested in the idea of narratively contextualizing the idea of respawning in video games, which is something that I am always a sucker for in every game that's ever done that. Yeah, that. It, it always pays off too. I haven't seen it done poorly yet. I mean. Undertale is a great example of that. Uh huh. I think Katana Zero is. Yep. Bioshock uh, did that. A cool. lot. A lot of great games. Exp- anytime a game uses like a, a expected mechanic as an opportunity to tell a new story without being like, "Dude, is it real or not?" It's yeah. really cool. Right. Uh, so far, the latter has not happened. Orion. Yeah. So Orion is uh, some software. Not even software. It's just like a, a system that Bethesda has built to make game streaming better with lower latency and higher frame rates. And they demoed it. At at this at this press conference and i feel like that demo was like specifically for 
Phil Spencer and the people who are making Google Stadia and like whoever else is competing with that. It was like, <laughs> hey to 15 people who are decision makers at various companies. Here's the thing we're making and it was not for like the large stage. This is great for everyone um, because I mm-hmm. think you and I will never use Orion uh, in a way that we are cognizant of. Like Orion will sure. exist as a back end to help support other things that we will use. Um, yeah. But I don't Agreed. know. Yeah, it was it was a weird it was a weird thing to show off at their press conference. Yeah, you you did write what in parentheses in the in the notes. Yeah, I was just like surprised to see it there. Not that it's bad. Like it's cool. I'm glad that it works. I'm glad that it's doing the thing that they say it's going to do. But also like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of what, Doom Eternal. What do you make of that? Do you care? No, not really. Yeah, I kind of don't either. I to be fair, I did not play 2016 Doom. I hear it's sick. Um, yeah, same. Actually, you know what? 180. Completely going to 180. Here's the thing about Doom Eternal that I am really into. They are fully leaning into the like gothic biblical shit instead of like I am a space marine on Mars and there is some demon shit crawling through a hellhole into this uh, space colony. It's like, no, I'm fully in hell fighting demons and angels and like a bunch of wild shit. That's cool to me. Yeah, I agreed. G- give me that like Constantine stuff, you know. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, that's, put a that's focus on the enemies and the setting, and not on the protagonist. Yeah, agreed. Not on, not on sense. where the protagonist comes from. Tell me where the enemies come from and bring me there, because they seem more yeah, interesting yeah, than, yeah. than a, a random like pretty much Doom blank guy. Mars colony. Yeah, with Doom guy. Yeah. With a guy, if if he's called Doom guy, he's probably not coming from an interesting place that I want to explore. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Doom guy comes from modest origins. Yeah. Uh, um, they also talked about doubling down on multiplayer, making multiplayer better, which is great because I think people didn't like the multiplayer from Doom One, if I recall correctly. That was like the big complaint about that game. I don't know. Whatever. Doom Eternal. I, it'll probably be really fun for people who liked it. I think we should come yeah. up with like some kind of acronym or saying where if there's a game that we're not excited for, but we're excited. If other people are excited for, we can just say a phrase and move on. Yeah. <laughs> We should. Not that you said anything that was extraneous, but we're just, I'm really, I'm just making sure we're not making a four hour episode. I think we're um, making a four hour episode. Okay. Do you, I mean, do you, you know not what? want that? You know what? Let's live a little. 180. I, 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 should... I fully sat down expecting to make a four hour episode. Okay. You know what? I'm buckling up. Science class is longer today. We're dissecting frogs. <laughs> English history and acting class are after lunch, so let's keep going. Yeah, I mean, that's the end of Bethesda. We are officially halfway into E3. <laughs> also, full disclosure, I'm having a blast with you, Brendan. Season okay. two, I'm enjoying this greatly. Great. Yeah, not every episode will be four hours, just the E3 ones. Just the E3 ones. And maybe the Game of the Year ones. Ubisoft is here. Yeah. A new challenger approaches. Here's the one that I think we're going to fly through, personally. Yeah. We got to take a moment to pay our respects for the first announcement. Steep DLC, baby. There's DLC for Steep. Play Steep 2019 and forever. Steep Eternal. Steep. Steep Infinite. as Steep. Yeah. You called me Steep Finn once. I you? did. I did. Yeah. I'm amazed yeah. that you brought that up again. Yeah. You, you reacted so poorly to it the first time. You just I, brought, I did. It went like, Ugh! Yeah. You invoked yeah. it yourself this time. Yeah. I have no, I don't remember anything about the Steep DLC except that it exists. And I'm just happy that there's more DLC for that game. Not that I'm playing it still or continuing to play it, but that game rules. And uh, we you love play Steep, Steep here. Yeah. We love Steep. We love Steep here at Into the Aether Season 2. The quest continues. A steep journey ahead. You got DLC. You should get it if you want more Steep. Trials Rising S2. Season 2. It's Season 2 of Trials Rising. Trials, uh, the the like biking puzzle oh, yeah, kind of yeah. game, they kind of turned that into also like a games of service, like continuing to update uh, with Trials Rising, and Season 2 is happening. Again, it's just like a blind spot for me. 
this game. Uh, I played the first Trials, like, ever. Um, I played games like Trials on things like Newgrounds back in the day. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of weird to, like, see this become, like, a full-fledged thing. But, like, people love this game and, and are stoked about it. And the fact that they are rolling out a second season of Trials Rising... Um, I don't know anything about it. I have no context for it, but I am kind of stoked that there's like a whole gaming community that I don't know anything about that is like amped about this game yeah. continuing to get updated. For sure. Kind of like The Sims 4. It's like it, it occupies the same space for me. We're like, I know a lot of people really love The Sims 4 and are still playing it all the time. I'm not one of them, but like it's cool. Yeah, I totally agree. Ace Assassin's <laughs> Creed Odyssey Story Builder. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the one of the two of us that played and loved Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, mm-hmm. Even going so far as revisiting it and loving it even more. Now you can make your own stories in this game. That's amazing. It's fucking cool. It's available now. I haven't played it yet. Um, I'm going to put a pin in this one because I do want to try it mm. and then come back and talk about it. Okay. A pin. Pin yeah. for Story Builder. Yep. For Honor, Spectator Mode, and Updates. Do you remember For Honor? Do you remember that game? Uh, No. That was like the arena battle game where they were like, what if it was like an Overwatch or something, but it was set in like medieval times and you were a bunch of knights with different fighting styles. And it's like they're trying to make like a Rocket League Overwatch kind of thing, but like very gritty, hardcore mm. melee combat. It's a cool game to play. And, a, and it was past tense until now a really shitty game to watch on like twitch or something like they wanted it to be an esport but it looked really bad to watch and now Mm. it looks good because they made a new spectator mode um specifically for this that's cool Hell yeah. And they're also like adding some DLC where you get to play as, I think, um, I don't even remember, actually. I, I honestly don't remember. Um, it's, it, again, blind spot for me, but I'm excited to be able to watch For Honor because like that's a cool game to watch. Or, yeah, for or sure. it, should, it should have been and it wasn't, and I'm excited for it to be cool now. <laughs> it should have been and it wasn't, but I'm excited for it to be cool is like the subtext of this entire E3. <laughs> watch Dogs yeah. Legion. I'm actually excited to talk about this with you. Yes! I want to hear... I want to hear your. You know what? I'll go first because you've been doing a lot of talking. So okay, I'll sure. Yeah, please, please tell me what you are excited about with Watch Dogs. I'm so excited to hear this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just a brief overview for me. I I've never played a Watch Dogs game. I remember we talked about Watch Dogs one because that was when we were working for the website. Mm-hmm. And I covered that game. I, I wrote the review for that game. Not much has changed because you had covered it. You knew everything. And I was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, I never, I never heard about that. Is that Final Fantasy VII two? I don't know. <laughs> me no. No. Right. That was when you only had a 3DS, right? That was when I, I was fucking punk rock in 2014. I only had a 3DS. I skated everywhere. I didn't uh-huh. follow any rules, and I sold out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> season so, two, what sellouts? Season two, yes. Fucking corporate Steven over here. Watch Dogs one, from what I understand, was kind of like ton of hype, kind of disappointing. You have coined the the idea that like Ubisoft games, it's like they always get it right in the second game. Yeah. Assassin's Creed 2, Watch Dogs 2 apparently got it right. The Crew um, is another good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot. So Watch Dogs Legion is technically the third game. The trailer for this was really cool. I don't know if I'm definitely going to get the game, but it was such a good trailer. Like, I yeah. feel like I got, like, a cathartic story out of this trailer. So it begins. It's in London. It's very dystopian. This Jason Statham-esque guy is like, London used to be the greatest city in the world. Fucking hell is shit now, if you ask me. This place fucking sucks now. I hate it here. Fucking hell. All right. Who needs a beat up? Uh, and he throws he goes, his cigarette on the ground, which is great. Yeah. Classic move. Fuck. 
fucking cop's gonna kick their fucking ass which is rules so you're you learn that he's part of this like undercover resistance group that's fighting kind of a fascist authority uh it looks like and you are walking around the city it's very it's gameplay but it's also accomplishing what a cinematic trailer would do mm-hmm. where it's like very much establishing the tone and he's scanning people and he's seeing like what their capabilities are and you're like okay interesting yeah and then there's this he's guy like, he's like we're looking for someone who who can hack a drone like we need somebody who would be able to hack the drones that the police are operating right right he needs a drone expert so he he finds one but that guy is like being a little bit too resistant Resistant with the like fascist police yeah and he's gonna he's like oh fucking hell all drone experts gonna get himself nicked which i actually think is the exact dialogue yeah <laughs> i'm not exaggerating there so he puts on this like the purge-esque mask mm-hmm. and starts fighting the cops and dies then it reveals the big twist of the trailer where this permadeath because yeah. we were sensibly that that was probably the main character or at least it was playing on our expectations that, that yeah. was going to be when I saw I was like oh character. really like that's the that's the guy I have to be yeah. that guy the whole time right they did choose a very generic I mean like you know no shit absolutely on, on purpose them, they definitely like, chose absolutely on purpose that dude for a reason yeah fucking hell I'm dead now yeah so he's <laughs> He is gone, and then it's like, choose a different resistance member. Cut to this, like, lovely old British lady who is outside this organization, and mm-hmm. there's an AI that communicates with all the agents. So suddenly we're like, oh, okay, there's a pool of characters to choose from. Death is permanent. Okay, yep. really interesting. And suddenly now we're playing as, like, you know, again, playing off, I guess, unconscious bias and expectations of like who the main character would be we're playing as this old woman who is like walking around with the cane and she puts down like this spider robot to sneak into yeah this base to get the information she needs then we see her putting on the same the purge s mask and like kicking ass and it rules yeah and then she gets on the bus and is like you know but th- there's some really nice organic dialogue there where the ai is like that character just died he's like oh show some respect like, yeah i loved that yeah so that was really great. And then it cuts to the third operative, who's this like very tough woman who is infiltrating the base where the character that the first character was trying to recruit and she is fighting like human trafficking, like like really like dark underbelly of the criminal world. I think her thing was like that really... she used to be an MMA fighter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think I think there's actually some foreshadowing with her because he the first character scanned her and then like he was like, Well, we need a drone expert. We don't need someone to like you know, kick ass or whatever. Right. And then she ends up being the person who saves the drone expert. Then she gets on the bus and uh, it cuts to the third operative. She used to be, like you said, she used to be an MMA fighter and she saves the drone expert. And then it cuts to a scene with them in a bar and, and she's like, you know, you could join us. Like you can't do this alone. Like, and then he, he's resistant to, and she's like, like basically trying to drill the message of like, we can do this together. Yeah. And she hands him a chip and leaves. Uh, he asks before she leaves, he's like, hey, like, what happened to the guy who tried to help me? And she was like, he didn't make it. Kind of a, kind of a powerful scene, honestly. Yeah. And the drone expert chooses to put the chip in. And then suddenly the AI is like, welcome to the resistance. I forgot what they're called. I think, no, I like, think it's oh, literally, cool. I think he says welcome to the resistance in that case. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah. the like, society as a whole is called DeadSec, which was the society that Dead the sec. guy in the first game set up. Gotcha. So then he's like, well, where do I go? Like, I want to meet everyone. He's like, well, anyone can be in it. And then it kind of reveals both in like sort of the theme of the story, apparently, and also 
the mechanic of the game, like anyone in the world can be recruited yeah. as part of the resistance, which I think is a really, for such a game, for, for a game that seems to be so brutal and so dark, a very optimistic message yeah. <laughs> in a weird way. And I like that the power is like with anyone. It's kind of, it's in a weird way, it's a very different execution, but it's a similar, at least the way I interpreted it in the moment was a similar idea to like, Last Jedi or um, Spider Verse was like anyone can be the <laughs> yeah. hero, you know, like anyone can have the force, anyone can put on the mask. I, I think it's a very different theme here, so I don't like want to draw too many direct parallels to the way more optimistic Last Jedi and Spider Verse, yeah. but I think like that idea I find so refreshing especially in video games when we're so used to protagonists being certain kinds of people that I was really intrigued by that. And I think if they can pull that off, that's going to be a really cool game. I can see it going either way, like mechanically, but I love it thematically. So that's kind of where I'm at with yeah, Watch Dogs. Yeah, I share a lot of that same sentiment. I played uh, Watch Dogs 1, reviewed it, kind of had an interesting time with it, didn't like love it, love it, but like thought there was a lot of really interesting stuff going on mechanically and thematically that they were trying to explore and like didn't fully execute on. I got two for the Xbox One when I had an Xbox One and honestly really, really liked it, but kept bumping up against this problem that they had tonally where they were almost going a little bit like Saints Rowy with the comedy in it. And that juxtaposed mm-hmm. with the actual mechanics of like, I have to murder a fuck ton of people really yeah. threw me off. Like to, to use the, the like not very, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. It just, I, I just, that, that, that juxtaposition between those two was kind of problematic. And it was like, okay, you like almost have it. You almost have a really good watchdogs game here. I'm having a great time, but you haven't completely nailed it. And this game looks like a kind of perfect cohesion of those two. Where like you have the like darker, grittier, thematic trappings of the first game with the like a little bit more optimistic, hopeful tone of the second game, and then imbuing that with this like we all collectively can make change overarching theme is like exactly what this franchise needed. Um, and I think, and I think is yeah. like a couple things, both like what this franchise needed, but also like the kind of thing that I could see a lot of games taking inspiration from in the future. Like I could see a mm-hmm. lot of game developers playing this game in the future and being like, yes, this is a thing that I want to create and replicate in the future. Um, I, I think it's really cool. Watch Dogs is, is a franchise that I've kind of had my eye on for a long time and have been excited about, and I, I'm really stoked for another one, especially one that looks like it's pulling yeah. this off. Yeah, I I'm I will definitely check this game out. Uh, I'll, I'll wait and see, you know, how it plays out, but I'm very intrigued. And honestly, like, <laughs> the trailer is, like, a kind of a concise enough narrative that I just liked the trailer, like, as yeah, a totally. little story, yeah. you know? It's, enough, it's another problem where, like, I'm going to get that game and it's going to require 50 to 60 hours of my time. And like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all of that, but I will have a great time with however long I play, you know? Yeah, I think so. This Actually, someone in our Discord brought this up where they were like that they felt bad. I'm sorry, I forgot who said this, but they said that they felt bad that they aren't able to finish games as much. And I honestly really think that there's nothing wrong with checking out a lot of games for as long as you can give them i think there are only there are really only a handful of games that i've either loved enough to finish that i felt actually required me finishing them to say that i played this like it's it's pretty rare that that's the case the last game i felt that way with was near automata like that's a Mm -hmm. game that like and even that isn't a super long game thankfully 
you know, I, I do want to beat Breath of the Wild, but that's also a game that like is more about living in the world than about like a comp. If anything, that's like the one drawback everyone has of that game is that like when you fight Ganon, it's kind of anticlimactic, uh, which I've often kind of pointed to. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think there's nothing wrong with like prioritizing what you can give a game and not feeling like you didn't give it enough time because like that you still experienced it. And right. yeah, it's it's a lot to finish something. Uh, especially if you know you're working or going to school or whatever yeah i think that's a thing that that's a topic that you and i could touch back on at some point but i think it is worth shouting out like hey our discord's really cool and like the fact that those kinds of conversations are happening in there is really awesome and uh, oh yeah you should join our discord bit.ly slash twg discord and the links in the show notes yeah it's a very friendly group i I love it there um i'm not in it too much but i always check it every now and then and i always am glad i did yeah Speaking of that, Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet TV show. <laughs> yeah. Rob McElhenney, uh, co-creator of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, making a TV show with Ubisoft for Apple TV, and it's called Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet about a bunch of game developers, and that's it. Yeah, what'd you think? I, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah, I mean, fine. Yeah. I Look, Apple TV Plus is like a thing that I... I really need them to prove that that's a thing that I should care about uh, and pay extra money for on top of all the other subscription services that I'm paying for. And like Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet is not the thing that's going to get me to do it. I get it's exciting for Ubisoft to get into TV development. um, Sure. And I I get that it's exciting for Rob McElhenney to be working on a new show post Always Sunny. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. If it comes out and it's great, then I'll watch it. That's pretty much it. That's like as much as I think about it. Speaking of TV and video games, Adventure Time and Brawlhalla. Yeah, they're adding a bunch of Adventure Time characters to Brawlhalla. Uh, It's a Super Smash Brothers alike game that Ubisoft uh, published and is apparently very fun. They added uh, Finn and Jake and I think Princess Bubblegum. Yes. In there. Cool. My what's your my experience of Adventure Time is only seeing the like really old trailer before it got picked up. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. I've heard Uh, good things though. It's, it's up my alley. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, yeah. I highly recommend it. I think it's all on Hulu. So there's a lot of adventure time, like stuff on the walls at my workplace. Mm. Um, so yeah. it's like in my mind, but I've never watched it really. Great show. Great ending to the whole oh, show. Cool. It's, oh, it's, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Um, and the ending was awesome. Anyway. Cool. Adventure time and Brawlhalla. Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I can't imagine we either have takes on this. <sighs> I'll say I'll say a couple things about it very quickly, <laughs> okay, just sure. like real real surface level. John Barenthal is in this game. He played the Punisher in uh, the Netflix Marvel's Punisher. He brought his dog out on stage. His dog stole the show. His dog's really cool. Apparently, yeah. John Barenthal just brings his dogs everywhere because he really wants to like normalize pit bulls and prove that like pit bulls aren't violent or terrible animals. So he just brings them everywhere. And pit bulls his rule. dog being I have on a stage. Bull. Yeah, you do, and it's like the best. Um, yeah. They're lovely dogs. Uh, so anyway, that was really cool. So that's that's all the outside of the game stuff. And in the game, I mean, it's it's pretty much Mission Impossible uh, Ghost Protocol. It is that movie turned into a video game. It's it's a bunch of people who used to be ghosts in the Ghost Recon Force who are now evil, uh, and they've like infiltrated the ghosts system, and like they're using all of your tactics against you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's it's fine. Tom Clancy Elite Squad. It's it's good that you bring up Tom Clancy Elite Squad next, because like the fact like all of these Tom Clancy games just feel the same to me. They all yeah. just feel that like yeah. 
Ghost Recon, uh, Division. Shit, there's more. I don't even know what they are. There's there's more. There's other ones. They all just kind of feel the same to me, and I can't really get too excited about any of them anymore, it seems. Yeah. And Tom Clancy Elite Squad is literally a mobile game where they just take all of the Tom Clancy protagonists and put them all together in a, in a mobile game, and they look like cartoons, and they shoot each other. And like, okay. Just Dance. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's new Just Dance. It's coming out for the Wii, like the original what? Wii. Which is great. Uh, so I learned, so there was like a big like, holy shit, they're releasing a Wii game in 2019. And then there was a really great thread on Twitter. I don't remember who tweeted it again. Sorry for that. But uh, there was a really cool thread on Twitter that was talking about how um, a lot of like rehabilitation centers use the Wii as like a really cheap way of like getting um, kids in like physical rehabilitation centers to like get more active and stuff. Oh, that's great. And, and Just Dance is like a really great game for that. So yeah. they continue to support the Wii with new versions of Just Dance, uh, which is awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, unrelated, but I remember the PS the PS2, like it took a long time for them to stop making PS2 games. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I think it was like 2008 was like the last time they start, stopped producing PS2 games. Yeah. Which is kind of wild. It might have even been out. later than that. Yeah, cause yeah. It came out in 1999. Although when it came out, the only games were like Tekken Tag Tournament and WWE Just Bring It. Right, yeah. Because I know, because I had it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's cool to hear. Um, and Just Dance is great. It's yeah, great, it is it's, good. It's good. I mean, every every time I've played Just Dance ever, it's been a really fun time. And like yeah. ev- everyone just really kind of like fully leans into it being like goofy. And uh, yeah. that, that always makes it fun. The it's title a cool, it's a cool is... Series. It's another like Minecrafty thing where like they announced Just Dance and everybody's like, ugh, I don't care yeah. about this. But like, it's it's cool. It's cool. I can't wait for thing. Just Dance Dungeons. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just Dance Story Mode. Division two updates. Yeah, kind of the same thing as Ghost Recon. Like Division, uh, I mean, we talked about the Division two a little bit when I played the beta of it. Um, yeah, I played a lot of the Division one, wanting it to be a kind of like Destiny replacement for me when Destiny was kind of in in the tank, but uh, didn't really click for me. Division two seems like it's following that that Ubisoft formula of the second one always being like the fully realized good version of what the first one should have been. But I just could not get behind the like setting or sure, I guess grandstanding and then also not taking a political stand simultaneously is like fucking wild to me yeah so you play a subscription yeah every company wants a subscription service and and ubisoft is making their own now and you can play all the ubisoft games for i don't even remember how much but it's too much is the answer to that question uh bummer yeah um, roller champions what do you think of this roller champions yeah uh AJ, let me refresh my memory it's the it's the like it's like roller derby rocket league kind of oh thing. yeah this is interesting um, this art style was very like Dauntless Fortnite esque, mm-hmm. which kind of made me raise an eyebrow. But now that now that I don't like that art style, but I'm like, okay, this seems like there's definitely a trend here. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it could be fun. Yeah. I like th- I like that it's it's like roller derby. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where it ends. I don't know. I don't know what to think. But it was yeah. a fun trailer. I kind of hope that this has like a free weekend or something. Because yeah, I just remember yeah. when Rocket League came out and it was like, oh my God, you're a car with rockets on it and you're playing soccer. Like that sounds really fun. And then they announced that it was going to be free for a week. And like that game took off during that free week. And then they announced there's going to be free with PlayStation Plus. And like that community is huge because of that. And a lot of people yeah. bought that game because of how big that community was and how much uh, airtime it had. I'm kind of hoping that Roller Champions kind of goes in a similar space. I think that they might try and bundle that with Uplay, like the Uplay subscription service, which nobody will have and will not produce (laughs) the same results. 
Yeah, that's a bummer. But I just I, hope I, that I hope this game doesn't get lost in the shuffle. I hope I hope it lives up to what the agreed. vibe of the trailer had, and I hope that it doesn't get lost. The vibe of the trailer is great. I really liked the trailer. Yeah. Last but not least, Gods and Monsters. This was especially Dauntless-esque art style, I remember. If do, you, serves. do you know the deal with this game? I don't. Refresh. Uh, tell me. Okay, cool. So this is by the developers of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, right. who were making that game and wanted to include more fantastical mythological elements, because like, the game is set in ancient Greece, and they wanted to like kind of really go into the mythological element of that, but felt kind of beholden to not do that. Which is weird, because like they definitely did just release an Atlantis expansion, where like yeah. you go to fucking Atlantis. <laughs> but whatever. Right. Anyway, they were like, we wanted a game where you would just do that. Like that was it. It was like we are fully exploring the like mythological element of of these ancient civilizations and like putting you in the shoes of like a kind of Link esque hero uh, going around and fighting like Medusa and things like that. And uh, apparently, the actual gameplay itself is very akin to Assassin's Creed, with a heavy influence art style wise from Breath of the Wild. Um, so mm. it is like open world going around fighting mythological creatures game and uh, oh yeah it sounds really cool yeah it looks it looks neat i mean definitely i see breath of the wild now that i'm looking at more clips of it the character models looked kind of dauntlessy yeah that could be fun i'm into yeah. that i just think this game showed very well like it looked really great yeah yeah it was also kind of a cool note it was a it was a brave note to end on something new because usually yeah. the like last thing is like we're bringing back steep or not steep but <laughs> yeah. like you know yeah, what yeah. i mean we're bringing back something um that's ubisoft yeah uh do you want to take a break and then do square yes okay let's do it let's do it brendan we're back and this time we're talking about square enix this time steven's driving this time give me the keys baby this is my trip to the grand canyon yeah we're we're fully in your territory now huh this is my realm yeah. You can you can only leave when I say you can, Brendan. Yeah, I'm the Daedric Prince of fucking Microsoft and Ubisoft <laughs> and you get Square Enix and Nintendo. No, 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 no. We share everything. I'm just less powerful <laughs> in those realms. <laughs> Uh-huh. I also don't want to make it sound like I've I, I've been having a blast this whole time, but I can finally flaunt it, you know? Like, <laughs> this is the shit. This is my shit. Yeah, totally. This. Nintendo, I think it will be a nice end note because like we've been in your realm for, for the last couple. Mm-hmm. It's not your realm, but you just have shit to say. I don't. <laughs> Square, totally my wheelhouse. And Nintendo is our realm. Yeah, absolutely. That's us together. Yeah, so. yeah. Kicking things off with the Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> I want to say this too. Yeah. About E3. Oh, sure. The fashion is sometimes whack and the venue is sometimes kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You're sometimes in a Mountain Dew hell and the fashion is like the equivalent of spraying Axe deodorant over your body without taking a shower. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there's some, this year was much better. Last year's fashion, not that I'm like a fashion connoisseur, but like I can notice it if it's really good or really bad. Oh, yeah. There were some outfits last year where I was like, this is abysmal. Oh, yeah. But I say all that because Square is in a really cool location. I don't know where they were, but it's a really neat venue yeah. Yeah, yeah. into it. Especially compared to last year where it was literally just a Nintendo Direct. They didn't even have an actual physical yeah. location with a presentation. The fact that they just like completely went from zero to 60 this year was rad. I loved it. I loved that. Because they had shit to show off this year. 
They did. They did, pal. The they brought it. I, I tweet this every year. I, we mentioned this before we started recording the episode, but uh, every year I tweet some variation of the same tweet, which is you don't realize you're watching a boring E3 until the good press conference happens. And right. this year it was Square Enix. Yeah. So so some I don't know who's listening to this episode hour three in who hasn't listened before, but yeah. I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. I uh, kind of fell off after 12, but like I love... Final Fantasy as a series, I love RPGs, I love story-centric games. Not that you don't, but that's just sort of like what I kind of gravitate towards usually. Right, yeah. Square has kind of been, they're like, Bethesda is to open world RPGs, but Square is to like the kind of epic story RPG, I feel like. Yeah. At least at their at their roots. But you all, you know all that. <laughs> okay, the current opens on this cool venue, and it is the FF7 menu screen. Uh, which is the Buster Sword, Cloud Strife Sword, in a spotlight, literally. Yeah. And it says, new game, continue. And then a third option <laughs> pops up, and it, and it says, remake. And I love I love the crowd at the screen expectation, because they are fucking ready to party. Yeah. They are rowdy, and like they're not even applauding. They're like, ah! <laughs> they're just screaming. <laughs> yeah. It is so infectious. It is it exactly. We didn't talk about it at all, but like the big thing that everybody talked about with the Bethesda conference was like the one guy who would not stop screaming at the top of his lungs at literally every single thing that they announced during the Bethesda thing. This was like the exact antithesis of that. This was like this is how to be a hype crowd. Yeah, in a really yeah, people, positive, great way. It was a really positive hype. It wasn't like it wasn't like obnoxious or like weird. It was yeah. really just like like visceral in a in a positive way. Yeah. What is the positive shade of visceral? Uh, I title this episode, um, <laughs> and and also so so just a quick backstroke. Like I, Final Fantasy VII was the game that that I played at a very young age that got me into video games in a way I didn't expect. Because before that, I played like Mario. I played all that stuff, you know, yeah. as, as a child, as a baby. As a then I played FF Seven. I was yeah. like, I was like, this is. A whole new world. I didn't know this could exist in this format. Right. And like it was a very it was a very formative experience for me. And I think that's I'm not alone in that. A lot of people had that. This is the game that made JRPGs popular in the West. This is the game that made RPGs popular. Yeah. This is the game like it it, it was such a huge gateway for so many different things. Yeah. And it really is such a unique vibe. Like there is not a JRPG or Western RPG that really captures what FF7 does. And not to put it on this giant pedestal because like it hasn't aged well and there's some things that like aren't great about it, but like the setting and the characters and the story, like all that stuff really does like n- deserve its place in in sort of the lexicon of of media. Yeah. Um so that's why I think people have been so hungry for a remake because it's like we like it's hard for someone like you to pick up FF7 and be like get the same thing that I did in 1997. Right. Because um, I've played a lot of games that have pulled facets of Final Fantasy 7 out and said let's expand on this. Like I yeah. I have played all the things that have been influenced by that game. So going back and playing the original, the thing that like that that spun off into all, a bunch of things that I love. Um, I I don't think would give me that same that same feeling. Right, and and for me, like with the remake, I'm like, if it happens, it happens. I'll check it out. Like I'm not really, I don't need it because I still love the original. And like whenever yeah. I want to replay it, I still have like all that nostalgia for it. So it really does like still have that for yeah. me. I sell that because 
they cut to the footage of the remake and like i am just so into what this is like i am so excited for this game and we talk a lot about games we love and games we're excited for but like nothing compares to how excited i am to play this remake yeah there are as a fan of this game there are so many scenes they showed that like are just burned into my subconscious (laughs) like the scene where barrett is talking with biggs and wedge and jesse and cloud like jumps into the train it's like sorry i'm late like i dream of that sometimes just because i've seen it so many times you know uh uh (laughs) the and and what's cool is like what i was worried about with the remake is i was worried that the combat was going to be like i was totally on board with with real-time action combat i was into that that's the way to do it but i was worried it was going to be too floaty and too manic like kingdom hearts 3 where it's like a million things happening at once i don't even feel like i'm controlling anybody yeah but it's very much more in lieu with near automata almost even more grounded than that game yeah in the sense of like you know if you and your play is all of them i, I can't even contain my thoughts brennan because i'm so excited you yeah. you hack and slash the cloud you're shooting your gun arm with barrett you just punch robots in the face of tifa like i love it yeah. also, love i'll it. say this much before you get any further because you haven't played it it looks like it plays a lot like Final Fantasy 15. Like it, it looks a lot like that combat put in Final Fantasy 7, which is rad. That yeah, I hear it's great. Great. And what I love too is like all the characters look awesome. Like I really like how Cloud looks. I like how Barrett looks. Yeah. Tifa and Eris both look great. Aerith. Tifa's character model is so fucking cool. Tifa rules. It I is love so Tifa. cool. And I was I think I told this to you, but I'm like, I, I have nothing but respect for any character in Final Fantasy that punch that punches enemies. Because you fight yeah. gods and shit. But like now that it's like we're like doing it in real time, like just seeing Tifa just punch like a tank a is mech? so yeah. fucking bad. <laughs> I love it. It's so rad. I yeah. love it so much. And like the the fact that they showed the full first boss fight, because I know that boss. Yeah. They could have easily just done what that boss does, but like it's climbing on the wall of the Mako reactor. And like, dude, they captured like the vibe of the setting so well. Yeah. I can't stress it enough. Like it really does feel like a, a fully realized version of what the original game was trying. Yeah. And that's Every, everything. I, I feel like that game came out at a time when like graphics were okay like obviously they look terrible now but like I've, I've heard this before elsewhere and and i th- i think it applies here but like your brain was filling in the blanks of mm-hmm. what was happening there right like the graphics weren't great they were good for the time but like your brain had to do a lot of work to like kind of fill in the the feeling that you're supposed to get out of those places and out of those faces and out of like all of the things that were happening there. And this game somehow, having not played Final Fantasy VII, but having seen a lot of it, because I knew a lot of people who really loved it when it came out, this game looks like what my brain thought Final Fantasy VII yeah, looked like. It, that's such a good way of putting it. And like the, the enemy models, like all the weird, like, like, <laughs> some of the enemies in, in the Maker Reactor are just like cars with legs. Yeah. And like somehow they made that cool and like good. And I am just so excited to see moments I love in that game played out with that level of presentation. And like, yeah. it just looks so fun. And I am just like, I teared up. I did not expect to do that, Brendan. Yeah. I don't I don't get emotional at these things. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very easy to make cry, to be honest. But I like, I went from zero to 60 because I was like... It, I'm happy it's coming out, but like whatever. And now I'm like, I cannot wait to play this. Yeah. It is exactly how they should be doing it. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll see how we haven't actually played it, so we'll see how that goes. But I love the idea of you building up a meter and then it becoming turn based of you choosing certain mm-hmm. things. And like they knew how to play the fucking crowd with like showing us all the <laughs> limit breaks, like fuck off, but you know what we want. Yeah. Uh it 
it looks so good. And I love that uh, I, I, I kind of like the episodic nature of it because like, while yes, we can now put an entire game on one disc rather than three, having it split up in, in episodes is kind of nice because it's like a more palatable experience. Like you're not going to, ha- you may be daunted by like a X hour RPG having like, okay, I'm going to play the first act now. And then when the next one comes out, I want to do that. Like yeah. that's kind of a cool way to do it. I think as long as it all comes out, like I hope, I hope we don't get like episode one on PS4 and the rest are on PS5. Like that would be kind of shitty. I think that's what's going to happen. Well, I think it's all going to come out for PS5, first of all. Okay. Um, oh wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, this is coming out March, right? This is March. Yeah, it's of, in of March. Next year. Okay, yeah. So th- I, that'll come out on PS4. I imagine it'll also get re-released on PS5. I also yeah. think PS5 is backwards compatible. So yeah, so I think it'll be on both. I think it'll yeah. be like a Last of Us kind of thing. I think um, it's gonna take a very honestly. I think it's gonna take a very long time for us to see part two of this. Oh yeah. They they said that that this game is gonna be just the Midgar stuff, which like cool. I I don't know anything about the story, but like I I know enough to know that like that's a that's like about a third of the game so like i imagine we'll probably get three games out of this it's it's not a third of the game but it's it's a significant part of it i mean it's like i would say it's a fourth of the game like you spend enough time in midgar that you are at one point you're like oh the whole game must be here and then it suddenly isn't and that's like wild but it like Midgar is like the first act of the story, like for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot after that. The first disc ends at a very big moment that many people probably know that I won't spoil, but it is yeah. from 1997. What's weird? Uh, okay, wait. This is a, this is a thing that I want to talk about. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I I don't know what that moment is. I don't know. I I what? Oh my god. I haven't had it spoiled for me. So here's the I'm thing. I'm so glad I didn't spoil it for you. Is that is that this? We have gone so far out from the release of this game where, like, it was like, don't spoil it for people. And then, like, dude, it's been 15 years. Of course you can spoil it. If you haven't played the game by now, of course, like, you are not beholden to a spoiler at this point. Like, of course you can spoil it. To now, like, on the horizon is a remake of this game where a whole bunch of people are going to get reintroduced to it or introduced to it for the first time. Like, you can't spoil that moment for people that haven't seen it, which is great. I love that. I love that we're so far out from the release of the thing that's being remade, and now that spoiler has to be played close to the Brendan, desk again. Avoid all FF7 commentary because I do not like. I think that, I think that moment was spoiled for me as a seven-year-old. Really? <laughs> like, I think. I think <laughs> like because you know shitty kids are like, hey, do you know what happens? Like, oh fuck off. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. To experience that moment like for the first time, I cannot wait to hear your reaction. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it. Um. Um. Yeah. I, okay. Wait. Just to just to get my oh shit just to get my thoughts together on this i just threw a pen on the ground aj Dude, don't cut this out this is, this is live it. to tape this is good good audio um just to get my thoughts out on this um i did not care at all really i don't i don't have the nostalgia value for final fantasy 7 we've talked about this in the past where like i will never you said it hurt your heart when i said this but i'll say it again i i am never going to play the original final fantasy 7 like i just don't think i could go back and have that experience and feel the same way that everybody felt when they played it for the first time i did not have a ps1 that was never going to happen for me the idea of final fantasy 7 takes that game takes takes the thing that everybody loved and then brings it into a, a modern fully realized version of itself that that i I could get on board with, but I still was like trepidatious about fully leaning into it. I didn't know if it was going to be for me or if I was going to care. This is 100% the game that I care most about from E3. It looked so good that all I want to do is play this game right now. The fact that I have to wait until March fucks me up. 
I'm so happy to hear this. It looks incredible, Steven. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It is like, look, I played Final Fantasy 15. Not a lot of it, but like I played enough of it to like get the vibe of that game and like know what it was and have a good time. Again, like as we talked about with, with Fallout 76, I found the fun in Final Fantasy 15 um, in a way that I haven't in other Final Fantasy games. Final Fantasy 7 looks like everything I liked about Final Fantasy 15 appended onto a really great story with characters I care a lot about or will care a lot about. I am so amped on this game that like... I don't even know what to do with myself. Like, yeah. I, I need it now. The scene with fucking Cloud and Tifa Seventh Heaven, where they're both sitting a seat apart with the flickering sign that says eggs and chips. Like, fuck off. I love this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God, dude. It is. That's a, the, You said it so well before, like f- your mind filling in the blanks. It's like, it basically is like a film adaptation of a book at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, absolutely. it's, it, oh man. Dude, that's in March, right? March of next year yeah. comes out. I cannot wait. I am so excited. I'm like tearing up. This <laughs> is so weird. Like I feel pathetic, but it's like it's gonna rule. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. I'm excited about yeah. it. I'm also like if like as I was watching the trailer, I'm like I'm almost glad it took them this long to do because like this feels like the way to do it. Like if they remade it on the PS3 or the PS2, like yeah, whatever. This feels like it's gonna really. Like be an immortalized thing. Yeah. I um, am really excited about it. I am worried about how long the other chapters will take. But again... Do, do we know how many chapters there are going to be? They haven't said anything. They said we just started working on the second one. I would. I wonder if they might condense some things. Because like... So in, in the original FF7, after Midgar, the world map opens up. And right. like that stuff is like fairly extraneous. Like you get more into Cloud's backstory and, you know, you go to certain towns. Like it's all really, I could see them condensing that a little bit. Um, But like, like Midgar is like the major story beat. And then the rest of disc one is like kind of giving the rest of the cast their moment in the spotlight, which I love. Yeah. And then it ends on a very heavy note. And then disc two is, (laughs) disc two starts with Cloud snowboarding, which I think you'll like because you look steep. Oh my God. That's the other thing. So (laughs) FM7, is full of like weird mini games like when you first okay. there's a moment where you leave Shinra HQ and you're on a motorcycle and it's like suddenly you're like it gives you uh it gives you controls of of how to strike enemies. I sound like I'm seven again, to like talking to my dad about this game. Um, <laughs> it gives you controls on like how to strike enemies with your sword, as like you are on a motorcycle mm-hmm. and all your friends are on this car escaping Shinra. Cool. And they had that moment in the trailer where like Cloud is on a fucking motorcycle. I'm like they're they're doing that again, but it's not shitty this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they don't have Cloud snowboarding. I will. Write a very strongly worded letter. Yeah. No, I won't. I'll be happy with whatever we get. Because, dude, if you can't tell, I'm very excited. And I, it's weird because, like, you and I were both kind of apathetic. And we were both on opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of loving the original game. Yeah. I'm so glad we're now on the same page. This is the great unifier, Steven. Yeah, dude. The walls came down. March 2020, FF7 Remake, and another game that means a lot to us. It's going to be a good spring next year. March of next year is going to be a problem. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> well, thankfully, I, I'm almost grateful that we have time. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, let's move on because there yeah, are we have to things. move on. We can't talk about Final Fantasy VII the whole time. Although I would love to because I have way. More I could. To... I could do yeah. a whole other show about FF7. Like, just fucking try me. Yeah. I keep cursing. This is a blue episode. I'm sorry. Next okay. game on the list: Life is Strange 2. Life is Strange 2. Here's a weird thing about it: is that it came out and it's done already. It's already been out for a long time. This was literally just a trailer showing off, like, hey, this game is good and it's out and you can play the whole thing already. I think because maybe it didn't sell very well is is kind of my take on it. But everybody who played it really, really liked it. Um, same with the first yeah. game. Um, yeah, so I've, heard, I've heard good things. I kind of liked the idea of Square Enix saying in their press conference, like, hey, we released this thing and it's really great and we just like want to put it under the spotlight one more time just to remind you, like, this is a cool thing that you can go play right now. I just like, yeah. I, I kind of wish in retrospect they were like, okay, now that you've seen all the FF7 remake, let's give everyone a 15 minute break and then we'll show the rest of the, <laughs> of the thing. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I, it was like the, the left turn to go to Life is Strange after all that. I was like, I sorry, I wasn't ready. I just saw Tifa punch a robot in the face. Like, I need I need to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just saw Barrett, like, with amazing sunglasses fight a giant scorpion with, like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need a break. Yeah. I cool. Did you play Life is Strange 1? I haven't. I've heard good things, though. I mean, that seems up my alley. Like, it seems yeah. like you did tell me there's a line in it of go fuck your selfie. Go fuck your selfie. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it when we talked about Night in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think like I use a... Life is Strange as an example of how teens don't talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I hear it is a good like coming of age story. Yeah, I know a lot of people who played it and really, really liked it. I tried it out and did not get super into it, not because I didn't like the story, but because uh, the game mechanically, like I had some issues with. Mm-hmm. This seems to be a trend with me, I guess, is like I'm I kind of zero in on mechanics I don't like. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. Life is Strange 2. If you like the first one, you'll probably like the second one a whole bunch. Everybody says it's great. We should keep moving on, though. FF Crystal Chronicles Remastered. I never played these games. I think they're like they're like local co-op, aren't they? Yeah, weren't they? Wasn't it Game Boy Advance? Wasn't that that? Yeah, I think these came out for like GameCube and Game Boy Advance. I never got into them, but it's curious. I mean, like I, my roommates are always looking for a game like this because my one roommate is a, also equally big Square fan, and like it'd be fun to play this kind of game together. So maybe. I'm yeah. not sure. I haven't played them, but we'll keep moving. Yeah, it's coming um, out on uh, Switch, PS4, iOS, and Android. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll pick it up for Switch, but we'll yeah. see. It's cool. I don't know when, but uh, it's happening. Yeah. Octopath for PC. If you liked our very first episode about Octopath Traveler, you want to check it out. Yeah. If you liked, yeah, it's just a, make it about us, right? Um, <laughs> that's cool. It's cool that it's on PC because it was a Switch exclusive. Yeah. So I didn't I realize rec- how much I care about Octopath Traveler until the music started playing, and I went, "Oh my god!" Out loud. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. The the if nothing else, the soundtrack for that game is unreal. Like, yeah. And now that uh, I guess oh, that's another thing we'll get to later. Yeah, I didn't I didn't write it in the notes, but we should just mention it now. All Square Enix music is now on Spotify. Yeah. Which is Rad. amazing yeah it's it's unreal i've been listening uh, to the final fantasy 8 stuff sorry nine yeah i nine. Oh, nine. yeah nobi umatsu considers that his best score really actually yeah it's a really good one i mean all his shit is rad yeah nine is is a good one i mean eight has great tunes too seven is probably the most varied soundtrack you get like you're shaking your head no <laughs> no sorry it's just we, we can't <laughs> we, we gotta keep going we have the okay. rest of this and then also nintendo that's true you're oh we have the copy of nintendo too all right yeah uh last remnant remastered i got nothing yeah, I also uh, have nothing. Apparently, it's okay. a game that everybody really liked, but kind of flew under the radar. Now it's out Dragon, on Switch. Day and date. Dragon, Dragon Quest Builders 2. You are the chosen hero who can build 
moved. Like, this this trailer was so enthusiastic. It was it, fucking like, great. Yeah, they were. Like, this is like the most excitement in all of E3 was for Dragon Quest Builders Two. It's like Minecraft Dragon Quest. I'm sure there's a huge audience for this. This game apparently is awesome. Yeah, I hear great things about it. Yeah, I again, this is another situation where it's like I it's in a blind spot for me because I don't play the Dragon Quest games, but I know some people who also don't play Dragon Quest games but play Builders and love it. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see when two comes out if it's like a huge deal. I could see yeah. it seems like people liked the first one so much that I could see more people paying attention to two and that being mm-hmm. like a huge game when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, but the it, really funny trailer, very enthusiastic. I loved it. And Dragon Quest 11, uh the definitive mode, the definitive version on Switch and what that means it comes with all I don't know if there's any DLC, but it comes with the ability to play it either in full 3D or in like a 16-bit sprite mode, which is awesome. It's ridiculous that that exists. It's so cool because that was kind of, originally it was on the 3DS and the PS4, and the 3DS version was sprites and PS4 was full 3D. I have it on the PS4. I almost regret having it on the PS4 because the Switch version also has a full orchestral soundtrack. Yeah. And like that's the thing that's really missing from the PS4 version for me. Yeah. Um, I probably won't get this because I just see unless it goes on sale or something. But I'm excited for you to get it because you seem really excited about it. I'm. I don't know what it is about this game that I am so (laughs) excited to start playing. It's so hilarious too because I could just go buy it on PS4 and play it now, but I really want it on the Switch. Well, you said you knew like in Japan apparently the way to play Dragon Quest is like when the new one comes out, people play an hour before they go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Is that what you said? Once you told me that, it made so much more sense to me. Because yeah. I'm like, this is like a very chill RPG. It's like, not really... It's, it's very difficult. I, I'm at a point where I'm like, this. I don't even know what to do. Mm. But it's, it's a fun time. I got to a point where I had the full party now and it's taking off a little bit. Yeah. But I'm excited for you to play it. We'll talk about it again once you get it because I want to hear your take on it. Yeah. I um I there's a rumor that keeps going around and I don't know if it's true or not and I haven't like verified it or whatever, but I, I've heard that in Japan they're not allowed to release Dragon Quest games on weekdays. They have to release it on Saturdays specifically. Yeah. Because if they release a Dragon Quest game in the middle of the week, too many people will take off work or like <laughs> skip school. That's awesome. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. never played a Dragon Quest game other than dragon quest monsters which is like a pokemon-esque game for the game boy like wow i also played that yeah dude that fucking rule i had a weird tree i forgot about that game wow oh my god yeah but uh i got dragon quest 11 a while ago and we talked about it it's fun uh it's not my favorite but it's fun and i definitely am happy i've experienced the series that is so widely beloved moving on circuit superstars circuit superstars the game about cars that's it battalion 1944 i literally have absolutely nothing to say about (laughs) and want to move on immediately (laughs) can i wait i do have something to say about this i know we i know we dunked all over uh battlefield 5 earlier in the world war ii thing yeah the thing about battalion 1944 that really appealed to me um as somebody who used to play the first call of duty competitively like a huge nerd like the first ever one like on pc this game just looked exactly like call of duty one and i was into that that's it that's all i have to say yeah it definitely has that graphical style uh, <laughs> in that it's a what, 2005 fps for pc it evokes early for my 2000s. gateway computer from my gateway yeah i can hear the microsoft xp sound starting up uh-huh Final Fantasy 14 updates. These actually looked kind of rad. Like, I don't play Final Fantasy 14. Oh, you know what? We should play Final Fantasy 14. Because yeah. I... Well, okay. I don't know. But <laughs> there's a way... I have a free trial that just lets me make a bunch of characters. Okay. And I have made a lot of strange mages. One is like a very small boy who sounds like a very fully grown man. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and it just yeah. seems like i don't know if i will like the game because i'm not like a big mmo guy and i already found like the once i made a character and i got into it the like the menus and all that i found kind of overwhelming and and the actual game didn't seem too appealing to me yeah but the update like it definitely has a following and the updates seems kind of fun uh, they're very melodramatic, very over the top. I was kind of into it. Yeah. And it seemed like it was cool. It was neat to just see, like, like you could tell there was a big part of the audience that was, like, into Final Fantasy XIV. And, and it's the same kind of thing we've been saying all the time. It's like, I know I'm not part of the audience. Yeah. But I love that there's, like, a very active audience for that. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if maybe I am part of that. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm down to try everything. I'm not against checking out. Final Fantasy 14, especially knowing the wild development cycle of that game and, and yeah. where it started and where it is now. So like I'm extremely into it. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see on that. But I uh I just I have a free trial. I don't want to pay for it. Like I don't want to pay like is there a monthly thing? I literally have no idea. Yeah. We'll um, we'll look into it, but yeah. I just uh <laughs> the character creation is very wild and great. Yeah. I'm into it. Outriders. Do you remember I this? Not, no, I don't. It Let looks me incredible oh really yeah oh, it, a, another situation where it's just a cinematic trailer that for some reason is like so well art directed and so gorgeous oh and yeah so yeah yeah, and yeah. That, like, I do. all i want is to learn more about it um I do that's why the people this. made bullet storm which is kind of like outriders a name that is so immediately forgettable that i have no idea what that game is i don't remember it all um i think outriders kind of suffers from a similar situation where it's like i don't that that word enters and leaves my brain simultaneously you know but the trailer looks really cool uh uh, I really liked the vibe of what they're going for. Um, just looks like a strange kind of like dark fantasy with like modern fucking warfare shit going on. Uh, yeah. Like sci-fi meets fantasy. Cool. Into it. Give me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, let's get to the next Final, thing. It's the only Final thing Fantasy Eight Remastered. Yeah. Oh, man. I love this. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded fake, but I know you're serious. No, it was real. It it did sound like, oh yeah, big deal. No, oh, Cause, outriders. Because last <laughs> last year, basically last year, there was a Nintendo Direct where they announced that like every Final Fantasy except eight was coming to the Switch, and like yep. everyone was like, what the fuck? Why not eight? Because eight, like eight, is kind of like simultaneously the dark horse of the series, but also is like widely beloved because of that. Yeah. It is the most unique vibe. It, it really, and, and honestly, in retrospect, I have, I love eight and I have nothing but respect for the idea that like after seven becoming this global hit, they tried something extremely different, even from seven, you know, yeah. like, uh, cause seven was like a wild departure from the first six final fantasies. And then eight was kind of a wild departure, even from seven. You had this like very angsty academy setting mm -hmm. that could fly. The main character like actually behaved like he was seventeen and not twenty five. Yeah, and like he's <laughs> just a shitty whiny kid, but like that's great. Uh huh. I, I don't know. I think you're gonna really like eight. I said this to you off the show, but I feel like eight might be your Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this. Uh, what game were we playing? Oh, we were we were in a PS4 party, but playing Slay the Spire, which is hilarious. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, you were you were saying I think this is gonna be the one that you'll like. So I I'm excited to try it out whenever it comes out. I don't remember what that date was or if there even was one. But uh, what what has come out since they've announced this is that the reason why or like one of potentially the rumored reason why this game never got remastered never got released and all these remakes and ports and stuff is that they literally lost the source code for it and they couldn't yeah find it, i've heard that which yeah is wild um 
but it looks really cool they've really like cleaned up a lot of the character models like all the characters look awesome yeah it was funny i I was watching the trailer for it and i was like how is in what way is this remastered and then you look at it next to uh again shout out to our discord they found a bunch of screenshots from the trailer and from the original game uh and put them side by side and like it's night and day yeah Uh, cool like it still it still looks like the graphical style of the game but like everything is really cleaned up and like yeah. the characters look awesome i'm really excited because my copy of eight which was four discs froze at the end of the first disc so i just uh, kept replaying the first disc of that game like groundhog day yeah so now i can actually play the whole game cool i'm really excited for eight so and that was just a nice surprise i wasn't expecting anything eight related yeah and then we ended with marvel's avengers can you talk about this or no I can't really, unfortunately. Um, I'll I'll say this. I watched the trailer and I liked it a lot. I know a lot of people didn't. I liked the trailer a lot. I am excited about this game, and that's all I'll say. That's all I really can't yeah, say. Unfortunately, it was one of it was one of those things where I think I was not sure like what the game is going to be. Yeah, but I think it was a cool presentation. But we can probably just leave it at that because we have a lot to say about Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, and I wish I could. I really wish I could say more about it, but I, but I can't. Um, no, it's fine. And, and hey, listeners, just like be cool about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you will, but like, I, I'm sorry that I can't talk about it more. No, no, it's really cool. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely like a fitting end to a really strong presentation. Yeah. Let's move on to Nintendo. Do you want to take another break or do you want to just go right into it? I feel like we what? should take a break, not for us, but for the listeners. I feel like the listeners should like if if they if they want to pause here. Let's take a break. We'll be back with Nintendo shortly. Goodbye. Goodbye. Brandon, we have ascended. We are in our realm. Oh, I'm so excited for dessert. It's ew. <laughs> 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 it is. It's dessert. It's, it's the Nintendo Direct. It was the. It was like I hated that I watched this one first because it was like watching a movie backwards. Like I got the ending and then I was like, oh, I don't want the conflict. Like I, it, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Honestly, like you know, I'm I'm being mean, but like Nintendo's Direct, uh, Squares is great. Really like Squares. You could tell based on what we just talked about. But Nintendo's was like just a barrage of joy. Yeah, uh, it was kind of unreal. It's so funny, too, because like we were talking earlier, like, oh, this was Microsoft's year to like really, you know, take the baton and and, and make it theirs and like claim E3 is theirs. And like nobody really was thinking that Nintendo was just going to destroy, you know, but like, yeah, like it's so dumb. But like, it's the thing that everybody always talks about. Like, who won E3? Like Nintendo clearly won E3 this year. Nintendo. Honorable mention to like the FF7 remake, but like (laughs) Nintendo one yeah for sure yeah so let's get into it opening strong with was it link fighting demon marth and mennonite demon marth i, I kind of want the link versus demon marth mennonite game because that was like a really cool cutscene. great cutscene. Um, yeah it was cool and it was the intro to introducing a new dlc character the hero from dragon quest mm-hmm. which we didn't predict because this was one of so one of the big leaks that has been going around seemingly predicted joker before joker was released also confirmed that it was edric i believe from one of the earlier dragon quests so like it was just like there were leaks that were having dragon quest characters uh dragon quest 11 was coming to switch so it was like up in the air probably at least one of the characters is going to be dragon quest related yeah it's the hero at first just from dragon quest 11 the very trunks adjacent uh protagonist right that i named steven in my game Uh, So it's like, oh, Steven's joining Smash Brothers. Cool. 
he shows up and and helps Link out, and then they also reveal that as like a aesthetic palette swap, that you could literally play as every protagonist from Dragon Quest. Yep, which is amazing. Wild. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be like the the Bowser kids. Like how you can play yeah, as all the Bowser exactly. kids. Yeah, exactly. So it's the, it's all the heroes from Dragon Quest, which is really cool, and they look fun. They're yes, they're another sword character, but I feel like they have enough variants here that i think they'll be an interesting addition yeah i um, i mean after the after they introduced uh joker from persona in like such an interesting way that like really evoked the gameplay style of persona in smash brothers somehow same thing with uh ryu and ken from street fighter like feeling like street fighter in smash brothers i feel like the stuff that they showed off with the hero from Dragon Quest looked really cool in terms of like picking between spells and doing all this weird shit. Like it, it looked really fun. Yeah. Yeah. They're so good at that. They're so good at that. I mean, the Shulk from Xenoblade, like similar thing with the Monado arts, like really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Stoked about so, yeah, it. It's really cool addition. Happy to see. And a really cool intro cutscene. Yeah. And then we get to Dragon Quest 11, the definitive edition on the switch. We've mentioned that before. Yeah. We can just skip by this, but it, we can it, it was the same that. stuff. Yeah. Luigi's Mansion 3. Finally. I know oh, everybody was finally. waiting for us to talk about Gooigi. Finally. Here we are. Luigi. What do you think? What do you think about this one? Did you, did you play the other Luigi's Mansion games? I played the first one and I loved it. It was a little short, but I enjoyed it greatly. Yeah. I'm also like, this is another thing where I'm like, I have not played the other games, but I'm really happy this series continues to exist. Yeah. The trailer was a little weird. Like, I love that it's in a hotel and I like the framing device and looks fun. Dude, it like, looks so much like Tower of Terror at Disney World meets Haunted Mansion, <laughs> also at Disney World. Like, I love the vibe of this setting so much. The, the trailer just threw me off because they're like, here are Luigi's new moves. I'm like, why Why is this the selling point of like, Dude, moves? Dude, I love yeah. that they do that. It was so funny, like, seeing Battlefield Five be like, we sent a development team to take high-res pictures of trees in Hawaii so we could recreate the most horrific battle of all time. And, like, you cut to Nintendos, and it's like, if you press A, you can smack a ghost on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> this they, this thing is called the smack. You can throw a ghost on the ground. And then I put, did it again in slow motion. Yeah, it's so funny. Surrounded by ghosts, you could scream and they run away. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, it looks really fun. I think I may pick it up. It's one of the, so my roommate has a Switch too, and I think he's definitely getting it. So I might just play it through him. Yeah, everyone I know that played it on the show floor that I talked to like loved it. They said it was really fun. So cool. cool. I'm ex- I'm excited about it. Uh, Guiji, hilarious. I mean, I don't. Yeah, everything that has that you could say about Guiji has been said online in other places. Yeah. It, it, I feel, yeah, Guiji has already somehow been exhausted of, of all his potential. <laughs> they, look, Nintendo knows what they're fucking doing, and they introduced yeah. Guiji like that for a reason, uh, yeah. you know, so here we are. There, for those who don't know, Guiji is a co-op partner for Luigi that's Luigi made out of goo. Yep. And he can get caught in a drain and go down the drain. <laughs> he can also maybe be eaten, confirmed by the developers. I'll just... I'll just say that, like, I love how they, like, Luigi now has so many shadow forms. Like, while Luigi was obviously his, like, evil doppelganger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he also has Guiji. Yeah. I forget who I, it was. It might have been Andrea. Shout out to Andrea, um, co-host of my Terrace House podcast, who I think tweeted Waguigi, which, like, really fucked me up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Waguigi is, like, as abstract as you can get yeah. in the Mario family. I love yeah. that. I really like that. Really good. Yeah. Looks cool. Also, Jim Henson's. Oh, oh, <laughs> wait, wait, before we get Jim into Jim Henson's Guiji, the uh, new movie. Um, one thing that I just need to tell you, because I'm, I'm sure that you haven't heard this yet, um, but uh, I think it was the team at Waypoint talked to Bill Trinan from Nintendo about 
um, Luigi's Mansion 3 and they were like, hey, so like why Luigi's Mansion? Like why is this a, a franchise is getting a, a third uh, a third game? Like why is this happening? And they were saying the, the <laughs> second one sold over 6 million copies, which wow. is a lot. It's in the top, I think it's in the top 10 of top selling 3DS games. Like that game did really fucking well. And then the follow-up statement was, quote, also we looked, or not, this is not the quote, but it was like, also we looked into the data and quote, females love Luigi, end quote. Apparently, like, for just that that statement officially from Nintendo, wild. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Just very cool that Luigi's Mansion continues to exist and uh, females love Luigi. I just, like, I can't forget that the year of Luigi lost Nintendo, like, hundreds of millions <laughs> of dollars. I need to look it up because it, the number always gets bigger. The year of Luigi, <laughs> money yeah. lost. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> The year, so the year Luigi was 2013. It was like that was also the Wii. I I blame that more on the Wii U than Luigi, honestly. Yeah, but not none of them helped the other year. Luigi, they made a bunch of Luigi centric games. That was when actually the second Luigi. Uh, as mentioned, came out on the 3DS, so that did well. Oh, yeah, um, it did. But the year of Luigi, according to AV Club, lost $456 million for Nintendo. Unreal. I think that's just more they just lost that amount of money that year. Cause that oh, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's not was Luigi's like, fault, but right, right. just a that fun was, juxtaposition. That was the Wii U's fault. Yes. Which, we like the Wii U, but Switch is better. Uh, hot sick. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance Tactics. I that name. I don't know what Venn diagram. Okay, real uh, hot take coming at you. Love Dark Crystal, but find it mostly unsettling. Mm-hmm. I know it's got a very close cult following. I love conceptually the idea of Jim Henson kind of like letting it all out and going oh, dark yeah. and weird. Um, it's a cool movie. I watched it when I was feeling very depressed, and like it was on at a bar, yeah. and it was the scene where like one of the innocent villagers gets like brainwashed and his head explodes. I'm like, this is making me feel very sad. So I have like, <laughs> I have weird associations with Dark Crystal, but yeah. like, I know it's widely beloved. Yeah, I just don't know like what is the. This is another like what is the audience game where it's like what is the audience that like is excited for the new Dark Crystal but also wants a tactics game to get pumped for it yeah i don't know there's like, also love- like yeah there's there's something like the thing that bummed me out the fucking most was when i was in the middle of watching this nintendo direct waiting for them to announce netflix was finally going to show up on this thing and then the netflix logo shows up in the bottom right of dark crystal i was like oh my god this is how they're going to announce it the dark crystal gremlin is going to announce netflix or the nintendo switch and then it ended up being jim henson's the dark crystal age of resistance tactics yeah instead Wow, Which I did, that's, I did that, just get that's the gears of Funko Pop bait and switch of this Nintendo Direct. Yeah, that, that's like the that's the one like huh moment of the Nintendo Direct is Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance Tactics. Which if you say it three times in the mirror, you do turn into a statue. I've tried it. <laughs> I, I I do got to say though, it looks kind of good. It, it probably rules. That's the thing. It's like it's probably like that was the worst thing of this direct, and it probably is still great. It looks um, pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I have never seen Dark Crystal, but it looks kind of good. You haven't? You should see it. Yeah, there's some cool bird deities in that movie. Anyway, moving on. Link's Awakening remake. It looks great. I'm excited. This is one of those games where I have literally nothing to say about it beyond. It looks amazing, and I want it right now. Did you play the original? Kind of. So Link's Awakening was, I believe. Thank you for not interrogating me on the <laughs> me just saying kind of. <laughs> no, 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 it's totally fine. 
I mean, because this is, I feel this is a game that a lot of people kind of played, which I think is yeah. cool that they're remaking it because this is for the first Game Boy. Yep. I think it was it was like Zelda, Legend of Zelda came out for the NES, yep. then Zelda Two, which is like the weird one, uh-huh. and then I think Link's Awakening, and then Link to the Past, I believe. Yeah, that sounds correct to me. I have a lot of big Zelda fan friends who love Link's Awakening, and I've never mm-hmm. played it. So I'm excited to check out the remake. It looks lovely and cute and great. It looks adorable. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't even know what to say about it beyond like I watched that game in action and I just, I just need it. I it's need cool it. too. It's cool too that like they're keeping alive both the retro Zelda style and the like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, Zelda. yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but like the the juxtaposition of those two. Yeah, being in the same Nintendo Direct with the same franchise, hilarious. Yeah, for great. sure. Moving on. Collection of Mana. I surprisingly have not played these games. I've heard great things. Secret of Mana, especially. Yep. I will probably end up checking them out eventually, so yeah. stay Seems tuned. like a good deal, and it's also like, I think they said it's the first time one of them has ever been in the West, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. So I'll probably pick up them eventually, Yeah. Uh, but we got a few busy weeks ahead of us, so one day, we'll see. Witcher 3, you wanted to talk about something with this. First of all, what the fuck? The Witcher yeah. 3 is going to be on Switch. Yeah. The Switcher 3 is, is the joke that everybody made, and I'm just going to say it, so it's in our podcast also. There you go. I did not like this game when I played it. I liked all the stuff that we talked about. I liked, yeah. I liked all the writing, and I liked all the acting, and I thought that was very cool. The graphical fidelity of the game, though, was not the reason that I was playing it, and the fact that they're going to have to tone that down a whole lot to like going in your PC and changing the resolution and graphic settings to very low to make it work on the Switch is kind of rad. Um, I think the fact that this game will be portable will be very rad, and I think I might try this game again, even though I didn't like it the first time. Oh, I think cool. this being on the Switch will make me like it more. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could definitely tell that it's been toned down, but it doesn't look bad. It just looks like, you know, yeah, toned down. I think, and also, honestly, I ran into a lot of technical issues on the PS4, too. Like, mm. there were a lot of glitches I ran into. It's a very, it's a game that's, like, outreaching itself in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I would recommend, like, there are a lot of good side quests, but, like, honestly, man, like, play the main story, put it on whatever difficulty mode lets you go through the fastest, probably story. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked the story a lot. I, I thought that the ending that I got, I was very satisfied with. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm, a- I, I'm actually really excited to try this. Yeah, it's it, it surprised me because I was like, Geralt just never seemed like a protagonist that I could really root for. Yeah. But I actually ended up. I mean, I still like the tertiary characters way more. Right. Like the the characters around you in that game are so awesome, and it has its issues. But I think like the end that I got, I was like, that's a great ending, and it made sense. But I'm also very happy with it. Yeah, because obviously a lot of it is dependent on your actions. I also think like Witcher Three, uh, both kind of carrying the torch from Elder Scrolls games, also did the same with like Mass Effect. Even more so, I think. I feel like Witcher Three plays more like a Bioware game than an Elder Scrolls game, mm, um, or at yeah. least it plays better if you treat it like a Bioware game because that's like the story and the characters are like why you're there. Right. Yeah. Hard Witcher agree Three on all of that. Hard agree. Let me know how you like it. I know you love... I think, honestly, I'm going to call you out. You just want to play Gwent on the Switch, don't you? I just want to play Gwent. You know me. If there's one thing we know about Brendan... <laughs> he loves Gwent. He loves oh, Gwent. He knows boy. everything about Gwent. He can't stop talking you about Gwent. Get, you can't get it started. He's like, I got a new uh, premium Yennefer card. I'm like, come on. I'm sick of hearing about Gwent. Uh-huh. Favorite Spider-Man spinoff, Gwent Stacy. <laughs> okay, that's a deep cut against me. <laughs> 
Brendan has showed me how to use Twitter, and I had it. One of my drafts was just Gwent Stacy, and I didn't have the courage to tweet it. Wait, really? Yeah. You didn't tell me that. I didn't? No, I just independently also came up with that. Oh my God. Wow. Well, now everyone knows. I, ha- I was we sitting share on a draft, one Gwent. Line. <laughs> I was shit. I was shitting on a draft. That's what I just said by accident. I was sitting on a draft. Gwent Stacy. I never tweeted. I deleted it. Brendan took my joke, and wow. now I'm here in shambles. We share one mind. This always happens with a close friend as they start acting like me against me, and I feel defeated. We share one mind. You're yeah, singing weird yep. like intro songs to me. <laughs> we share one mind. We share one mind. Okay, we are losing it. We're at hour four of this podcast, and that's apparently our limit. Let's keep I going. Got a few, I got a few words for you. One mind, three houses. That's right, buddy. Fire, Fire emblem, emblem, three houses. I am so pumped for this game. I Second am so to- excited to get too hyped up about a Fire Emblem game again because everybody in my life loves Fire Emblem, and then I buy it, and I think it's okay. Um, I think you're going to like this one a lot because I am excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, okay. honestly, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about this and I think it's going to be fucking great. And I think this is going to be yeah. the first one since awakening that I'm like, yes, I am fully yeah. in. It looks I think amazing. So. Yeah. So this, this is a weird series. Uh, I just for some, this is a game I, I will spend a little bit more time on. So just give me a sec. Buckle Don't the fuck up this. listeners. Buckle the fuck up listeners. I've only played the first one I ever played was awakening. Yeah. Which that felt like a good entry point. I'd still recommend like if you haven't played the series, Awakening is what got me into it and I think that's a great entry point. But I've also only other the only other game I played is Fates. So like maybe there are other ones, but I just feel like based on what I know of the series, Awakening, good place to start. Yeah. 3DS. Great game. They are a very unique type of game because they are a turn-based strategy game at their core that embody RPG mechanics in terms of like all your characters have stats you can level up and customize and they have different classes that they can embody. It also has a little bit of Bioware stuff where like uh, in Awakening, the mechanic they introduced was characters who fought alongside each other more, got to know each other better and you would unlock kind of persona, social link-esque dialogue between every character. And like the writers literally wrote dialogue between every character for different stages of their relationship extremely cool which is amazing and like in those moments the writing is like really fun and like immersive the main story is like always good it's a little bit generic at least in the ones i've played oh yeah like the moment the small moments between characters like oddly the heart of the series yeah and and that also has a direct effect on how they battle so like if they're closer they're gonna like they might push the other one out of the way of an attack. And most notably, uh, you can you can turn this mode off, but the series staples that when a character dies, they die for good. Yeah. They're, if, if the main character dies, you get a game over. But if a character dies, they're gone, which makes every battle feel really, really gripping. And like you really have to think about every move and every repercussion. It's a tough game. And they don't teach you how to play it at all. Yeah. So what I liked about what I've seen, I watched the Treehouse of uh, of Three Houses. First and foremost, just like a lot of Switch games for, for Nintendo properties, this looks like the fully fleshed version of this game. Because like, yeah. Fire Emblem has always been, or m- mostly been, a Game Boy exclusive. There was one on the GameCube and one on the Wii. But this one like actually like 
lets you run around environments and yeah. like from what i know of it the first part of the game is called the academy phase where you are this professor in an academy uh, you can choose which of the three houses you're a professor for and you are investing in your students and like really zeroing in on them and training them to upgrade their stats in certain areas and like getting to know them as characters and then there's a five-year jump and like war has broken out between yeah. all three houses so that's really interesting to me. I think I like that sort of time jump, and I think that that will really test like your actions beforehand. But all that to say, it looks like they've really doubled down on all the things you want from a Fire Emblem game, while also introducing like a lot of new stuff that all looks really cool. And like it just, it just kind of feels like uh, the full thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on like a better phrase for it, but uh, the battles look awesome. Like what's really cool is that. So normally in a match, you have like a top-down perspective of like all your characters and all the enemies. And when a character fights another enemy, usually it would go into this like kind of like a, any RPG, like there's like a screen blur and it goes into this arena. But what happens in this game is that literally the camera zooms in on the map, like wherever you are on the map, like it shows that as the background. Yeah. Not to mention, like, all your characters can have battalions of armies behind them. Right. And it just looks like they've doubled down on the cinematic nature of it. They double down on, like, you investing in these characters both as people and, like, as your army. Yeah. It just looks like a really cool setting. I'm really excited for this game. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, really, I just kind of share a lot of your sentiment there. Um, yeah, I'm fucking amped. <laughs> this game's yeah. gonna be really cool. And oh, another mechanic I need to bring up. So the the one thing about this game that's kind of that they mentioned in the treehouse, I think, was that like a lot of times you might be doing a battle, and like the battles go on for a long time. They could go up to an hour sometimes. Like yeah. the levels in these games are intense, and you might be doing really well, and then suddenly you lose a character that you really need. And you're like, God damn it, I can't imagine. Even if I beat this mission, I don't want to progress the game without that character. I want to restart my 3DS. Yeah. And fuck, now I have to start the whole thing over again. That can get kind of taxing. There is a mechanic in this game that lets you rewind turns. It's a limited amount. Yeah. But you can basically like undo X amount of turns rather than starting the whole battle over. Yeah. Which I think is a really, really nice mechanic that makes it a bit more user friendly. Also, again, this game doesn't tell you how to play it at all. And if you ever reclass a character, you have to use an item that there is a finite amount of. Right. This game lets you reclass them indefinitely and you can see like which classes are available and and how you can unlock other ones. So it looks like they've also made it like more it's like the knowledge is more attainable just by playing the game rather than like looking anything up online, which I think is a really cool thing. Yeah. I, I, two thoughts. Uh, and then we should probably move on from here. But one is that this is a thing that you and I talked about a lot with animal crossing pocket camp and with fire emblem heroes, the mobile games being like, here's a free to play game that you can get on your, to introduce you to and get you invested in this franchise. So when we inevitably Mm -hmm. release the next full mainline game in that franchise, you will already have an awareness of it and be excited about it. So like this feels like a fire emblem game that was made for not only hardcore, like old school fans of this franchise, but also all the new people that are going to come in having only learned about it through fire emblem heroes. So like they're sanding off the edges and, and making it better for everyone 
including newcomers, uh, which is rad. Yeah. The other thing that I want to mention about this that I was going to bring up later, but I think makes a lot of sense now to bring up is like one of the things that was most exciting about the Switch happening and and this being a handheld and a and a home console was the idea that Nintendo was going to take all of their handheld development houses and all of their console development houses and just fucking smush them together and it's just yeah. all one thing now and they're all working with one goal with one with one console that they're all focused on and i think like zelda breath of the wild pokemon sword and shield fire emblem three houses uh animal crossing which we're going to talk about later like they all feel like the fully realized version of those games but also the fully realized version of what nintendo is capable of because now yeah. there's, there's not a there's not a split there's not there's not a split focus amongst the company. Everyone is focused on the exact same thing, and that's making the Switch the best Nintendo console there's ever been. And honestly, like in terms of like looking at the libraries of every system, the handheld systems have always crushed it. Like, yeah, man. If you look at the library of the DS versus the Wii, it's not even comparable. Yeah. Never mind 3DS versus Wii U. The like, Wii, an incredibly successful console, but like the DS just wiped the floor with it in terms of what oh, you yeah. could get on that thing. Yeah, so I think the fact that like they've combined them, like you said, I think that's a beautiful way to say it. This is like Nintendo fully utilizing everything they've always had. Yeah, it's cool. I can't wait. And that game comes out next month. I'm so excited. For oh my that. god, I forgot that that's next month. Yeah, dude. It, it was supposed to come out last March, but again, they delayed it. And I think yeah. we'll get more into that conversation with Animal Crossing. But that's a good thing. They 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 wanted to give it time Jesus. and they didn't want to do any crunch times. That comes out. At the end of July. Oh, my God. So that's kind of why I'm grateful that, like, FF7 and Animal Crossing come out next year. Because I'm like, I got a lot going on, baby. In both, <laughs> yeah. both in my actual life and and things I want to play in the Switch. Yeah, we didn't talk uh, a lot about release dates also, but, like... Almost everything we've talked about, or not actually, but like it feels like almost everything we talked about comes out this September somehow. Uh, yeah. This September is going to be wild. Let's move yeah. on. Resident Evil on. 5 and 6 on the Nintendo Switch. Do you care? Yeah. Uh, no. I yeah. Don't. I also don't. Uh, Resident Evil 5, extremely problematic video game. 6, yes. I heard, was so bad that like they had to retool the whole franchise, and that's why 7 is a completely different game. Yeah, exactly. But four is great, and it's also on the Switch. So get four. I do have four on the Switch. Also, that it's weird that that they noted five and six here because that ad, the the commercial for it, they were playing the GameCube remake of one. Oh right, which which is is also on the Switch. Yeah, which that one is great. If you want like a really creepy, like four is the best game. But if you want the scariest game with like the most kind of cinematic, creepy, almost German impressionist vibe, yeah, it's called like the RE make. The remake of yeah. the first one for GameCube is awesome. Cool. Let's skip five and six. Yes. No more Heroes three. I don't. I I played the first one for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Suda Five One, who's yeah. like kind of a very peculiar character in the game industry. Yeah. I have not I, played the the No More Hero games, um, but I I know Suda via Let It Die, which was that free to play game for PS4 that I played uh, a bunch of and really enjoyed, but did not keep going with. Um, but I know everybody who plays No More Hero, not everybody, but most people who play No More Heroes like really enjoy those games. Yeah, I um I also liked Killer Seven. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah. Killer Seven's fucking weird. That's a weird game. Yeah, and that's kind of his thing. Is like he, for better or for worse, and like there are as many fails as successes with him. But like he does try really different things. Yeah, I don't know how No More Heroes is gonna do because I feel like the idea of like a that kind of like Ryan Reynolds adjacent protagonist I just find kind of draining these days. Mm, yeah, um, I get what you're saying. N- no shade on Ryan, but like you know the sort of like <laughs> yeah. smart Alec. 
friend of the show, shitty, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, friend of the show. But like this, the shitty dude that like stumbles into success. It's it, it's a very self aware game, and it's very meta, and it's very weird. And I and I think that it's worth uh like keeping an eye on games that like really try new things like that. But yeah. I don't know. I'll, I will definitely wait and see on this one. Uh, I think Suda 5-1 is capable of doing cool things, but I, I don't know how this one's going to pan out. Yeah. I just had I just had like a like a G4 Tech TV moment when you said, I say wait and see on this one. And like a thing flies up on the screen. <laughs> wait and see. Yeah. Wait and see. I hate when you push me into flipping scratch without me realizing. <laughs> I hope I don't come off that way. You do it to yourself, Steve. No, you don't. Yeah, I. this is one of those situations where, um, this is the last thing I'll say about No More Heroes 3, uh, a game that I have no opinions or thoughts on, really, is that I wish that they would stop announcing, like, the third in franchises without porting the other ones first. Mm. Like, yeah. give me give me uh, No More Heroes <laughs> 1 and 2 on the Switch, please, and thanks. I think the first one was on the Wii, and it was like... One of the more out there Wii games. Yeah. I, yeah. Just, I just I just want that to happen. For TVH. sure. VH. Onwards, Contra Rogue Core. It's a new Contra game in a new third dimension. No more side scrolling for me, baby. I am in a fully realized 3D world shooting enemies with my gun. Yeah, this looked kind of weird. It was sort of off putting to me, but I do like the whole Contra collection coming with it. Yeah, agreed. So that's I'll we'll leave it at that. Yep. Um, Damon X Machina. I have not played this game, but it looks kind of cool. Dude, I want nothing more than for this game to be extremely rad. Yeah. I don't remember when it comes out. I feel like the answer to that question is soon, but um, yeah, I don't really know too much about what it is, honestly, still post this Nintendo Direct, but I would like to play it. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Panzer Dragoon, uh, Dreamcast Classic, Rail Shooter Dragon. Yeah, is this just a remake of Panzer Dragoon? Or is so. it a new one? Like, is this a remastered port? Un- I think. Unclear. I don't know, actually. I imagine it has to be, right? Because it's just called Panzer Dragoon. Like, it's not like. I don't know. It's a remake. Is it's it? a remake. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sick. Dreamcast Classic coming to the Switch. I want nothing more than Dreamcast Classics to come to the Switch. Yeah, man. I, I was, like, amazed when, when that title screen showed up. Like, as soon as I it clicked for me that was Panzer Dragoon, I was like, fucking sign me up. Sure. Yeah. It was a really concise trailer. It was like. We know what you want. Yeah. Was, yeah. Like, I know I wanted that. Here we are. Right. Astral Chain. Dude, sign me up. I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in for Astral Chain. How do you feel? Kind of kind of ambivalent, but I mean, you're you got a big smile on. You're even smizing a little bit at the moment. Like get here's me in. the thing about Astral Chain. So like you're you're the one who's like willing to like give things a blind try, I feel like. Yeah. I'm a bit more I'm a bit more cautious with my heart. Yeah. But this is made by Platinum Games. Uh, They're people great. made Bayonetta. They're kind of like w- Nintendo's weird, like, neighbor. Like, they're not, like, a first-party developer, but, like, they, they've been making Switch-exclusive stuff, including Astral Chain. Nintendo kind of lets them do whatever they want. Yeah. Not that that's a neighborly relationship, but, like, it's, it's just, like, I don't know what to call them in relationship to Nintendo, but I love their kinship, if yeah. you will. I love the Nier Automata, and you got some of the same people on board for this game. Um, it looks cheesy as hell, but also very interesting, which I yeah. can't quite place the feeling because it's like all the dialogue is very campy. But the idea of like a a like <laughs> like a police force that has been tasked with taming otherworldly demons from hell, basically, as like 
as weapons, but this trailer, like the first trailer, I was like, this looks so overwhelming, but I'm like curious about it. Yeah. But this trailer like showed like a bit more of the combat and a bit more of like the other utilities for these weird demons. I don't know, man. It's just so out there for me that I'm like totally on board. I'm yeah. definitely going to get it. Yeah. I don't know when it comes out or what it looks August. like when you play. I have it on my oh, calendar. Oh shit. It's August? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh Sign God. me up. It's yeah. in August. Cool. I, well, look forward to the Astral Chain episode of this podcast. Uh, I also want I'm to mention, all in for Astral Chain. Yeah. I, I have to mention that I Googled it real quick to see if there was any like gameplay or images or whatever. And the first result that showed up was uh, an article from NintendoLife.com titled, Astral Chain is filled with hidden toilets and lots of cats. Great. I mean, that's all you need, really. Gimme. Astral yeah, Chain. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I'm very intrigued. Yeah. And it's just like, it's the same thing with Dragon Quest Builders having that like very enthusiastic trailer. I'm like, this is committing enough to whatever it's going for that like I kind of want to check it out. Yeah, that's how and, I feel about Damon X Machina and Outriders right, and Death right. Loop and yeah. I, I just also like Platinum Games other than Star Fox Zero, which was like a true nightmare. Yeah, I think um, even Nintendo is trying to pretend that game never happened. Just unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Astral Train, August, sign me up. Cool. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I'm pumped for this too. Also yeah. the summer release. Again, they can't talk about it. I can't talk about it, but I will say this. And again, dear listeners, please be cool. I know you will, but please be cool. I'm fucking amped about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I'm so excited for this game. It comes out next month during Comic-Con. It's going to be how I get through Comic-Con. I'm so excited to play as Venom and punch Magneto in the fucking head. There great. was a shot of like Kamala Khan and Spider Gwen and the X Men fighting together, and I was Dude. like, "Holy shit!" I'm gonna play this, this whole game as Ms. Marvel. I'm gonna do it's gonna be yeah. rad. I'm extremely. I love Miss Marvel. Yeah, I didn't realize how proud I was to be from New Jersey until I read Miss Marvel, and she was like, "Don't fuck with," or she said, don't, "She said don't fuck." She said, "Don't mess with Jersey," and I'm yeah. like, "Hell yeah, yeah." Um, love love Miss Marvel. Yeah. big fan. Move three. That's all I can comics. really say about it. It's just like I'm excited yeah. about it, and yeah, it's gonna be good. Cadence of Hyrule. I got this. Yeah, you got I, this I game. It. They announced that it was coming out a week early, uh, so it could come out during E3, and you got it. And I think we'll probably talk about it next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. But it is made by the. De- it's it's a really interesting game to point out because it's made by indie developers, but they were given the yeah. Zelda license. Yeah. So you have independent developers using a very major a Nintendo property. Yeah. Uh, so cool which I think is a really cool thing but we'll talk about that soon it's it's a lot of fun though I'd recommend it yeah Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games at finally the, at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games here's the thing about this it's probably great yeah I'm excited for this I think I might get it if you here's if if you get it I will also get it I'm not excited for it but I just like kind of want it to be good you know yeah. what I mean I've heard that they're good. I've heard that they're good games. I've always dismissed them in the way uh, I used to dismiss Minecraft, but I don't know. I'm weirdly excited. I mean, if there's any if there's any game to dismiss, it's a game called Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Yeah. But I just I I kind of want like a fun party game for the Switch. Yeah. Everything I have is like only I can play this. But you could watch. Like I want like a fun let's all hang out game. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they added skateboarding, which is great. It's the Tony Hawk sequel we've always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Tony Hawk sequel we always wanted where Knuckles and, and uh, Guiji ollie <laughs> together. Oh, my God. Guiji and Knuckles at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. Yeah. Oh, shit. I am, I'm that's not the title on. of this episode. That's not going to be the, the art for this episode, but I am going to make it anyway. For sure. I'm going to move on because the next five games we all have a lot of feelings oh, for. Fuck. Yeah. Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Let me tell you how this went for me. 
I was watching this in the office because I, I had to be watching the Nintendo Direct for work to release a Marvel Ultimate Alliance trailer as it was happening. And everybody around me knew that all I cared about was Animal Crossing, that all I needed was Animal Crossing. And this trailer started playing and immediately a bunch of people in the office shouted from their cubicles, hey, Brendan, are you okay? Brendan, are you watching? Because uh, they were all watching too. And I, no joke, completely blacked out. As soon as I realized it was Animal Crossing, I tuned the, f I was so happy, so filled with joy that I forgot to watch. I forgot to watch what was happening. And I was, it ended and I was like, oh shit, 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 I have to go back, I have to go back, I have to go back. And then missed the rest of the Nintendo Direct as they announced it because I had to go back and rewatch the Animal Crossing thing. What I'll say about this, I'll try and keep it as short as humanly possible. No, no, no. Honestly, man, take your time. I had my Hamlet monologue within like seven minutes. <laughs> this is your moment. Here's okay. The thing about Animal Crossing New Horizons is like not only is is it um, what I wanted from Animal Crossing, it's what I think Animal Crossing needs to become. So like we we had some guesses last week about what we thought it was going to be. Uh, you yeah. Uh, coined your br fucking brilliant idea of of making it like an online marketplace. Uh, it that yeah, sound that sounds worse than it is. <laughs> allowing allowing you to create a store, kind of like Moonlighter, and like the things that you collect, you could sell online. Yeah. Great idea. I still think that that should be a thing at some point. But the idea of them one upping themselves, going from New Leaf, where you're the mayor of this town, you move into this town, you're mistaken for the mayor, and everybody's just like, whatever. Actually, just let them do it. That sounds great. And then you become the mayor of this town. You get to like kind of control some stuff. Going from that. To I'm moving onto a deserted island. I'm the only person here, and I'm going to move into a tent and create an entire town around me is like the most brilliant step up from New Leaf yeah, you could possibly absolutely. imagine. Like it, it doubles down on the thing that literally every person who plays Animal Crossing wanted. Like not the thing, but everything that every person who plays Animal Crossing in every way is into, right? Like, every person who plays Animal Crossing has a different thing that they like about it. It's it's a game, we've talked about this a million times, but it's a game that elicits such a strong vibe, and that vibe, to me, is, is, is tranquility, right? Like, that game is all about coming up with a routine in, in this fake life that you've made for yourself, this fake idyllic life, and allowing that routine in the game to build into the larger routine in your real life as a whole, right? So, like, I am working Animal Crossing into my life to make myself happier. It is making me a happier person. And I'm doing that by way of, like, a million different things. There are so many things to do in that game, and all of them are represented in New Horizons in a more interesting way. Are you a person who focused solely in New Leaf on, on building benches and bridges and making your town look exactly how you want it to, that's awesome. Now you get to be the first person on this island and shape it around you however you want. You can decide where everybody's going to move in. You can decide what their houses are going to look like when they upgrade their houses. Decide what your house is going to look like. You can finally build paths in like a way that <laughs> makes fucking sense. That all rules. Are you a person like me who just cares about checking in every once in a while, fishing, catching bugs, filling up the museum? Sick. You can still do that, but now you're on a rad deserted island where you can like focus fully on doing that if that's all you want to do. Every version of Animal Crossing is represented in New Horizons. On top of that, on top of all of that, which I think is great and I think it's amazing and it fills me with such fucking joy. I'm getting emotional even just talking and thinking about it right now in the same way you were Final Fantasy. But on top of all of that, they go back to and fix the shit that I hated about Nintendo for like years and stuff that you and I talked about in our old YouTube show 
which was called Super Brunch Force, which you can look up. Like you and I talked about it, and our our other co-host Mercer, shout out to Mercer, talked about it all the time when Tamadachi Life and and New Leaf came out, which was like Nintendo was historically really shitty about representation, and like yeah. there were no there were no. Uh, like queer relationships in Tamadachi life. And when you asked Nintendo about it, they were like, yeah, that's just like not our priority. Like we're, we're like a family company. It's like, that's fucking bad. It's a fucking bad thing. They're yeah. like, hey, why, why can't you change your skin color in Animal Crossing without going to the island and laying out in the fucking sun and tanning for eight hours a day? Like that's, that's how I have to look like myself to be in this game that sucks. Yeah. Now you can change your skin color. You, you can dress any way you want. All facial hair, all hairstyles, all clothes are completely gender neutral. You can do whatever you want. You can be yourself in this game, finally. Yeah, that's so good. It's I so powerful and good, and it's yeah. a step forward for the franchise and for the company, and just, like, really is awesome. And then on top of all of that, they delayed the game, which I was originally bummed about, and then Doug Bowser who is now the fucking best, (laughs) had never heard from this guy before, shows up and is like, yeah, man, like, we just didn't want these people to have to crunch to make this game. Like, that is the best. There are so many companies not talking about crunch. It's a thing that I personally feel very strongly about. The fact that, like, they are making this game about making your life better and pushing it out further into 2020 to let the developers make their lives better is like perfect. It's a, it's a marriage of theme and working conditions. You know, it's like Pikmin exists because Shigeru Miyamoto loved going out and like playing with bugs. That's why Pokemon exists also weirdly, same reason. Like all of the best Nintendo franchises come from places of like game developers pulling from the things that they were able to do because they had a strong work-life balance. And, and the fact that Animal Crossing's developers are now also getting that, that that pressure of like this has to come out in 2019 is lifted from them and they can make a game that allows them to feel the way they do in their real lives makes me really happy. Yeah, that was all beautifully said. I, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I actually, a bit of a left turn, but I, I was thinking with the with the deserted island theme, that it kind of has a Terrytown vibe where it's like you're starting with nothing and you're yeah. slowly building this community. Which we've talked about do. Terrytown being the best part of Breath of the Wild and like being the canonical <laughs> yeah. ending of that game. <laughs> Everyone has to legally have their name end and son. That like it's the funniest bit they commit to that whole quest. Yeah, it rules. Um, it's so good. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, man, I'm really excited for Animal Crossing. I'm I'm also like I'm I'm happy it's coming out in March for a number of reasons. <laughs> Obviously, I would want it sooner, but like I think it's for the best. Yeah, agreed. And it's going to be great. Uh, I'm really excited. I, it's another it's another thing that's talked about where like I have friends who either love it or have never played it. So I'm really excited for people that will probably love it to play it. Yeah, you know, especially like I, I always kind of link it to Stardew Valley in terms of like I think if you love Stardew Valley, you're gonna love Animal Crossing. Yeah, I like I I have said to people who love Stardew Valley like you will always love Animal Crossing, but if you love Animal Crossing, you won't always love Stardew Valley. Like it, it, yeah. I don't think it goes back the other way. It's like all squares, all squares are rectangles, but all rectangles are squares kind of situation. Right, right. Yeah, there's there's a lot more like there's way more responsibility in Stardew Valley. Animal Crossing is really like the most zen version of 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 that kind of life simulator. Yeah, totally. Which I think for someone who may need more direction might find kind of frustrating, but like if you want that, there's nothing like it. Really yeah. excited. 
Cannot wait. It looks great. I'm I'm just so amped about it, and I don't care that it's coming next year. Yeah. I just I just am glad that it's happening. I just needed confirmation that it like was coming out and looks the way that I was hoping it would look, and it does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hollow Knight Silk Song. <laughs> Dude. It's dropping another bomb on Here, us. Yeah, wait. So here's the weird thing. Like, this was part of a huge montage. I didn't write down all the things in the montage. I literally only wrote down Hollow Knight Silk Song. Yeah. The interesting thing about this was that every single game that they showed had a date in the bottom right corner, and this one only said coming soon. And I was like, are they going to finish up E3 on the treehouse by announcing that Silk Song is coming out? Like, today because you go and watch footage of that i only watched a minute of the 15 minutes that got uploaded online but like you go and watch footage of it and it looks fucking done like it looks like really tight somehow but uh yeah i i don't know when that game's coming out but i mean i know when it does i'm gonna cancel my whole life until i'm done playing it <laughs> and that's where you play as hornet which like yep like literally an hour into Hollow Knight, I'm like, I wish I was playing as Hornet. Yeah. Like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, I remember we. I think we recorded the podcast episode about Hollow Knight, and you were like, Yeah, I wish I could play as Hornet. And I was like, Boy, do I have news for you? Um, yeah. That's when Silk Song was just supposed to be DLC and not a whole ass game. But here we are. Right. So that's gonna be really good. I'm really pumped for that. Yeah. Pokemon Sword and Shield. Obviously, we just had a big episode about, so we could probably skip that. Yeah, they didn't announce anything new about it, really. Okay. Here we go. Uh, new Smash Brothers character, another DLC character announced. Yep. Banjo Kazooie. I teared up. I did you really? This is yes. big for you? This is big for me. I don't think I've ever talked about Banjo Kazooie on this show. But like Banjo Kazooie, well, one, I teared up because I'm like, good, this is fodder that Minecraft Steve is not in Smash Brothers because now that leak has been proven. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is now the Microsoft character that's in the game. And it's yeah. not Minecraft Steve, so you're good. The the gif that a lot of people shared of like Diddy, King K. Rule, and Donkey Kong all like cheering in the Dude. in the cabin. Um so good. And Duck Hunt trolling at because I always figured like Duck Hunt was like them nodding to Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. But I mean people have been wanting Banjo Banjo Kazooie is like also one of the characters that like that character's moves in their own game are so perfect for Smash Brothers. Like yeah. you can see it. I love Banjo Kazooie. I that's one of my favorite games of all time. That game captures like the childhood sense of exploring your backyard in a way that no other game has. Yeah. In an era where every game was trying to make Mario 64, that game succeeded on making a better version of that. Mm -hmm. And it is just still such a magical experience to play that game. Banjo-Tooie as well. That game is great. Uh, Very underrated, I feel. Yeah. Also kind of rare to find. It's expensive. Oh, kind of rare to find? Oh, fuck. I didn't mean to do that either. That's (laughs) like when you say you're amped for Watson. Uh, (laughs) 18 hours ago. Yeah, I was was just kind of having a rough week in between the FF7 remake and then Banjo-Kazooie joining. I was like, the world is a beautiful place. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm being a bit melodramatic, but like, I was so happy to see Banjo and I'm so excited. And honestly, this is like also fodder for like, the next two characters are going to have to be jaw-droppingly incredible because that's what they're ending this on, you know? Yeah. I, I really feel like it's going to be insane who's in this game. Because yeah. so far, so good. I mean, Prana Plant was a great pre-show. And then we got Joker, the hero of every Dragon Quest game, and Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Like, two more. I mean, even if it's just two Minecraft Steves, I'll be happy because yeah. like, we got, I mean, I will actually be very upset, but 
I am so happy for Banjo to be in this. Yeah. Can't wait to play as him. Yeah. Interesting thing to note also is that I think they said uh, Hero from Dragon Quest is like this summer. Banjo and Kazooie are going to be in the fall. And then they said that they're going to be done by February of 2020. So mm. like two characters are going to come out pretty close to one another, which is interesting. I, I imagine they'll probably announce both of them the same way they did with this. Yeah. Like I could still see um, the, the Pokemon from Sword and Shield getting added. I, I don't know what which one, but like I could just see that. And, you know, always holding out hope for Waluigi getting added. I just, I feel like it's so, it's like the stage is set. Like his name is on the like awning. Like it's yeah. just like we want, it's like we just saw a concert and everyone's asking for the encore. Just give us Waluigi. Yeah. I don't think the it's going to happen, one. but like. I know. Come on. Like, come on. Just do it. Who's going to be the last one? Dry Bowser? Like, who, like who's the. <laughs> I don't know. Guigi? Yeah, I don't know. How are you excited for Banjo? You seem less amped. Yeah, honestly, so the thing about Banjo Kazooie is that I don't really have the like tinge of nostalgia for that character. Um, as I did play them back in the day, but like I didn't like love them and pour over them the way a lot of people did. Um, mm-hmm. and and I wasn't like chomping at the bit hoping for Banjo Kazooie to be added to Smash Brothers. But I'm not against it at all because like fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, really cool. Grant Kirk, Grant Kirkhope made like more music, I think, for the game for this. Like, rad. Yeah, um, the soundtrack is great. And the level is great, too. It's that spiral mountain in the beginning area. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's rad. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about everything that they add to Smash Brothers. Like, every character yeah. is going to be added in a really wonderful way that uh, really respects the franchise that it came from. And I'm stoked about it. Yeah. I saw some side-by-sides of, of like the N64 Banjo-Kazooie and the moves in Smash Ultimate, and they match up perfectly. Like, the animations yeah. are perfect. It's so cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Here's the big one. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. This is an emotionally taxing episode. I know. Um, I literally could. I mean, I we talked about this, I think, in, in last week's episode. was like, I, I think that they'll announce that this is happening and nothing more than that. But just the vibe of this was, like, unreal. Yeah. So, Breath of the Wild 2 confirmed in development. Yep. I could not get enough of this trailer. It was so good. I've watched it a lot. <laughs> I keep yeah. watching it. I think they're doubling down on the creepiness of the Blood Moon, which I kind of like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have made Majora's Mask comparisons, and like, I really hope Zelda's a playable character. That would be dope. Yeah. I, I feel like she has to be at this point. Maybe. I don't know. And we'll see. We'll see. But either way, she seems to be a very central character. Yeah. Or more, more present, at least. I hope you're right. And I, yeah, I mean, it's all speculation, really, because there's not really much shown. But, like, the music that's shown is the music that kind of starts playing during a Blood Moon. Mm-hmm. And Ganon is revived in a weird way. Yeah, like the dried corpse of Ganon. Yeah, and Zelda is with Link and, like, in this really spooky cave it just looks like i mean even more than the trailer i'm really happy they're doing a sequel to breath of the wild because i think that like yeah that that version of hyrule in particular has so has such a rich like story and vibe to it yeah. that like you could do so many games in that world yeah and the fact that it's a continuation of the story which breath of the wild i think arguably is the first Zelda that really focused on storytelling in a way that wasn't more abstract like i think there's really cool like themes and moments in ocarina and wind waker and majora's mask but not not to the same level of like the memories in breath of the wild or like the sense of direction yeah like 
it's more like, oh, this is conceptually cool versus like what's happening right now right. is so sad and beautiful. Mm. So like, I just can't wait. I can't, I can't imagine it's going to come out until like the next three years. I feel like I, if, if I had to like put money down right now, I would say spring or summer of 2021. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Cause like, the fact that they don't have to go back and remake the whole engine and world like takes a lot of the development time out. Sure. And you have to imagine like they started developing it like right when Breath of the Wild 1 was done and shipped, which was two years ago at this point. So like that yeah. would put us at about four years instead of five or six, which makes sense to me. I think we'll get a direct like later next year and then it will be like, like you said, first quarter of, of 2021. I, I could, I think that would put it exactly four years after Breath of the Wild came out, which kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I feel like the Switch will still be going strong, honestly, at that point. I can't see them making a new system. We'll, ha- we'll have, like, a hardware revision or something. There'll be, like, a new version of the Switch. Yeah, you know? like the new Switch. Yeah, the new Nintendo Switch XL. Yeah, uh, this trailer was rad. <laughs> it was so good. It was, it was so, so cool. Good. Just so, like, some internet sleuthing has happened uh, since since the trailer originally happened, where, like, people have figured out all this shit about uh, Ganon and the music. When you play it backwards, there's, like, some creepy shit in there. There's, like, the big spectral hand that's that's coming down. Some people are, like, speculating that that's Midna or, like, that's from the Twilight Realm, and they're going to, like, dip back into the Twilight Princess stuff um, in some way, which, like, please give me all the stuff I loved about Twilight Princess, but not in that game, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be so good. Um, Ayanuma has gone on record as saying he thinks that this game is going to be a little bit darker than Majora's Mask thematically, which, holy shit. Wow. Is yeah. it going to be a horror game? Like, what's going on there? Yeah. I mean, again, like you said, it's all speculation. There's not much you can say outside of it. I'm just excited that it exists. Yeah. And, like, all I needed was confirmation that it was happening. For sure. Yeah. And that's that was, like, their mic drop moment Yeah, was was the breath of wild too like that couldn't have been announced like they could have ended with with banjo honestly yeah <laughs> but just unreal from start yeah to that was, that was cons- you're right that's what pushed it over the edge from like that was a great that was a great e3 presentation to like oh my god yeah yeah i mean it did have the like it's sort of like this the the title card of like it's currently in development so it still was okay this is not even really a trailer at this well it is but like this is very just like it's being made kind of vibe but that was enough yeah it was it was so good and that's e3 we did it all that's e3 that's all of it oh wow so what do you i guess what we did last year was we walked out saying what we're most excited for i feel like it's pretty clear at this point what we are most excited for but yeah. Uh, or how did you want to wrap this up? Would you want to kind of say in broad strokes or if you wanted to just sort of choose a few games that you are most pumped for? I have no idea. I mean, if I if I just had here, how about this? I'll just go down the list. I'll just pick one from each. How about that real quick? That sounds good. Um, uh, one from each. I love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Star So Electronic Arts, Jedi Fallen Order. Sounds great. Really excited about it. Microsoft. Wow. Microsoft. I mean, the problem is like some stuff is so far out that we know nothing about it. But like I, I want to see what Elden Ring is uh, like ASAP. Yeah. Bethesda. I'm bummed that we didn't see any of Starfield or Elder Scrolls from Bethesda. Um, I know that yeah. Starfield, Starfield is first and then Elder Scrolls is after that. So Elder Scrolls is like really far out. But I was hoping that we would see more Starfield this year. Uh, but I guess that said, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. I mean, that trailer, kind of like the Breath of the Wild trailer in a weird way, like both of those just got me really hyped on whatever they are. Ubisoft, steep DLC. <laughs> no, Watch Dogs Legion, I think, honestly, is the thing that I want Cyberpunk to be. Like, Watch Dogs, yeah, same. Watch Dogs Legion is more exciting to me than Cyberpunk. 
personally. And and it seems like it kind of evokes what I'm hoping to get out of that. Uh, and, and I'm excited about it. Square Enix, obviously Final Fantasy VII. Uh, holy shit. And then Nintendo, Animal Crossing. Give it to me right now. All right, I'll do the same. Yeah, do probably it. pretty similar. Uh, EA, definitely Star Wars, but kind of by default. I'm not like super excited for anything really there yeah but i'm definitely you know we'll, we'll wait and see on that microsoft i'm gonna go with way to the woods just to spice things up yeah I, like i'm really curious with this weird deers of light subway game. subway yeah into that i'm into that bethesda also most intrigued by ghostwire tokyo the power of a good presentation like we said yeah you know totally ubisoft watchdogs also really want to see how that plays out square you know the deal. FF7 remake. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention to FF8 remake. Honorable mention remaster. to Battalion 1944. <laughs> and Nintendo, I am, I mean, there's so much going on here that I'm just so excited for. I'm probably most excited for Breath of the Wild 2. Very close second Animal Crossing. But I'm also really excited just because it's so close. Fire Emblem coming out like next month Yeah, is unreal. So I want to go with Fire Emblem just because it's like, coming out right away completely forgot that that was coming out so soon and i am doubly hyped about it now that i remember that it is between that and ultimate alliance coming out next month like next month is a great month for switch yeah it's gonna be great and also cadence of hyrule is already out we'll talk about that next time yeah uh, i'm excited for next week's episode when you talk about that the whole time because all i've been doing is playing slay the spire <laughs> dude you're gonna love the defect dude i'm gonna love the defect we'll talk about that more next week um yeah we will we will yeah cool that's e3 and that's that's the first, you know, it's a long one, but it's the first official episode of season two of Into the Aether. Holy shit! Yeah, what a year! Um, it's been it's been a wild it's been a wild year, honestly. Um, if you if you made it all the way to the end of this episode, like holy shit! Thank you so much. Um, yeah, really, really amazing. Fan. Like, I just want to give a huge and we do this every week, but this week feels extra special. Just want to like give a huge shout out to everybody who listens to the show and supports it in any way, shape, or form. If you just listen to it, amazing, so cool. Thank you for listening. If you share it with other people, like unreal. For those of you who like follow us on Twitter or like in our Discord, like un unbelievable. We made this show uh pretty much thinking like, does the world need another video game podcast? And either of us, I think, if you had asked us at the time, probably would have both said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and still might <laughs> and still might but yeah I, I don't know Steve and I just really wanted to keep making stuff together and like this is a cool way for us to stay in touch and uh, we just decided to record it and release it to the world and uh, the response has been kind of amazing so cool cool yeah. podcast cool life that we live yeah I mean I, I second all of that obviously it means a lot I like seeing our kind of community growing and, and more people talking about it. And I like that it's sort of a very collaborative effort. You know, I don't feel like there's any division, especially in the di- in the Discord. Like, we can just all talk together, you know? Like, yeah. it's not like... Not that there's any reason to have any divisions, but... No, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's not yeah. you and me and AJ and Andrea, like, on the top of the fucking mountain holding the Ten Commandments speaking down to... <laughs> Thus, bil- one yeah, of exactly. you shall receive exactly. steep DLC. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool that we can like embed ourselves in the discord and just like have a cool chat with a bunch of yeah like-minded cool people I mean, um it's really yeah. fun it's it's rad it's cool making the show is awesome um i'm really glad i mean i you tweeted a very long and wonderful thread about it and what it means to you um i have not done anything like that but what i will say is that i was in a very bad dark place when we started making the show and i'm in a much better happier good place now that uh we have it so cool i'm so happy to hear that yeah man that's great that's what i'm most excited for there's more time with you. Yeah. Wow. Great. Game of game of the year. Talking. Oh, to I Hilliard. hate that. I hated that. <laughs> this sucks. That was you. You started it. Cool. Should we actually wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap up. Oh my god.
This was this an eight-hour episode? Like, what is this? Uh, it's almost five. Jesus Close Christ! To five, yeah. This is longer. This is longer than Les Mis. Is this episode? <laughs> yeah, kind of amazing. I don't know if anyone will listen to the whole thing. If you listen to the whole thing, what should we do? Wow. What, what, what's like a thing? If you listen, to, I, I don't know how you would prove that. That's but, kind of I what mean, I'm wondering. Like, is there yeah. is there like a thing? Okay, if you listen to the whole thing, what's Type, type like you'll really love the defect in like one of the channels in the Discord or like tweet it at us or something. I don't even know. Like I'm just curious. Yeah, if you if you listen to the whole thing, tweet at us or message us. You'll really love the defect, which is a playable character in Slay the Spire. It's an inside joke between me and Brendan. <laughs> yeah, that we have not explained on this podcast. That we have not explained. Yeah. But if you listen to this whole thing, yeah. tweet at us that. And we'll do something nice for you. I don't know what it is, but you'll get some kind of perk. Okay, cool. Some kind of some kind of Kickstarter perk. Yeah, I love that. Right, uh, maybe reward. I'll draw something for you. I'll draw some kind of Corviknight fan art for you. Oh, I would love that. That'd be so cool. Yeah, something like that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, just uh, also want to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to our producer this week uh, and every week, AJ Filari, specifically for dealing with this behemoth monster of an episode. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, for sure. This is a huge endeavor. Um, it is every week and uh, this week, you know, in particular. Uh, so shout out to AJ, uh, who also kind of like holds down the Discord and is really great um, about community building over there. Very cool. Um, AJ rules. Yeah. Uh, and he also drove me home today, so thank you for doing that, AJ. I would like to just quickly mention that we have a Twitter account, at IntoTheCast. We have a Twitch account, twitch.tv slash IntoTheCast. Uh, again, Discord, bit.ly slash Discord. All those links are in the show notes. If you like the show, share it with a friend. If you really like the show, you can head over to iTunes. Apple Podcasts is the official name of that. Whoops. Uh, and write a review. Thank you to everybody who's done any of those things in the past and yeah that's it for me yeah that's it for me too thank you again um you're gonna really like the defects you're gonna love the defects. and you're gonna love the defects and yeah we will see you soon happy season two happy season two. Uh, we're happy to keep doing this uh see you soon goodbye see you soon. oh i'm stephen hill can you find me at oh stephen yeah my Hilger. name is brendan bigley you can find me on the internet at brendan bigley steep dlc it's coming your way the journey the quest continues up next giant steep versus dark crystal turn-based strategy game wait uh what, what is it jim henson's the dark crystal age of resistance tactics <laughs> versus battlecodes <laughs> yuck yuck uh versus guiji right. and knuckles at the tokyo 2020 olympic games all right i'm actually done guiji and knuckles yeah Goodbye. i'm done too i'm gonna pass it out see ya Garbage dot online.